Tonight on the podcast, we're talking about the Clerks 3 trailer. We're reviewing the season finale of The Boys. We're talking Miss Marvel, and we're also going to break down Thor, Love and Thunder. And maybe, just maybe, one of my co-hosts will join me in the music. It is Friday night in Phoenix, and you're listening to the Absolute Geek Podcast, the best damn geek and nerd podcast in all the land. I'm Matt, and I see a wild pepperoni has appeared. What's up, man? What's up? Lance here. How you doing? Welcome. I got this new light, dude. I look awesome. (laughs) You look very refreshed after your nap. Dude, you called me and was like, hey, are you... uh I was not like, hey, uh, is your internet going to freeze? That that did not get said. But, um, well, uh, Lance works out his internet issues. I hope you guys are having a great Friday. Are you back? Your internet's back? Yeah, I switched to Wi-Fi. Is that better? Yeah. I think it's this little gigabyte switch thing that I got. I think it's a piece of shit. $80 oh, your- down the drain. Blop. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah because i i have like i have like i have my pc i have my laptop i have my mac so i bought this gigabit switch so i could have everything directly connected in and i don't know if i need to like reconfigure it or what i don't know what's going on but yeah dude so i was napping because <laughs> that's what men almost in their 40s do is they yeah. take a nap on a friday some and you, some men almost in their 40s uh, <laughs> And you called me and you're like, hey, you coming on? I thought it was 6.30, dude. I was so, like, out of it. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Are we coming on early now? What's going on? Mm. <laughs> no, sir. Shit, man. I'm a professional, I swear. <laughs> you look the part. Yeah, dude. This light, I, I feel like I look pretty good under this light, dude. It's look called like you a, got a little bit of sun. Yeah. Maybe I need to turn Summer. down the temp a little bit. Looks Let's like you and that. Max are both on the beach somewhere together. I know. Max is living it up on the beach. Have we done a show, the three of us together, at all this year? <laughs> <laughs> I, it doesn't feel like it. He's off. I'm off. We're both off. You're off. Something's always happening. I was supposed to be on last week. Forgot I told you that I would be, and then I couldn't. And uh, so we had to figure that out pretty quick. Let's um, let's turn the brightness down on this. Is that is that a little bit better? It's all right. They had uh, Ish and Kyle covered, and they did. Uh, oh, Ish wanted to come on tonight. I gotta make sure to send Ish him this. Is, uh... Ish is coming on tonight. Oh, he I is. I already sent the link. Yep. Good man. See, Matt's on top of things. What will we do without a stellar dude like Matt? You wouldn't have a show together. <laughs> hey, hey. To be well, I don't know if you could if you could call it a show, but to be fair, to be fair, I did do a show for two and a half years with you. Hey. <laughs> Did you though? Did yeah, you yeah. Though? show is a loose term, right? <laughs> I mean, I came in right under the wire. I'm sitting here calling people like, yo, can you help me out if you're gonna be on the show tonight? No answer. No answer. <laughs> Sent right to voicemail. Yeah, dude. I've been so fucking dodging busy. me like a creditor. Um, it's midterms right now, so I'm like getting my ass kicked. I got two weeks left of school and they've got these huge assignments 
uh, the next two weeks, and it's just kind of kicking my ass. Simon said, uh, you do by yourself, "Hey, but huh? dude, dude, it's shawarma time." <laughs> nice. This is the only shirt that I own with Thor on it. So I thought fitting to wear it, but it's the only one I own with Thor. Thor has never been one of my favorite characters, even no. with this new iteration bro Thor thing going on. He yeah. does seem like he's turning slowly into uh, Star-Lord, though. Did you get those vibes? Um, I got a lot of vibes from that movie. I don't know how many of them were necessarily good. So, All right, well, we'll get deeper into it. Well, hey, we guess, get what? Into it. guess what? Guess uh, what? Wait a minute. No, I didn't. Tuesday. Guess what Tuesday is? What's Tuesday? National Video Game Day. Ooh. Yeah. So it's always like National Chocolate Day or Cupcake or Bagels and all this other shit. But all these other Tuesday is actually one that I care about. Make the made up bullshit holidays. Yeah. National Video Game Day. So quick question off the off the off the top, because I was going to ask you to do this before I lost an hour of my my life thinking it was 630 and it was 730. Um what are your top five favorite video games of all time? Oh, that's hard. That's all time. Um, Resident Evil 2, uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, Turtles in Time. Um, it's, whew, Mutant League Hockey. I don't even know if I played it. I've played a lot of video games. I don't think I played that one. What was What system was that one on? Original NES. Really? And it's probably Super Mario Brothers 3. Yeah, I think mine... You got to throw a New Age one in there. I think the New Age one is... is. Can I just say the Uncharted series as a whole? Probably, probably. I don't know, number two is probably the best, but the Uncharted series as a whole. Mario Party 2. Mario Party is legit. Spent a lot of late nights playing Mario Party. Uh, did you freeze or did you die? Can you not well, hear me? Uh, I can now, but you're like frozen. Now you're coming back. Interesting. Let me uh, give me two seconds. Let me. How many did I name? Four. Uh, I think so. The fifth one probably has to be Sonic Two. Sonic Two is a good one. Yes. Sonic Two is awesome because it was like the first one that really like introduced like that split screen versus mode mm -hmm. i feel like that was the it probably isn't the first one that did it but it's the one you know the first one that i remember let me uh unplug my ethernet cable real quick just make sure this doesn't hop back and forth but i am All still right. listening but yeah dude <laughs> national video game day and it's too bad max isn't on because then he could I, I bet you max give a list of 50 of his favorites he's he's giving them out in the chat <laughs> is he Final Fantasy. Oh, yeah, Witcher 3, Red Dead 2. Yeah. What's T-L-O-U? I don't know. The Lord of... No. T-L-O-U. I don't know what that is. The Last of Us. The Last of Us Oh, 2. that is... The a, Last yeah, of Us okay. 1 is better than The Last of Us 2. The Last of Us Next. 2 is a bullshit game. I know Sorry. you hate it. I love it. But The Last of Us 1 is better than the second one. Max says I really like newer games. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if Max had like an old system of his house. His parents were kind of like against that, I think. The last of us two, bro. Patrick says Metal Gear Solid, Super Metroid, 
Ocarina of Time, God of War PS4, and Mifraud Prime. I'm not sure what the hell that is. But I liked all those games too, but I, I'm drawn to like the replayability of of older classic games like Turtles in Time, like Shredder's Revenge just gives me such Turtles in Time's vibes. And I, I just have such good memories playing the hell out of Turtles in Time. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. That's why Shredder's Revenge is so awesome. Like I, I wish I could get a remake of the, the original, um, X Men arcade game on PC oh, yeah. without having to have a mod or like the Simpsons or Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, things like that. So it's all great games. Oh, Metroid Prime, got it. Got it. <laughs> Your mom, Divinity Original Sin, too. <laughs> I like how man, Lance froze like he's just lost. Fucking, he's just like, oh. Like, Divinity Original Sin, too, really just took the wind out of his sails there. Your mom. But while we're waiting for Matt or Lance to come back, because Maddox is sipping Mai Tais on a beach somewhere um, in his uh, banana hammock with his grundle hanging out, showing off his freshly manscaped uh, downstairs for all the, the men on the beach. want to give a big shout-out to the chat. It's good to see uh, Eric in the house already, your mom, Patrick, Aaron, Max, live from the beach. Uh, welcome, everyone. So glad for you stopping in and spending your Friday nights with us. We got a great show ahead of, of us tonight, hopefully. Um, yeah, we're waiting on, I guess, Lance to come back and, and Ish to stop in. And so, yeah, hope you guys are having a great week. Thank God it's Friday. Um, it's been a... Short week with the uh, hope you all had a good safe fourth fourth of July holiday. Shot off lights of fireworks. Maybe went to see the fireworks. I took my kid to our first her first fireworks show. And that was cool to see. And we just lost Lance. Uh oh nope, he's back. Or oh nope, he's gone again. I don't know. Well he'll he'll figure his stuff out, but but um yeah, I'm just waiting for Lance here as I stall. Let's see what other game we got. The chat just listing off games here. Your mom said Divinity Original Sin 2, Star Fox 64. That's a good one. Tales of the Abyss, Dragon Age. Now, your mom, did you like Dragon Age or Dragon Age 2 more? Or did, or the third one? Um, I can't think of the name of the third one now. Dragon Age. Uh, fudge. Fuck. I can't even think of the other name of the third one. I like, you like all of them? Yeah, see, I was more partial to the story in two, but I like the... the well, Is that better? I like the mechanics in two, the story in one. Yeah, that's much better. Okay, I changed my DNS server, so hopefully that works. There you go. <laughs> I had it for some reason on automatic, but I changed it to the Google, Google Open DNS servers. Mm. Windows is weird, dude. I'm still getting used to it. I'm a Mac user, but I built this off That's of what it is. Thank you, your mom. Dragon Age Inquisition. That's a great one. Uh, so I um, I downloaded this uh, this like DOS emulator thing uh, because I have a couple PC games that I want to play, and 
I'm trying to get it to work. I, I still haven't figured it out, but seventh guest in the eleventh hour. Have you played those? Mm-mm. You don't remember those? They were like horror mystery games. They were fucking awesome. Do you remember Mist? Uh no. It's like ninety-three. It was a long time ago. But I remember my earliest memories are remembering my parents play those games. Dude, I mean, I remember playing the original Oregon Trail. So. Oh yeah. We played that in school yeah. in my computer class. But was Seventh Guest was a badass game. I remember getting nightmares from that game, watching my parents play it. Really, they should have never shown it to me. But I have the original, like, pe- they used to come in these big boxes. You remember when you bought a game? And yeah. It has, like, the full strategy guide in it and a couple CDs and stuff. Mm-hmm. I still have the original ones. My parents, we when they moved, I found all this stuff, like, in a box and trying to play them dude because they're fun ass games you can get seventh guest on a on your iphone now nice yeah i mean my, the extent of my pc gaming when i was younger was like tetris me and my dad would play tetris against each other uh and try and outdo each other's scores or like oregon trail 2 i, I want to out of that i want a state i don't want to call it a championship but it was like a, a cross the state um tetris like tournament yeah that's what that's the right word tournament with game crazy do you remember game crazy yeah hollywood video yep they every hollywood video game crazy they had like six or seven stations in each one of their stores everybody's playing i was the last person standing now i suck at tetris but yes hartman i do remember when porn was just pictures dude i remember (laughs) (laughs) i remember uh like one of our friends would come to to school and he'd have a bunch of like torn out pages from his dad's porn magazines and he would sell them each for a buck to the other kids. I had so many folded up crumpled pieces of porn. Like yeah, it in my, my, uh, my friend did that in, in high school. We had a big like recycling trailer. So in my town where I grew up, we didn't have recycling. You had to take it to this trailer. And in the recycling trailer, he found like some dudes like stash of pornos. The guy was just like, I don't need these anymore. He's like, I'm finally getting banged. I don't need these anymore. So he threw them out. My buddy went through the trailer, found them all, and did the same thing with selling them like a buck a page through the school. Yeah, I think I was like eight. I don't even think I knew why these things were cool. Just everybody was buying them. (laughs) He used to have somebody go to the local family video and rent the pornos, and then he would tape them, like record them onto another cassette and then sell those too. See, how do you hide that from your parents? That's what I don't understand. This was this was like cuz you and I are close in age, right? How old are you? At? 37. We're the same age. Oh yeah, we're the same age. Yeah, so this was like mid 90s. Mhm. He froze again. But to answer his question, how do you hide that? For me, it was quite simple because I had when I was growing up, we lived in a little uh three bedroom house. And then when my brother and sister were born, my dad built me a room in the basement. So I had ceiling tiles that would lift up. So in my closet, I'd put it all in a shoebox and I'd lift up the ceiling tile and I'd slide it all up there and hide it in the rafters in the basement. I got that idea because my dad found someone's crack pipe from these who used to live in that house up there. <laughs> so that's how I got the idea to hide porn up there. But bro, yeah. I'm getting like a fraction of my internet speed right now 141 megabytes zaggy says the freeze was perfect can you hear me 
Yeah. Oh, dude, it's going down. Hartman says, I buried a Bone Thugs and Harmony tape in my yard so my parents wouldn't find it. What is going on? Right now it says seven megabytes download. I wonder if there's something going on with my internet in my city. I wonder if someone in your house is sucking up all your internet. Dude, there's one TV going. They're watching Netflix. That'll that do wouldn't it. do it. Anybody downloading anything? No. It's all my kids. My wife's at work. Five... 5.5 megabytes download, 9.97 upload. Something must be going on in my city. Well, your uploads, what matters when you're live streaming. So it says nearly 10 megs. So you're good. I don't know, but we'll see if it changes. Fuck, dude. This pisses <laughs> me off. Your mom says, I hid my stash of ACDC albums for my parents for years. Oh my gosh. Okay. Hartman says, your mom. Check. I feel you. I feel you. I rebought Green Day's Nimrod, I think, three times because my dad gets snapping it. Uh, what was the other one? The Offspring Smash. Was it Smash? Was that the name of the album? See, I was lucky in that apartment because my dad was super into music. So, um, so was mine. Really, just not really any of the cursing. From, he didn't really stop me from listening to music like that or anything like that. Yeah, like my dad had a massive CD collection, and I'd always go take his music. And I, I had a nice stereo system in my room. And yeah, my dad showed me like we would listen to Deep Purple and Queen Strike and and Def Leppard, Led Zeppelin, stuff like that. Like he showed me all these bands. Then he's a big reason why I became a musician. He was just weird about some of this new age back then new age music i remember my my aunt called me and it's like hey what do you want for your birthday and i said oh and you're gonna laugh at me the new sugar ray album and my yeah. dad's like uh no i'm not, she's not buying you a rap cd i was like dad it's not rap it's pop rock but i didn't get that album for some reason the fact that you wanted a sugar ray album does not surprise me Dude, it was 94. <laughs> there wasn't a lot I'll tell you, to choose from. <laughs> for my birthday. She bought me Beastie Boys instead, which is hip-hop, so I don't understand. <laughs> for my 16th birthday, I want to say 16th birthday, I still have a picture of it. Mm -hmm. My aunt, I was into to rock music. I was Metallica, ACDC, um, you know, Guns N' Roses, pantera i was a rock kid and for my birthday my aunt bought me the backstreet boys millennium cd yeah i had that one <laughs> i took that thing down to the local record store and traded it in for corn's follow the leader yeah dude so. that's interesting because i don't think i discovered like corn and stuff until i was like seventh grade and i started listening to like pantera corn um Oh, what were some other big ones back then? Like that new metal stuff. Uh, Slipknot was big. Uh, Mudvayne. Yeah, Mudvayne. Um, I mean, but like when we were going into high school, though, that was kind of the start of the pop punk era. It's yeah, coming... I was more into the Green Day, Blink-182, Alkaline Trio. Simple Plan, yeah, Alkaline Trilo, Trio, um, yeah. Dashboard Confessional. That's when like Not all that. of those. That well, was just saying, like that's me. the that's kind of the times everything came out that dashboard was a little bit more emo my wife is way into dashboard i think it was just a couple like i i missed that by a couple years dashboard 
yeah that that became popular i think in my like senior year of high school when my music's tastes were already like established you know what i mean no because dashboard was big when i was a sophomore in high school so that would have been like 2001 i know we're just, just sitting here just dating ourselves but you know anyways lance froze again i love it dude he's got like the best freezes it is weeping music hartman i agree but um crazy town super slept on you guys remember the like fake oh max lance is back you guys remember the the like fake bands the boy bands that mtv used to make like what was it in together now um or they had like the spoof off shows of that about that band that boy band but anyways enough music talk i'm stuttering over myself uh let's go ahead and get into some geek news tonight got a lot on tap for you Carmen says they did it making the band yep <laughs> zaggy says uh he's angry o-town yes yes o-town is another one zaggy hot fire I went to a tiny Christian school growing up, and every year we had to watch a movie called Hell's Bells about evilness and rock music. My class got in trouble for singing along. <laughs> nice, your mom. All right, well, let's go ahead and get a little bit of good news tonight. And we're going to start off with the news that Clerks 3 is coming. We got the trailer dropped on Wednesday. And as a massive, massive Clerks fan and Kevin Smith, Mark, I'm so happy for Clerks 3 to come. I love the trailer. Um, the premise of it essentially is Randall Graves has a heart attack, the same heart attack Kevin Smith has, and in doing so, he's he's uh, kind of faced with his, immort in his own immortality and struggles with the idea that he's worked at the quick stop his entire life. And then so they launch into the premise of making clerks so essentially the movie is about him having a heart attack and they decide to make a movie because he spent all of his time watching movies and that movie they make is the original clerks so from the trailer there's so many heavy hitters in there you get a lot of call a lot of callbacks to the original clerks um the whole even the alternate ending where dante gets killed or shot in a robbery they make reference to that um, playing the hockey on the roof. There's so many good references and callbacks to the original Clerks. Super excited for this. Uh, I've already got my tickets. They're doing a uh, a three. Ooh, Ish is here. What's up, Ish? Hey, what's going on, guys? They're doing a two-night limited release on Clerks in theaters um, on September 13th and 15th. You can buy tickets online now. Um, I think it's Fathom Events, I want to say, is doing it, but I'm not. Don't quote me on that, but you can Google it. Um, you can uh, buy tickets now for it, but they're also doing the convenience tour, much like Jay and Silent Bob um, reboot. They are taking this movie to a town near you to, to screen afterwards. Um, they're starting in Red Bank, New Jersey, and um, they're going all East Coast really through the month of September uh, to October. They finally come out West Coast. They have not announced all the dates yet. They are going to announce more dates at Kevin Smith's panel 
at San Diego Comic-Con in two weeks. So be on the lookout for that. So Clerks, Surprise Phoenix is out on the list. Well, not yet, but I, from the way the list goes, and you can find it online, Kevin Smith released it earlier today on Facebook. With the way the list goes, it looks like they're starting the East Coast and then working their way to the West Coast. So I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Phoenix doesn't make he doesn't make the list in uh, middle of October, early November. But he did say the second leg of the tour was going to be announced at his panel at Comic-Con. So we're going to get more coming from that. How's it going, Ish? Good. How are you, dude? Uh, just hanging in there, man. Fighting through Lance's crappy internet. and Yeah, did we lose Lance? Yeah, he's uh, fighting internet demons. Ho- hopefully he comes back. And, Ma- and Max is frolicking on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> frolicking on the beach. But um, we got our first look at some leaks for some promotional materials from Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever. Uh, thanks to leaked photos and revealed merchandise, Namor the Submariner has been all but confirmed that he's going to make his MCU debut in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. In fact, not only will Namor show up, but rumor indicates that Namora, his niece, and Atuma may also be in the movie. We got a new, a little bit of a different feel for Namor here. He's got the the wings on his ankles, and he looks he looks a little bit more um, Mayan than he does Atlantean. I was gonna say almost like Egyptian, even yeah, Mayan or too. Egyptian, yeah. I guess but, the thing around his neck. Uh, I I think Atuma is 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 for sure because they released something was released that had some Atuma related graphics and stuff. Yeah, so That's that should sure. be. Do you think he's going to be a, a mutant, or are they just changing everything? I I think he'll be a mutant. I think they're. I don't know if they're going to launch you into that right off the bat, but I think as time goes down the line, it'll come out that he's a mutant. But I really don't know. That's there's so much unknown about this movie and what they're even going to do with it. Like with Chadwick Boseman passing away and. Them not really setting up the passing of the torch for Black Panther. Yeah, who's, who's going to take over the mantle? Yeah, and how it's going to happen, and what's going to go down, and I don't know. It's it's a big unknown right now. I don't even know if I'm excited for this movie. Like, I like the first one, but we'll get into it later. There's definitely a curiosity we... factor. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into it more later when we talk about Thor: Love and Thunder. But I'm just. I, think i'm hitting that superhero fatigue as far as superhero movies go and i don't know you're not the like, first I'm, person to say that to me this week i'm almost feeling like marvel is starting to fall off a little bit and like just kind of whatever ha- whatever happened after endgame it seems like it feels like they've lost their direction and this just doesn't I don't know. It piques my interest to see what they're going to do with Namor and how they're going to do it and and what becomes of the Chadwick Boseman stuff. But like I said, with, with very little to go on, it's hard to look forward and get excited about this. Well, I mean, that being but, said, um, No Way Home and Doctor Strange 2, I thought were solid see, entries. I, I think no, no Way Home was a solid entry. I don't know about Doctor Strange 2. I've watched it twice now since I'm on Disney Plus, and I still am just kind of like, and this movie feels phoned in. Hmm. Same with Black Widow and, and stuff, but. 
phoned in by like Sam Raimi. Phoned in by like everybody, yeah. Like the writing in it is just really poor, and the fact that you like you call it multiverse of madness, and they only yeah they don't like yeah. go to different universes, so it just we feels talk very about that very in that, poor in that episode. Yeah, I don't know. I think as long as they they stick to people like Sam Raimi making these movies, they'll at the very least be watchable. Zaggy says they just need to have a big baddie. Uh, they said they're supposed to announce stuff at SDCC for the serious stuff. Yeah, and we'll see what that what that is. Usually, that's always groundbreaking stuff. But really, I mean, are we going to get a, a casting room or announcement for Fantastic Four? We're going to get something on Blade. Like pretty much everything. I saw an article this week that said that everything that was laid out at San Diego Comic Con 2019, as far as their roadmap goes for marvel has come out already it's already there except for blade which blade was just kind of like a this is coming in the pipeline so you know we'll see what their their next phase rundown is going to be um i think we'll get some looks at loki season two uh but we, i mean we, i hope hopefully we get an xm x-men announcement hopefully we get some fantastic four stuff um Mar the Marvels an update on that. So Eric says, I feel like the Galactus tease is real. Been waiting for that. I don't know, man. I hope Marvel does Galactus. If they're gonna bring Galactus in, I hope he's done right and he's actually like the giant world eater and not a little dust cloud that floats around like he was in Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Without but. getting into it, did you think there was a moment, one little moment in Love and Thunder where it was like, is this Galactus? Yes. Okay. Yes. Turned out to be something else, but there was like, well. Yeah. I did. I'm glad. Uh, we also, with the same rumors, we also got our first look at Riri Williams. Is Ironheart and some promotional material for stickers for Wakanda Forever, where she clearly has the uh, um, I can't think of the name of it now, but the reactor, the arc that Tony Ch Stark has in his heart and his chest, reactor, yeah. yeah, she's got her heart shaped one. Um, and along that, we got a mock up of her Mark One armor, so it looks like we got her starting armor that we're going to see in the movie so we are going to see an armored out Riri Williams it looks like uh, it says merchandise from Marvel Studios Black Panther Wakanda Forever appears to hint that Riri Williams will don her Ironheart armor in the upcoming sequel shared by MCU facility on Twitter the merchandise artwork depicts a coll uh, collage of different logos and images relevant to the Marvel Cinematic Universe's new hero Riri Williams slash Ironheart will make her live-action debut in the Black Panther sequel. Among the images is a look at her arc reactor for Riri's suit, as well as the Mark 61 armor logo, hinting that audiences will see an early iteration of the character's iconic Ironheart armor. So, Riri, Riri, your mom says, my kid was giving off Galactus vibes the other day. Lots of tantrums and me throwing snacks at him to try to appease him. <laughs> there you go. And the, and the dog is the Herald. 
Yep. <laughs> uh, Zaggy says, what about the beginning things he killed? Kind of looks like Null. <laughs> we'll get into that in the review because that that whole thing gets very uh, muddy. And I don't know if they can actually do Null in the MCU, but maybe we'll see. Are we going to be spoilerific? I think we can be. I mean, if enough people have yeah, seen well. it, I'll give everybody enough warning. But I feel like there's so much of this movie you can't talk about without spoiling it. But we'll see. And then again, are we really spoiling anything? No. Yeah, we'll get to that. So, yes. Thank you, Hartman. Leading it right into my next story. Kevin Feige. It has come out that Kevin Feige has warned Sony Studios against making a Spider-Verse movie or universe, essentially. Um, says Marvel Studios president and chief creative officer Kevin Feige reportedly warned Sony about expanding the role of the world of Morbius and Venom, collectively known as the Spider-Verse, too quickly in trying to replicate the hugely successful Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, Feige does offer notes on the films come um, comprising the Spider-Verse. One insider credited Feige for guiding Sony's approach and warning the studios not to go too ahead of it, not to get too ahead of itself in the terms of building some large universe in the veins of the Avenger movies. Basically, he's saying that Kevin Feige's warning Sony about getting too big for, the, for their britches. Don't run off with the success that you're receiving from movies like you know spider-man far from home spider-man no way home and try and build this universe too fast too quickly and try and capitalize off the popularity of avengers because you're you're gonna fall flat on your face and that's exactly what sony's trying to do with morbius with the new craven the hunter aka PETA defender um the announcement of Madam Web, like, why does Madam Web need a standalone movie? Uh, just all the projects, the the now canned or shelved Black and Silver, the Black Cat Silver Sable movie. So, who knows? But Hartman says they're going to be the Zune of Marvel. Yes, essentially, yes, they are. Because I, I just, again, you 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 got to do that right. And the fact that they started that whole universe, it's a Spider-Man universe, and they started the whole thing without a Spider-Man is a little bit concerning of how they're going to try and fix it all. Until they reveal it's all in the Andrew Garfield verse. I would be okay with that. Yes, I would be okay with that. Garfield needs, you know, especially if they're going to do the Venom stuff because Maguire had his Venom. And yep. now Garfield hasn't. So it'd be nice to kind of see that we already know, like I said, we've said it before that Venom and Morbius are set in the same world because Morbius makes reference to him in the movie. So you just got to put Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man in there and away you go and fix this Craven the Hunter BS. And it shouldn't be too terrible. Uh, Eric says, Sony's probably like, Get the fuck out of here, Feige. This is our cash cow. Probably. But it's not a smart... <laughs> it's not a smart uh, play. 
because Feige is the reason you have that cash cow. Because without him, you pr- look at look at. I mean, he was part of the original Spider-Man movies, the Sam Raimi ones, and then you had the Spider-Man Two in Spider-Man Two. You know the the Amazing Spider-Mans, and the second one of that was all but a failure. Uh, the first one could even be looked at as a failure, even though they're good movies I enjoy. They're not big superhero films that people are clamoring to see, like Marvel Studios movies. So, I don't know. What do you think, Ish? You've you've got the movie background. What do you think about Foggy's hidden words to Sony? I don't know. It sounds like instead of like he's giving maybe kindly advice, it sounds like kind of like somebody's lecturing Sony. But... I don't know. Definitely, it's not from a position that he's worried about any sort of potential rivalry. No, but no, I don't think he's worried about a rivalry at all. I think it's more so like um, he doesn't want. Yeah, to, I don't, he I don't know why. I, I, I don't know why he would need to even say this in public, though. I think it it's. Almost, it almost sounds like he is tr- trying to draw a, a line in the sand between the two. Do you think maybe it's for? Well. <laughs> Just bring into this. Someone just made a reference to Null. Do you think it's for bargaining position? Do you think it's for time for Marvel and Sony to come to the table for another another deal to be done? And so, so he's basically li- throwing it out there that says, you know, don't think that you're bigger than you are. Don't think that you don't need us because we came to the table and we gave you your most successful movies as far as superhero movies go and let's do some business here instead of Sony being like, uh, I think we're good. Cause they were getting ready to walk away from the table when the, the Tom Holland deal was up. The first well, they should time. definitely cooperate, you know, just for the sake of Marvel. But I mean, if you're not going to cooperate at that point, you just give the, you should just sell the rights back. Don't you think? I think a, a lot of this hinges on uh, what's going on with Tom Holland. Because if he's not coming back as MCU Spider-Man, that does put them in a very different position. Whereas, yeah, I mean, now Sony can bust back out of Andrew Garfield and maybe say, "Hey, we, you know, lay claim to the uh, to Spidey again in a way." And whereas the MCU has to figure out what their next step is, recasting or or what. Well, I mean, I don't think they would recast because the Spider-Man is still owned. The rights are owned by Sony. So I think if Holland walks away, I think Marvel walks away too. And that's, that's is that. that when maybe, but, maybe that's when we get Miles Morales to replace him. I mean, I think I, I think Miles is a character Sony is going to play close to the chest because he's their big draw and into the Spider-Verse. I think Miles is a character that they're going to, like I said, play close to the chest. They're not going to let out of their their hands they're not going to hand over to to marvel nothing and if they do they're going to want something big in return for him i think they're going to want bigger profit well doesn't you know, I, increase and in, doesn't marvel own because avi arad made into the spider-verse but it's a sony movie yeah they they own everything so who owns miles morales then sony or or avi arad and marvel I would I'm going to I would think Sony because he's in into the Spider-Verse. He's their main character and he's a Spider-Man property. So I think anything in that Spider-Man vein 
is owned by by Sony as far as the film rights go because look at Venom like if it's just Spider-Man stuff then they would own they wouldn't own the rights to Venom I think that I think anything that comes through Spider-Man is going to be a Sony a Sony Pictures movie and yeah there is a Miles Morales reference in Spider-Man Homecoming but you got to remember that's technically a Sony movie produced by Marvel so true so maybe uh Feige maybe they do have Feige by the balls and this is him trying to this is like a power move making this statement I think there's I think there's more that they that Marvel wants and that's where he's he's you're essentially correct he's making this power move by saying he's peacocking he's like look at what we did for you look where you were before we got in business together look where you are now that we're in business together let's not get ahead of ourselves and ruin it for everybody so because you got to think the reason we haven't gotten an x-men movie in so long is because after dark phoenix marvel wanted to when they got the rights back, bought the rights back when they got the Fox acquisition, you kind of get the hint that they wanted to let you cleanse that palette as far as X-Men movie goes. Because you had just a string of terrible ones in Days of Futures Past, Apocalypse, Dark Phoenix. You had a string of terrible, terrible X-Men movies. And they kind of want to let you cleanse that palette. That's why we haven't gotten an X-Men movie yet. Same with Blade. They kind of, after the three Blade movies, they kind of let you wash that palette clean. And now they're bringing back Blade. I think that's the same thing with Fantastic Four. The three Fantastic Four movies let you wash that palette clean before reintroducing them. I don't think, I think that they have big plans where they want to incorporate these Spider Man characters into what's going on in the MCU, but they don't want Sony to be so quick to be like, we're going to use this character and screw them up. And then Marvel has to try and reestablish them and confuse everybody doing it. Fair because enough. not everybody that goes to these movies are, are avid comic book enthusiasts like you and I. So, and half of our chat, but. I was going to cleanse my palate for like Black Widow and yeah. now Thor. I need a Thor palate cleanser now. Yes, <laughs> I agree. I agree wholeheartedly, but who knows why Kevin Feige is trying to punk Sony, but he's doing it, and he's, in my opinion, not wrong. Ah, more Flash news. It seems like we can't get away from this character every week. It's either Ezra Miller or Flash-related stuff, and this week it comes from in the form of a petition to have Elliot Page replace Ezra Miller as Barry Allen in future Flash projects. It says, following the continued controversy surrounding current Flash, Ezra Miller, DC fans have thrown their support behind Elliot Page, believing him to be the perfect replacement for the DCEU's Barry Allen. Miller first appeared as Barry Allen such the Flash in 2016's Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice and, and is reportedly not expected to return for future DCEU projects, regardless of their more allegations or not. So, <laughs> Hartman says, I, I, I said Ezra was going to transition. I, <laughs> I just don't. Why? Why just not bring Grant Gustinson? Let 
that's just I don't know why why Elliot Page why not just bring Grant? Have, I mean, have DC fans thrown their support behind Elliot Page? I mean, that's it's easy to write that sentence, and then you're, it's like three people right. tweeted about <laughs> Elliot Page, and now those three people represent all DC fans. Oh my God, I loved his his arc in Umbrella Academy. So I it, it's so brave. We just need to get him in as a Flash and. He can be quirky and seem autistic because that's what essentially this version of Barry Allen is. He's on the spectrum. So I don't know. I just don't see it. And nothing against Elliot Page. I just don't see the connection. Is it because they're both flamboyant? Ezra Miller is very flamboyant. I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> your mom says, oh my God, I love him in Juno. Juno is a good movie, yeah. But do I see the Flash? No. Do you see the Flash in this ish? No. Yeah. I do not. It's a grab. Max Peterson. Max, oh, Max. Elliot Page is not a good pick for the Flash. No. Nope. I would just feel like stunt casting. Harmon says, I'm so conflicted with this talk. Yeah, it, it, it does. It feels like a... Harmon's like going to uh, transition into an audio only. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, speaking of transitions, let's talk about Miss Marvel. Have you watched Miss Marvel yet? No. No. See, I wish Lance. Or I wish Lance it's, was it's here. So low on my priority list to watch Miss Marvel with um, me. Yeah, just to be honest, it's not a bad show. I mean, this week you got more of a a backstory into her family. So after last week, it, it ended with her the like bracelet transforming her back into and back in time when the people of India were trying to evacuate, and she was in this like train station with just this massive amount of people. And this episode was more focused on her her grandmother, or her great grandmother, and her grandmother, and kind of their just her her grandparents and and things like that and there wasn't a lot of fighting going on into it until the until the end um it was kind of a was this the last was this like the penultimate episode was this like the second to last episode because if it was there it really did not a whole lot you got the the fun part about this show is that Eric says the show has no appeal to me. Yeah. Your mom says I'm not 12 years old. So hard passing on this. Max says that was a fun little show, but nothing I get stoked for week after week. Curious to see how the season ends. The one thing I like about this show, honestly, is like how you're seeing her costume come together over all the episodes. It's not just like the normal like, we don't know why Hawkeye wears the costume he wears. We don't, you know, why does Black Widow wear the costume she wears? Why does, you know, we know how Iron Man got his suit. And now we're kind of starting to get pieces together of how Miss Marvel got her suit. We saw how she got the mask from Bruno. I think she got the red scarf in this episode. Um, how we saw how she gets her symbol, essentially. So you're kind of seeing the bits and pieces of her costume come together and why her costume is the way it is. So I think that's kind of cool. 
you haven't really seen that in many Marvel movies or shows. Um, just like, why does Moon Knight wear bandages? I'm assuming it has to do with mummy stuff. Yeah, yeah, ancient Egyptian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just a fun little show. Um, fully. <laughs> Lance can't get online, apparently. Um, it, it fully went to. I don't know. I, I kind of lost interest in it. I, I still watch it because I'm just trying to finish it up and because the other two on here like talking about it, but it's good for what it is. The first episode was, was cute and quirky and remind me a lot of Spider-Man homecoming, but it's not something that I am really staying the course on. Matt, um, have you ever read a Miss Marvel comic book? Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Are they better than the show? Is the show better? Yes. No, I like the comic books a lot more than the show. Um, and it kind of dawned on me the other day, like her power set and why, instead of just her having the, the inhuman, her being an inhuman, having the ability to like grow her limbs and stuff, why they kind of give it cosmic is because she's going to be in the Marvels. So it's kind of along the lines with Miss, you know, Captain Marvel's powers. And now her powers are a little bit more cosmic like, and then just elongating your body. So it's a fun little show for what it is, but I just, I don't know. It's not, it's not for me. It's aimed at, it's aimed at teenage girls, but I don't yes. know. There seems to be the trend with Marvel right now. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Yeah. Uh, Eric is asking who the villain is in Miss Marvel. Who's the big bad? that's a good question because there really hasn't been a a big bad I, to me like bad. The, bad at all then the big bad in her her story is her mom right now because her mom seems to like stand in her way at every circle but um so there's no actual marvel villain there i mean I'm trying to remember their name um the old woman who doesn't age i can't remember what they're they're called they're not the gin because the gin are are like the yeah they're not the gin i can't think of their name they're a race that doesn't age though i figured ish would know that's not i don't know oh god someone help me out here in the chat max Gosh darn it. Um, yeah, even Max is saying it's kind of lame. No, it's not Chinese. Uh, I'm trying to think. Of, I'm going <laughs> to. It'll come to me. But yeah, there's not even like a. a, a Marvel does need set. more old women. That's what Marvel needs. More old women. Did Lance just come back? Oh, Lance is. Uh oh, ready. is it working? Yeah. Fuck, dude. I was under my desk fucking getting cables all untangled and shit finally got it to fucking work i'm so pissed i'm happy now but i was pissed you don't want Lance, what's the name of the uh who who would you say is the big baddie in miss marvel well uh the one i thought it was the clandestines uh, oh you were asking mm. me a specific Ooh. i thought you wanted me i thought there was numerous people i was no like, i'm only pick i, I want to hear what your opinion <laughs> is because like i said to me there's not really a set baddie in this show i think the baddie is more so like her mom who's like standing in her way at, uh all the time and per being overprotective but 
the well, clandestines are also yeah it seems like that this show is more or is less about a global threat and more about her discovering herself and that the big baddie is her transitioning from a life of being under somebody's thumb to being her, her own person which i think in in none of us are of that of that uh uh what's the word i'm looking culture? for culture culture thank you um i think that that's a pretty typical struggle with that culture with youth in that culture so yeah. um but i don't know i i like it i mean it's it's a fun show I mean, um so far it's very predictable i feel do you guys feel that way I mean, it's just in watching it. I feel like it is. I feel like this show you don't even really have to watch. Like, I to get the gist of it, you can just put it on the background and listen to it while you're doing other things. Yeah, yeah. It's a very, it's a very laid back show. Uh, my issue, and and this has been my issue with the Disney Plus shows for a while now, is that we started with WandaVision that had such an impact to uh, obvious. That obviously fell into the next movie with Doctor Strange, right? It, the transition, like you had to watch that show to understand kind of a little bit about what Scarlet Witch was going through. Then you have Falcon the Winter Soldier that's Sam's transition into um, Captain America. Captain America. Then after that was what? Loki? Yeah. Um, yes. Loki, which introduces you to kind of Kang, who's supposed to be the next big bad and the multiverse stuff. No, no, no. Timelines, not multiverse. Timelines, that's right. Which, if they're expecting general audiences to know the difference when I sometimes fuck it up, they're asking a lot. (laughs) But all these these shows had something to do with the overarching, um, you know... uh, tapestry that is phase four right moon Knight, even even what if to an extent even what if to an extent yeah but moon Knight and miss marvel it's like how and i guess we'll see a little bit more when when uh kamala khan she ends up in the new marvel's movie maybe it'll feed more into that but i feel like this could have just been you know a two-hour movie pretty standalone yeah yeah to the point where no one's even really sure if Oscar Isaac's ever coming back. You know. Well, then it makes you think: Why did they even? If if all this stuff connects, why did they even make it? Well, yeah, because whoever whoever put Moon Knight together did not understand the character. There was some cool stuff, but for the most part, that show was not very good. I'm going to say though, in their favor, they're they're like everybody's crazy about Moon Knight. So we see we at the at the shop. Moon Knight sales, back issues, new issues, anything Moon Moon Knight related has gone through the roof and has remained consistently like that's maybe one of the top five things people ask. You know, do you have anything Venom? Do you have anything that, that, that? Is that now spec saying, or is Moon- that? No, I think people are really into it. And, you know, so I think they, they felt that they probably saw there was some sort of pocket where it was like we do this moon night thing people i don't know maybe they saw all the chatter on the internet or i don't know what but i think they hit it with moon knight because that's an obscure character that's kind of like guardians of the galaxy now everybody knows moon knight 
is Miss Marvel sh- selling off the shelves? Eric, absolutely not. Is Eric a new listener? Uh, I'm assuming so. Eric Williamson, Eric, welcome to the he, show, he is man. New. Eric is a uh, noted poet and a renowned graffiti artist in Fountain Hills. Oh, Ooh. really? Yes. Welcome to the show, Eric. In Hartman Sports Cards, who is that? Uh, Are he they new? is coming over from uh, MCM and welcome to the show. show. So yeah, from I the side stuff. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Leftover, we know who the hell you are. So Leftover said I sold my low grade <laughs> Moon Knight stuff for some Golden Age stuff. And that's the Moon Knight thing can kind of confuses me because like I didn't think the show was that good. I was not someone who raved about that show right. every week. Like there wasn't enough like, Moon Knight. And I feel like this show suffers from the same thing. There's not enough Miss Marvel. She hasn't even yeah. gotten her suit yet. We're about to go into the sixth episode. Yeah, you is guys this read the final the... episode or? Um, is, I don't think so. Episode six, the last one. What were you gonna say, Ish? I was gonna ask if you guys have been reading or have read the current, the new Moon Knight series that's out. I've read the first three issues and then stopped reading it. Okay, yeah, it's it's done phenomenally, and each issue increases. We just keep upping and upping our numbers on that. So I maybe that's just like that's a really good comic, better than the TV show maybe, and now that's sustaining people's interest in Moon Knight. Well, I think a lot of that too. Next is week's the, the last episode. I think a lot of that show. too is the spec. You don't you don't think that maybe that's some of that's the spec world? Like we were talking on the tax show on Wednesday night about over on Marco's channel on Renovision about how like during the pandemic the 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 spec world kind of exploded because. Yes. People who weren't into comics before or never really looked at the mar- comic market before now had nothing better to do than sit in their houses and it dr- caught their attention. So where they would be out spending money everywhere else, playing the stock, you know, maybe playing the stock market, gambling, what, what have you, they're looking for new things to invest in. So their attention was drawn to the comic book market. And so a lot of that is driven, I think, by spec. And I think Marvel sees that. So they start putting new characters in these books so like like i think issue three or four of moon knight exploded because there's a new character what was it issue sure. three of black panther exploded because of the first appearance of t'challa's son and it's just like the or five thor 20 yeah yeah it, the same thing with venom venom three the the first null the was venom six yes. is, is it six yeah. for the first yeah, villain brock six like big all these new they they put these new characters in these books for sales and it's just like all right and i think people hoping that people get invested and keep reading the moon knight one baffles me because like to me it's like all right but i think marvel is kind of like like well dc is making a killing on batman we have our own version of batman let's get him out there you know but they didn't even they didn't even like when you watch the show, did you really feel like it was Batman esque? Not at all. That's that's the no. most ridiculous comparison. But like I remember reading the comics when I, you know, I haven't read a Moon Knight comic in a while, but I remember feeling it was kind of kind of Batman esque because it mo- focused mainly on the rich, um, you know, the the billionaire. Um, what's his name? Wh- which one is the identity that's rich? Or was it supposed uh, to be Steven? 
No, uh, Mark Spector is the no. Mark Spector. Yeah, Mark Spector is yeah, the Steven, mercenary. Stephen was the rich one. Stephen Grant. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Stephen. Yeah, Grant. And in the this show, show is they the, make him the, the poor one. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, not poor, shop. but he works in like he works in a gift shop or whatever. But that's what I remember about the old the 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 comics was Stephen Grant was the main focused. Or Mark Spector was a lot too, but then you got that billionaire side. We didn't even get the billionaire side in the show. No. And, and there was, was a whole, a whole run of Moon Knight and... that was called Mark Spector Moon Knight. Yeah, which I think is like essentially volume two of the of Moon Knight. But like, I I agree with your mom saying it. It's not the same, but I could see similarities yeah. in the comic book more so than I could in the TV show. That's but that's your mom I'm, is Moon I'm saying it from. Right now. Yeah, but I'm saying it from a, a standpoint of what I hear people saying in the shops. And people compare Moon Knight to Batman a lot. And that's what I'm just saying that maybe Marvel's thought process was, hey, man, you know, Mar DC's doing great things with Batman right now, and, and Batman's getting more love than ever. Let's get like, our character that resembles something like that out there. Batman if you never actually read Moon Knight. <laughs> Well, just saying, there's new people out there. So that's the biggest comparison to Batman we get is Moon Knight. Because I think it has to do with the darkness of it. Right? Because really, if you look at all the characters, Iron Man is the most like Batman, right? Well, if you, if you go by the billionaire playboy aspect, yes. And then putting on a suit and yeah. yeah. But as far as the, the tone, Moon Knight is closer to Batman. But I say yes. what that would I would say that's the only real thing that well, Moon Knight is not he's not a detective he doesn't crusade against crime his whole purpose doesn't yeah. align with Batman the only thing is the tone of the comics he's I think by an Egyptian god it's not well yeah. no, no he's I agree. not I agree exactly completely. like Batman but that it it the comparisons Mark Spector is a rich rich man well Stephen know. Grant's a rich man. Sorry, so so is next Luthor. So yeah. there's a lot of rich people, and you know, right. But I'm just saying, like, as far as Marvel's version of Batman, people, oh, it's Moon Knight, you know. Or if you want to go orphan, rich orphan, you can go Tony Stark. But there's a lot of people that make honestly. Comparisons I find to I find Knight. more comparisons to Spider Man and Batman than I do any other, just because the whole secret secret identity thing. Iron Man wants like everybody to know that he's Iron yeah. Man. You know, the only yeah, thing Spider Man is also about keeping the neighborhood crime free. Yeah, and he kind of does a little bit scale. of the detective stuff, right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, he kind of investigates a little bit more. I would say Spider Man's closer to Batman I, than you know. This is what that's the that's why Batman's so great because really nothing compares to Batman. Your mom well, is taking the the general comparisons between the two that people make and trying to make them literal. But come back and talk to me when he's got four personalities. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I think tone is the only thing I could draw, really draw to. They're both dark. Spider Man's never really been dark, right? I mean, unless you get into the black suit Venom's stuff dark. and everything. Venom is dark, yes, but like Punisher. I don't dark. know. I I've never understood that comparison. It's except for tone, Ghost which is dark. Yeah, Ghost, <laughs> oh, man, I, I, I really hope they, all night. I, I really <laughs> hope uh, 
Hartman says Moon Knight is what every drunk person feels like when they get <laughs> too wasted. I really hope that when Ghost Rider does eventually come out, which we know he will, that they do it some justice. I I really hope it doesn't get the Moon Knight treatment. But this guy, this guy that wrote Moon Knight also wrote Doctor Strange, right? And I know a lot of people felt Doctor Strange was a little bit lackluster. I did. What what's his name? Matthew Walls something. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Did it, um, no, didn't Sam Raimi write Doctor Strange? No, he directed it. Oh, I thought he wrote it too. Um, Someone in the is, chat looked this up. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, it is. Shit, man. Look at his wiki if it doesn't tell me the. Ex- Back to Moon Knight, I, I, I just wanted to add what I was saying, what we saw in the shop, this this huge increase for Moon Knight and these lot of new fans for Moon Knight. I feel it was not – it's <laughs> not on speculation. These aren't speculators. There aren't people buying Moon Knight and just putting it away. These people, were, I felt they were generally interested. Like this is like a new favorite character for a lot of people. I guess. I mean, the comics are better than the show, so at least they're go- going after something that's actually... Is it Michael Castellin? Is that who it is? But at least Maybe. the, the comics are getting an actual representation of what what makes Moon Knight awesome. I don't know. So, I just... <laughs> I felt the show was boring, and you're not getting enough Moon Knight in, in, the, title, in the show titled Moon Knight, but... I was disappointed that uh, Ethan Hawke's character, I was kind of hoping he would develop or, or where you, we've been using this word all night, transition into an even bigger baddie. <laughs> there was rumors he might, it might be secretly he's Victor Von Doom. I remember that different stuff. So I was kind of hoping like. That's Howard oh, Stern. That's going to be Howard Stern. Ah, that's fuck, ridiculous. That's the worst. Not. That's Michael that's Waldron. Howard Stern is going to be Victor Von Doom. I read that he Mike. was involved in a Victor Von Doom project, that not that he would be Victor Von Doom. Yeah. Well, Michael Waldron wrote Doctor Strange and is also also wrote Loki, so I don't know where I drew the conclusion to Moon Knight. Sorry, guys. The guy that wrote Moon Knight also wrote Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which was a better show. Howard Stern. So. I thought that was terrible. I thought Falcon and the Winter Soldier was better than Moon Knight. It's not the greatest. That in my book is still, I have to say, WandaVision is still my favorite. I think that was, that was the best one. Yeah, I thought Falcon and the Winter Soldier was fucking terrible. Last I thought it was episode, better. Than- There's fucking stripping a shrimp boat and painting it. That's how they spent the final episode. That show well, I, was such a waste of time. I think it was better than Moon Knight. Because at least and it you also got victimized that- the villain, which I hate that they do that lately. But the villain, this but terrorist, like, killing people, the communists, and she's like, oh, she's a victim of civilization. Yeah, but that's what was cool about that show is because the guy that was the good guy, U.S. agent, was also fucking going around murdering people. So it's like, who who do you root for in this situation? The Mur- government's did, telling didn't you to root for U.S. one agent. person? Yeah, but pretty brutally. <laughs> and on And on television. <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't know. I liked I liked it. It wasn't my favorite, but it, I liked it better than Moon Knight. I don't know. This show feels like, hey, everybody was really on board with Spider-Man. Well, let's show you this other character that like struggles in the same way. <clears throat> like, what's it giving us that's different? Your mom says, I like Moon Knight. It was weird as fuck. Just like a good Moon Knight comic. Yeah, I just... I just wish there was more Moon Knight. That's my only beef with that show. More Moon Knight and Stephen Grant not having that weird fucking voice. I don't. I still don't know what the hell he was trying to do. Was that supposed to be English? Your mom wants Elliot Page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking Howard Stern should be a scarecrow in the sequel to the Batman. If Howard Stern is doomed, then Morbius crashes wedding with Loki and Wedding Crashers too. <laughs> He's too old. If you if you're going for if you're going for young Batman, young Joker, young young Riddler, why would why would Scarecrow be like a hundred? How old's why Howard not? Stern? I don't know. He's a million years old. He looks. He's, already, he's already been mum, he's already been mummified. All I know is I love Private Parts that that movie that Howard Stern did. Yeah, it's fantastic. But uh, that's all. That's all I really ever want to see. Howard him. Stern is six. Howard Stern playing Howard Stern. <laughs> He's 68 years old. Yeah, he's an old fuck, dude. <laughs> I don't he know, looks man. Good. He looks good for 68. Honestly, and and I don't think it'll ever happen. My dream casting for Doctor Doom is Vigo Mortensen. Why? Why Vigo Mortensen? Because I think he would just fucking murder it, dude. <laughs> you don't think so? <laughs> Hartman said Stern's dehydrated jerky. Yeah. Uh, you don't, dude, think, I honestly you don't think, think Vico Mortensen would kill it? No. That guy I think is, the, oh, I think dude. the best Doctor Doom is would be um the dude who plays Gus Fring. Oh yeah, I like him too. Um what's his name? Guillermo Espos what's his name? Esposito. The Guillermo? Is that his first name? I, I don't know his name. I I butcher names, so I don't. Uh, My dad's name pronounce. Guillermo. It's, uh, I don't try to pronounce people's names. So let's look, let's look and see who we got as far as uh, Doctor Doom fan castings. You want to see? We got Dan Stevens, who was the Beast in Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Alexander Skarsgård, that's the brother to uh, Bill Skarsgård who was Pennywise. Giancarlo is his name. Esposito. Giancarlo. Uh, Mads Milkinson, with Milk Milkelson, which wouldn't work because he was already in the first Doctor Strange. David Tennant, which... No, because he's purple, back, Yeah, if they bring back... Per- there's, a, there's a rumor that Jessica Jones is coming back. Um, that that's... <laughs> pretty much daredevil's involvement in in echo is he's looking for jessica jones and if that's the case i don't want them to recast purple man so david tennant's got to come back the other one's colin firth which we know him from kingsman he plays eggsy's i don't know tutor or whatever oh he he plays um what's his name harry is that his name galahad yeah galahad yeah thank you uh wait then who does uh who does um what's the guy that plays uh sinestro not sinestro is it sinestro 
Green Lantern? Is that his name? Yeah, Sinestro. Or did he play the guy with the glasses that that's like the computer whiz in Kingsman? Oh, that's that's not no 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 no. Or no, that's he should Mark play Sinestro. Strong. He should play Sinestro. <laughs> I don't know if he did. <laughs> Mark Strong is the he was the the bad guy in Kick Ass. He was yes Sinestro and Green Lantern. Um, he was he's yeah he was um, Merlin and Kingsman. Merlin. Okay, I get all their names confused. Uh, next one is Joel Edgerton, which we know as Owen from Oiwan, and he's also in what's that Will Smith movie called? Bright. John C. Riley is Doctor Doom. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, Eddie Raymond, Ray, Raymane, Redmane, uh, who played um, Stephen Hawking's in that one movie. He's also in Fantastic Beasts. Seems so, like. Then we got Nicolaj Coster Waldo, and I I know him. I just can't place him. What he has been in. Then Mark you Strong. A, you gotta get a good like strong actor. Mark Strong. Him. Mark Strong would be. I mean, his his last name is Strong. <laughs> He'd be a good choice, but don't doesn't Doctor Doom? Correct me if I'm wrong. From from my limited memory when it comes to Fantastic Four. Isn't Doctor Doom and Mr. Fantastic like close to the same age? Yeah, and they were friends and colleagues. Yeah. So Mark Strong, I think, is a few years older than John Krasinski. I just don't think Viggo Mortensen would do it, would do a good job. Um I mean, I've seen people say too. Adam Driver. Um, no, I don't call uh, Coleman Domingo from Fear the Walking Alex Dead. Draymond Utrecht from Last Kingdom. Yeah, Brian Cranston is on here. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, no, um, Martin, Billy Billy Credup, who's from the Morning Show. Daniel Brule, who's that won't work because he's uh, Baron von Zemo. Uh, then you have Nathan Fillion. Honestly, who made this? This is on IMDb. Half of these people are already in the MCU. Like well, Patrick this, this, Warburton. Is, this is Doctor Doom fan casting. Timothy Timothy Elephant, Will Ferrell, Colin Farrell, Hugh Ron Laurie, uh, Ben Mendelsohn, who is currently one of the scroll. Uh, what's his name in that? Tal is it Talos? Yes, that's his name. Yeah. Then you got Nathan Fillion, and that's it. Every everybody else here is pretty much. In oh, Denzel Washington is Dr. Doom. I would the love it, but he's got to be close to John Krasinski's age. You're right, though. That is uh, Doom and um, Reed Richards, if that's the story they're going with, are the exact same age. I, I thought that that was the case because, but I've gotten really good at like not just assuming comics. I'm kind of what I read when I was like 12. We get a proper origin story, so they might have to have a, someone younger than Krasinski. Unless they no, do they, it. I, they better not they better not cast somebody else other than Krasinski. He's perfect. It most likely it's probably him, but I hope it's kind of a younger Reed Richards, not you know, just You know who would have been awesome years. as Doctor Doom that now Jerry won't happen Seinfeld. because he, but uh Anson Mount that's that's on Strange New Worlds and he played Black Bolt, he would have been a cool Doctor Doom. 
by the way ish i love that fucking show strange new worlds it's, it's great yeah, isn't it? it is so good it's the best star trek show i've seen in a long time nice what about it. remy malik <laughs> sorry remy malik my fear with, with remy Dude, he's malik, a tiny little guy come on this, we're talking he's a fantastic theory. actor he's a fantastic actor but i feared like he would do something really strange to like make the role like really unique and like, it, like bohemian rhapsody he he wore the teeth right which were needless because his mouth already like he could have passed as freddie mercury without the teeth then he got in uh the 007 movie oh what did he do he had like didn't he have like burns on his skin or something like that that all these like things that were, were showing through his skin that was all him those were all yeah. his suggestions and I feel like Dr. Doom, he's like, oh, you know, he should walk, you know, he should only have one leg or something. Like, <laughs> I feel like he would try to do something really strange to make the character unique. How about Kevin Hart? <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I'm going to throw out Cillian Murphy. He's 46. He's only four years older than Krasinski. You honestly, you want to know who I honestly think would make a pretty damn good Doctor Doom? Just huh. by the way he plays his other character. The dude who plays Homelander. Oh, yeah. And the boys. Just because he's so sinister, dude. Yeah. So sinister. Uh... But that's why I like the, that's why I like the dude who plays Gus. Uh, as doom because he's more of a calculated sinister so and gus frayne is very much like that i agree i agree i i do think he's a he's a top choice how about james mcavoy who james professor mcavoy 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 you mean professor x mc is mick mac is mac yeah i was just gonna say well how does he say it because it he's, be. i think he pronounces it mcavoy because you, yeah, you don't say you don't say like Mac when somebody has the last name M A C D O, it's not McDonald, it's MacDonald. His McAvoy, that's his name. That's how that's I, how it I've reads. I've always heard him pronounce it McAvoy. Maybe, but, but he's he needs to be slapped then. Maybe he's doing it. Well, he did you just hear like Chris Pratt doesn't go by Chris? What is no. just one of those things that maybe it's just people call him that, so now he just goes by it. Why? What's his real name? He likes to go by CP or Pratt. People call him Chris. He hates it. There was a whole article on it. <laughs> Macklemore? Macaclemore. Macaclemore. Macklemore is uh, MAC, isn't it? The the rapper we're talking about, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like people always mispronounce the comedian Norm McDonald. He says MacDonald. Yeah, well, that's how you spell his name. M A C. Correct. Yeah, it's MacDonald. Mick is M C. Mac is M A C. Uh, Michael Fassbender is Doctor Doom. If they don't get him back mm. as Magneto, but he's already Magneto. That's or that's like. Yeah, but so Chris Evans has been like six different superhero characters. He's been Human Torch. He's been two. He's a push. No, Human Torch, Push, Captain America, The Losers. Yeah, but you're not you're getting off like marvel wise yeah that's like getting the same actor to play the hulk and the thing like nah. yeah 
Well, Magneto which and, Magneto and Chris, Doom Chris like Evans was, was Human Torch and Captain America. Chris Evans. Well, let's let's look at this. You you've got the Fantastic Four, right? And Reed Richards and Doom go hand in hand. So we're already looking at John Krasinski as Reed Richards, right? Mm-hmm. Can we? It's can being we heavily rumored and heavily talked about that we're gonna get our first look at the thing, Ben Grimm in She-Hulk, She-Hulk yeah. and it's Jason Segel from How I Met Your Mother. That's so I read that, and I hard. I'm not sure how it because I love Jason Segel, but I'm not that's sure that's not how we're supposed to meet Ben Grimm. This just feels all sorts wrong. I don't think we're gonna get an origin. Unless story. it's a Ben Grimm cameo. Think about think about what they're doing with Fantastic Four. It's kind of the same thing they'd have to they did with Spider Man, right? They're going. You're going to meet these guys after they already got their powers. I'm pretty sure. And the thing is already going to be the thing. Am I breaking up again? No, you're fine. no, you're good. Okay, the thing is already going to be the thing because Spider-Man. We saw the origins. Uh, it's disappointing. Twice already before Tom Holland came in, and Fantastic Four. We've seen the origins twice, and and then they're being rebooted in the MCU. I think Adam Driver would be a good one, your mom, but I think it would be too. But he's too, too Kylo, Kylo Ren. Ren. Yeah, I just think his face is is so um, unique that once you start uh, once you start plastering metal all over it, like I just think it's gonna look really weird. <laughs> Dude's gonna, have, dude's gonna have to have a big schnoz. <laughs> yeah, just that's yeah, like I Miller, feel like Doctor Doom should be Miller. asymmetrical, like his, you know. I, I Ezra know. Miller shouldn't be anywhere but in a padded cell. That's where Ad, Ezra Miller should inside be inside Doom's padded armor. Charlie Hunnam. No, he's he's too like. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> Seth MacFarlane. Know. Okay, oh, Seth MacFarlane, M A C. I don't know. Chris Pine. Nah, he's pretty. Nah, he's mean... pretty symmetrical face. I think that that should be a requirement. They gotta be. They gotta like once they put that plate on the face, it's gotta. It's gotta still kind of look like the actor. That was one of the things that the reboot had um, messed up. Well, no, they tried to overcome that. They got an actor, and they wanted Doctor Doom to look like the actor, so they used like CGI or something, and made him like what was it? It was like glowing, like it wasn't metal. I don't Are you know. talking about the Fan Fan Four Stick movie? Yeah, the one with Miles Teller and yeah Michael B. Jordan and stuff. Doctor Doom did not look like Doctor Doom. He looked like a celestial type being, or I don't. I it's been a while since I seen that movie, so I don't remember, but. Um, yeah, because they went on the planet and he touched the green river and then he transitioned. Yeah. He the- <laughs> Just keep that word alive. <laughs> keep it going, Is Hayden, Hayden Christensen. Oh, God. No. He's 41. Adrian Brody. Mario Lopez. He's, he's going to keep actor. Adrian Brody. Keep naming off people. But he's nearly 50. Nearly 50, son. Zach Efron. Gervais. There you go, Zach Efron. I think Zach sure Efron. I think Zach Efron. Yeah. Don't be surprised. I think Zach Efron might be the Human Torch. I think so too. I think he'd be a good Human Torch. I think. I think Marvel. Marvel wants to get on the Efron train. I'm pretty sure. 
They're going to find something for him to do. And what else is more fitting than the Human Torch? Is it? Out of it. He's actually a really, like, you take out the high school musical shit. The dude's a really good actor. Zach Efron. Like, if you look at um him playing. Know. He wasn't uh, that great in Firestarter. Ted, I didn't watch that. But you watch Ted, the Ted Bundy one. And it's it's pretty fucking. I saw good. that. He was pretty good in that. Yeah, and Shia LaBeouf. I think Shia Don't LaBeouf get this is man a started on right Shia now. LaBeouf. I think Why? Shia LaBeouf is. Um, he's got a lot of. He's kind of getting canceled right now. A lot of uh, assault allegations and stuff. I don't think you're going to see him anywhere for a while. Let's see, Stephen Amell. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> All right. Well, just Seth Rogen. Let's here. do Seth Rogen. Seth no. Rogen, Doctor Doom. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Doctor Doom is getting stoned. <laughs> He's not goofy. He doesn't laugh like Goofy, but <laughs> you get that typical stoner laugh. Johnny Depp as Doctor Doom. His big comeback role. Yeah, right. Dude, so I'm looking at <laughs> I'm looking at actors in their 40s, right? Just to try and find someone close to close to uh, Krasinski's age. Number Keanu 60. Reeves. It's all like these reputable actors. Number 60 is Johnny Sins the porn star. <laughs> I mean, Keanu what, what about Keanu? They they keep saying they have talks with him every now and then to try and get a role for him. I don't I don't know, man. Like I love Keanu. Like I love him. Watch anything with him. Jason Bateman. Mm. But Ooh, dude, Bateman wouldn't be bad. Honestly. <sighs> Could you really I don't think Bateman would be bad. I don't really see him as formidable. No, if you've seen Ozark, you can see where I've he seen can Ozark, take but he's usually he can the go one. Dark. You notice that Jason Bateman in that show, it's usually his wife that goes full, like, cutthroat, or his kids. Jason Bateman, like, he's he's sneaky in that show, but he's not, like, up-in-your-face cutthroat like everybody else in that show. Everybody else would come and put a bullet in your but head see, if they needed to. But he's more cal- I, he's cunning. Remember, Doom, Doom is it. the king of Latveria. So we're yeah. dealing but you with gotta a think- monarch, a leader. Yeah. You got to think Doctor Doom is going to be the biggest villain to hit the MCU since Loki. Loki. That well, would be Doctor Doom. You you also got to think of Doom. Better be. personality though. Like Ish said, he's a king. He's you know he's more he's cunning. He's calculated. He's intelligent. He's not doesn't need to use brute force at, on things. Like he's got a superior intelligence. Yeah, you're gonna, so you gotta, you're gonna you have to worry about. I think I Bateman know. would kill it, honestly. After watching Ozarks and kind of watching him in other roles, I think Bateman would kill it. I don't know if I'm on board with that. I don't know. I think Vigo Mortensen's a much better choice than that. But all right, I don't we've know. talked about this fucking enough, so we'll we'll move on here. Let's We're do gonna Andre move into <laughs> our new segment the they said what and i don't don't have the graphic for it because somebody didn't answer the phone the two times i called them to try and get stuff for the show so <laughs> I was in sleeping, this bro. Week's, they said what <laughs> apparently tico Waititi offered natalie portman a role in a star wars movie without with forgetting she was already in three of them um 
Well, to be fair, we we all try to forget those three movies, I think. Take a he said, Natalie said to me, what do you do next? And he said, I'm trying to work on a Star Wars thing. Have you ever wanted to be in a Star Wars movie? <laughs> she said, I've been in Star Wars movies. And he said, I forgot about those ones. So, you know. Do you Star think Wars... it's for real? Do you think this whole thing, this whole exchange actually happened? Yes, absolutely. You don't think he it's was the just same like way kidding? Glennis Paltrow forgets that she was in MCU movies. That's Pepper That's Potts. Right. It's the same way the writer of Obi-Wan never saw episode three. Right? It the same way didn't Brian Johnson say he's never watched a Star Wars movie before he had a Last Jedi? Well that so, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Your mom said those movies all but killed her career. So I don't know. Was she a household name before that? Uh, Black Swan. That's way that was after. Was that That's afterwards? Yeah, a few Black years after. after Star Wars. Because Natalie Portman, the only thing I can think of that was notable before, before uh, the professional, and was Garden State before that. Garden State's remember. a great movie. It was around the same time because... as Phantom Menace. When it when did Phantom Menace come out? It came out in two thousand. Ninety nine, I believe. 99 there it is um, 99 she was in mars attacks everyone says i love you beautiful girls heat developing and leon the professional i would say star wars made her yeah because like, most of those Profe movies you listed she had like a small role not, yeah except for the, the professional, professional the professional was huge but star wars probably put her on the map because from Absolutely. that point she gets the other star wars she got zoolander Garden State, closer. She got big roles after that. I feel like she did a bunch of oh, Black Swan. Stuff. Black Swan was eleven years. It was a decade, more than a decade after the original Star Wars. I can't remember. I just remember Black <laughs> Swan because everyone talking about her kiss with Black Swan Mila was even Kunis after and... Thor, the two Thor movies. Thor was eleven. Black Swan was ten. Oh, okay. Uh yeah, all I I watched that movie for the sole purpose of Mila Kunis is one of the most gorgeous women on the planet. I mean, she was in Brothers. I mean, she's had bigger roles since then, but yeah, like that's she's had I huge roles since then. Garden State and and um, Garden State came out in um and in your high I remember oh four Highness. Garden State came out after episode two. The biggest yeah, one that's not a big movie. Yeah, Garden State was awesome though. I don't know if you've seen it, but the I biggest one that she had around that time period was probably V for Vendetta. Yeah, that I think that's the movie she was most notable, like that put her on the map. That really no way. Star her. Wars put her on the map. Come on, man. Star Wars put her on the map. V for Vendetta. Uh, came I think those are the v three of the Vendetta biggest movies me. ever. Yeah. I, I'm saying I think we feel about the movies, but they were do you think people her. went do you think people went to the movies CV for Vendetta and said oh the girl from Star Wars is in it I guarantee you that's yeah, what that was, not a, that was not even Maybe. a big box office hit V for Vendetta it that that movie got big after the theaters I think I don't think it was a huge box office draw but it became it, it became wildly popular I don't even think I saw it in the theaters. I think I saw it like a year after it came out. My my buddy showed it to me. He's like, you got to see this. I don't even remember it coming out. 
See, Zaggy just said, no, Star Wars didn't do anything for her. <laughs> I, I honestly don't think she was cemented in Star Wars until episode two. Because, like, episode one, she she really didn't do it. It's Kira Knightley. Right? Kira Knightley is episode one. And she's like a stand-in for Natalie Portman. She's like her servant or something like that, right? Yeah. So she was, it was, the, but episode two came out in 02. V for Vendetta came out in 05. Well, that, but I'm just saying, like, I don't think it's episode one that cemented her in Star Wars. It would be episode two because she's got way, she's way more active in episode two than she is one. Episode two is kind of where she got that. She takes on that Princess Leia role, essentially. Yeah. From the original trilogy. So, but. Oh, the V for Vendetta was a Wachowski movie? Yeah, it was. The Wachowski sisters. No, only one of them's a woman. That was pre-transitioned. <laughs> yeah, but now she's, so th- they were both brothers. Now, <laughs> yes, yes. now one's a woman. Yes. They're both women. Yeah, no, both women. only one had yes. to be No, I no, think they're both they're transitioned. Both. They yes. both did? Oh, I yes. didn't know that. That's why they call them the Wachowski sisters now. I didn't know that. Back to this Taiki thing. So does this yeah, tell you that. guys that he's he's going to do a Star Wars project and he's never watched episodes one through three? No, I, I he says I forgot about those. I'm sure he watched them, but like most people I forgot about those ones. Very convenient. You don't forget about those, but I that's why I, I think I, it's a joke. No, because I mean, I question how much he's Star Wars he's really into because I know he had the. He did, was the voice of the robot in the Mandalorian season one, the robot bounty hunter. But he's talking about he wants to do get away from the Skywalkers. He wants to do a standalone movie about different characters, obscure Chewbacca's characters. grandmother, like, I heard. <laughs> yeah, or Jesus. Jar Jar Binks. Like he's trying to go real obscure with it. Well, that's and, what this dude does. I mean, they brought him into Thor to completely de- deconstruct the character. Jojo Rabbit just came out of nowhere. Like this guy does weird stuff, right? Jojo Rabbit, the starring character is Hitler, or one of them is Hitler. Him playing Hitler. You know, weird I mean, he shit. Could have been, he could have been joking around. Like he is very jokey in a lot of his interviews. But I it is easy to forget, though I think that she was in those movies because when you're in the moment and you're talking about it, like it's a it doesn't hit you right off the bat that oh well you were in those movies because she was younger and you know you're and it was thinking. two decades ago. Let's just yeah. be clear. <laughs> it was 20 years ago. Jojo Rabbit was very good. Yes, Aggie. Jojo was fantastic. What We Do in the Shadows was good also. Hard Another Man, weird one. A lot of things he does are jokey. But I'm just saying, like, I think he legitimately forgot that she was in Star Wars. I don't know. Dude. Taika Waititi is probably one of the weirdest dudes on the planet. Um, and I really think that his sense of humor is just so far above ours. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. The dude does That's... weird stuff, though. I'm looking at all his all his stuff that he's done. It's all weird shit. But sometimes it doesn't work out. Case in point, Thor: Love and Thunder. Dude, he's writing Flash Gordon. Ah, uh, savior of the universe. He's also doing Akira. 
Oh, every time that's never going to be made, dude. They've been trying to make an Akira movie for fucking half a decade now. Every time or I think of more a, than a decade now. Every time I think of Akira, I think of our dearly departed. So grizzled geek. Oh, Mike. Yeah, I miss that dude. Dum, dum, dum. Every time I see Akira. <sighs> oh yeah, I kind of spoiled this a little bit, didn't I? <laughs> what? Well, I yeah. According to the Hollywood Reporter, Charlie Cox and um. Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio are reprising their roles. They played in Netflix's Marvel series. Um, so they're coming back as Kingpin and Matt Murdock. Uh, and yes, the Chris, uh, there is rumors that Kristen Ritter is returning as Jessica Jones. I think we all saw this coming, though. Like This wasn't a huge announcement because after seeing Matt Murdock and Spider-Man No Way Home and then D'Onofrio in Hawkeye, this wasn't a huge surprise that these two are going to be coming back. Well, like if you if you know anything about Echo and you saw the end of Hawkeye, like you knew where that story was going. I mean, Echo's most famous comic book is where she shoots uh freaking uh Kingpin in the face. Yeah, and he goes blind. That's her most famous story. So it had to go there like nothing else and she shoots him in the face at the end of uh of Hawkeye. It couldn't like he had to be in the show uh charlie cox i wonder how much of his involvement will be like will he be in one episode will he be in half the season will kristen ritters just show up at the end as a cameo does this mean that we get um is it mike coulter plays luke cage uh, i believe that's who it is yeah does this mean that we could potentially get mike coulter back because mike coulter was fantastic um Hartman, I think you're talking about don't trust that bitch in apartment 23. Is that is that the show you're referring to? It's just the it's just the it's just called the B in apartment 23. It's a it's a limerick. No, it's that don't trust that B in apartment 23, but it's supposed to be bitch. Yeah, it's a limerick though. The B in the 23 rhyme. That was actually a really funny show. She was really hot in it too. (laughs) I know I'm a horn dog. Whatever. Well, well that go be, be weak ejaculation. <laughs> I don't sure. know, man. Vincent D'Onofrio, like, I love him, dude. Like, could you imagine? He just feels like so well suited for this role. Like, I don't, I can't imagine anybody else doing it. Kristen Ritter will always be Jane from Breaking Bad for me. That scene oh, one of the most watches her overdose is phenomenal. Yes, it's like one of the best best death scenes in breaking bad but aaron paul yeah, just next her yeah i don't this isn't that big of a it's not a shocker this shouldn't be a shocker or anyone the shocker is potentially the thing showing up in this show or no yeah. in uh she hulk no she that's yeah. the one that's the one that i'm like i was like really because did the, the thing and she hulk like i don't remember them having a whole lot of I don't know. Well, Why they're going to be the thing showing up? I definitely get vibes that the thing is going, or not the thing, but the She-Hulk show is going to be more slapsticky, breaking the fourth wall-esque type stuff like she did in some comic book runs. So, I, I mean, I think you're going to get more of a a comedic thing in the show. Um, But I don't know if maybe he's just the voice of the thing. Um, I hope you don't actually see Jason Segel turn into the thing, but who does right now it's just a heavy rumor 
but we know what this Marvel heavy rumors usually turn out to be true, and unless it's fucking uh, Mephisto, but because that's been a rumor since like <laughs> Iron Man two. <laughs> <laughs> Some people say some people still say that you're holding out hope for Mephisto to still show. Mephisto is due. You're still holding out hope for Mephisto to show up in uh, WandaVision. So, dude, maybe Mephisto will play Doctor Doom. There you go. <laughs> That's the ultimate rumor we need to put out there. Um, I don't know, dude. I I feel like <laughs> Daredevil could have been Daredevil could like. Charlie Cox is great as Daredevil, but I feel like there's so many people that could play that role. Who other than Vincent D'Onofrio for Kingpin? Like, it just... Like, Ving Rhames. Ving Rhames. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan. I mean, yeah, when did when was Ving yeah. Rhames dead uh, Kingpin? He wasn't. I'm just saying he could. The yeah, I don't know. It's just you the look rock. at him and it's like the comic personified. Obviously, he's not, at least in this picture, they try to make him look bigger in Hawkeye. He's not nearly as big as he was in the comic, but he just... If you had, know. like, Vincent D'Onofrio's head and acting talent on, like, Ralphie May's body, then maybe you'd have the comic book accurate kingpin. <laughs> Ron Swanson. Nick Swartzen? Nick no, not Nick Swartzen. No, no, it's that's not. Yeah, it's definitely not. Nick Offerman. Yes. yes. Very close names. <laughs> Nick Schwartzen. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I need to see. Just the Sandler dude, one of Sandler's boys eating eating uh suntan lotion like he does in Benchwarmers. Yeah. It's the funniest scene. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. But I agree with um, who said it? Uh, Leftover said it. Uh, Zaggy, that he needs to be the next big bad in the Spider-Man movies. Bring in Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, no. Because Spider-Man without Kingpin just feels wrong. Why? Kingpin was... I mean, they've had their run Because most of us... really a big... But most of us grew up with the animated series. That's probably the, like, first, like, um, outside of the books, right? That's probably, like, the first thing that we all remember is the animated series, right? And Kingpin was heavily featured in the animated series. Well, he was heavily featured because he got his debut in Spider-Man 50, but... Back in the 60s and 70s, all the big bad guys pretty much debuted in Spider-Man, even if they're not Spider-Man villains, technically. So, I don't know. I, I totally I, think Kingpin and Daredevil can show up in a Spider-Man movie. No, they absolutely could. Well, I mean, we already had Daredevil do it. Well, Matt yeah, Murdoch. I was kind of bummed because, and I forget which book it is, but there's a book where uh, Matt Murdock, he dresses up as Spider-Man. When Spider Man's get going through trial, trial Peter Parker's going through trial. Animated series. Is it? No, it's a book. Mm. Matt Murdock dresses up as Peter Parker because Peter Parker's on trial, and he dresses up as as Spider Man to take the heat off of Peter Parker. I'm pretty sure it's a book. I know that there is an Adam. I think you're right, Lance. Episode of the animated series that he's the lawyer too, but I don't ever remember seeing it. I think Lance might be right that that was in the comics. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I've read it numerous times. I just can't remember the name of that. It was a whole series, I thought. It was like a little like eight-issue series or something like that. 
I, I don't remember for the life of me what it was called. But that's what I was hoping No Way Home would be. Like I was hoping that they would work that in. When when the news There's broke a... that Matt Murdock was going to be in No Way Home, I was hoping that that was going to be the case. You were going to see Charlie Cox in the Spider-Man suit at some point. But I also want to see Deadpool and Spider-Man together. Because I just think that'd be hilarious. No? Am I, not, am I on an island here? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> peninsula. It's all right. All right, what's Pen- next, buddy? Peninsula. You're on your peninsula. own little... Hey, for a long time, I was on an island about Taron Edgerton being Wolverine, and look at what's happening. <laughs> oh, I've always been down with that. No, Kyle and Matt used to roast me for that. One. You know, Elliot Elliot Page is short enough to play Wolverine. <laughs> oh my god! Put that out into the universe. It's Taron Edgerton, dude. He's already talking to them about it. Yeah, he, I think that's a good choice. Yeah, Eggsy. Eggsy. All right, what's next, buddy? No, 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 no. Another quote. Boys. Oh, we're getting to the boys. Ish, did you watch this? I have not. Bro. I know I need to. You know, honestly, like how how deep do you want us to go into this ish? Do you want to go offline for a second or do you want us to spoil it? What do you want us to do? I'll go offline. I got some food to eat. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So the boys, uh last week's episode was uh was last week Hero Gasm? No, that was the week before. Yeah, it was a week. Uh yeah, it was two weeks ago. What what was last week? uh last week was the uh one where butcher was having all the flashbacks because that's right that's right so payback yeah so last week we we see uh soldier boy huey and butcher going and hunting for the the mind guy and uh butcher goes through his whole past life and sees his brother kill himself and all this stuff and then this week we are finally having that big showdown between homelander and soldier boy but it technically doesn't happen (laughs) it's kind of what the whole season was building up towards was this big showdown and that's pretty much what the episode's about right it's it's the big showdown but the big showdown doesn't happen this shows i don't know man i'm i I felt really underwhelmed by this episode the, yeah, whole, the whole season's been awesome, but this episode left me feeling a bit underwhelmed. I'm seeing a lot of people say, like, give this episode nines and, oh, this is so great. And blah, blah, blah. But I, like I said, I agree with you. I felt like it was underwhelming. The big fight with Homelander, it, it didn't happen. Um, it just, there really wasn't anything like super, like, Awesome. I agree. This episode. I just... You have Herogasm, which was one of the coolest sites I've ever or fights I've ever seen on this show between Butcher, Soldier Boy, Huey, and Homelander. It was huge. And so you think like the last episode of this season has to top it, right? Because that's what's been building up for us the showdown between Soldier Boy and, and Homelander. Yeah. And then Homelander, the whole episode fights Maeve and and Starlight fights Super, um, um, Soldier Boy. Yeah, and I think the 
I definitely think that the Maeve Homelander fight was way better than the Starlight. Well, Soldier yeah, Boy because fight. he well, looks no, at Starlight and thinks, oh, um, yeah, this Butcher girl fights has a chance. Starlight too, or Butcher fights uh, Soldier Boy also. Yeah, but he got thrown around like a rag doll. Oh, yeah. It's more believable that that Butcher would be able to hold his own against Soldier Boy taking Temp V than it would be Starlight holding her own against um against soldier boy so the whole episode is kind of rolling my eyes a little bit because it's like oh you you kind of uh pulled the the rug out from under me there was supposed to be this big epic fight that should have really carried on to next season and it doesn't the end of the episode i guess mave is leaving the show now what it sounds like so she's leaving the show uh they put and we're getting to spoilers right yeah they put soldier boy back in a box so who knows when he'll come back the biggest reveal was butcher is dying right yeah, he's got 18 months to live huey huey and starlight are back together mave's leaving Black Noir, that's probably that's probably the next biggest thing is Black Noir is killed by Homelander. I don't and that's another thing I don't like about that the show's kind of annoying me with is that the deaths of the death of soups is done to very I know it's cliche to say this, but fit their narrative because it's stupid that Black Noir is gonna die as he gets punched through and his guts ripped out and he dies like that, no problem. But Maeve can survive a nuclear fucking blast point blank from Soldier Boy, and she's just got a, a little bit of damage. Other than yeah. Homelander thumbing her eye out, but she she survives that blast. But Home Homelander's able to drive his thumb through her eye, which, right. which sounds more, which sounds more like, um, violent, a nuclear blast or a superhero putting their thumb through your eye, right. Yeah, I, so, I, I question. I was like, okay, how strong is she? Because for first of all, I didn't realize that she was like practically bulletproof. Well, she's essentially like Wonder Woman, dude. She uses her bracelets to deflect bullets and and his heat vision and all that. Yeah, it's just Hartman doesn't this, think Noir's dead. Uh, no, so that's already been revealed by the director. So the actor that's under the so. The actor that's under the noir suit, right, is the different actor than the actor we saw their face. Remember, um, in the they do the flashback episodes with payback, and you see mm -hmm. the dude, you see black noirs like half of his, uh, half of his mask gets ripped off, and you actually see his face. That's a yeah. different actor that's been playing black noir under the suit for the whole series. That actor is coming back as a new character who takes on the black noir mantle. And he's supposed to be a little bit more slapsticky, opposed to Black Noir being a, a clone of Homelander, like he is in the comics. Yeah, which I wonder. I wonder if uh, if this new version of Black Noir will be a a clone, and maybe that's where the humor comes in. He's essentially an infant. You know, I don't know. Maybe they grow. Maybe he starts his life out as a full adult male. But they're holding something with Black Noir. It's not the last we've seen of Black Noir. Obviously, this iteration is. But we're going to have a totally new Black Noir. 
I felt like A Train's story, it's like, felt like it was kind of pigeonholed in there. Like, what does A Train's story do to really push the narrative besides getting a new heart? Yeah. I mean, he's got to live with the fact that his brother rejected him now. And he's, he's got to live with the fact that he's got a racist, you know, in the heart of a racist. I don't. The cartoons, yeah, the black noir cartoon thing. I don't know. I don't know, man. I I watched this last last night when it when it came out, and it didn't feel like a season finale. Like it felt like there was something that we were missing. Like, is Soldier Boy going to break out next season? Is Maeve suddenly like how long does that blast last is Maeve suddenly going to become a superhero again and come back eventually is uh, in the comics, the whole group um, MM Huey butcher, all of them take compound V they haven't done that yet. So is that going to, I thought they're in the, they're in the Vought building. They're getting their asses handed to them. I thought at some point they were all going to take comp V or yeah, the compound V they never do that happens in the comics. Yeah, because in the comics, Black Noir is like the genetic clone of Stormfront and Homelander. So, yeah, it just Roman Reigns as Doctor Doom. <laughs> it says, um, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know." See, I, I would rather have shit episodes than shit endings because I think endings matter. Endings matter a lot, and the way something ends. Is is way more important than just having a shitty episode or two. Paul Heyman is a silver server. I don't know, man. I, I just one of my favorite shows, and I I just kind of walked away from the finale, just feeling kind of let down. It wasn't. This show is all about pushing that envelope, and I, I know we've had this discussion with Max a few times. This show, the reason that it stands out from all the other soup shows is that this pushes the envelope, right? There's a scene where a whale gets exploded. Some dude climbs into someone's just dick. Just pushes and... the envelope graphically. It's not. Yes. But what in the last two episodes really did that? I mean, the last two, really nothing. And so what Hero, does I mean, it give you that different had some of that but... Herogasm, yeah. But it feels like I mean, they I guess... put all their focus in Herogasm and then just kind of like rushed the last two episodes. Homelander just blown the dude's head off at the the protest in the episode is I guess yeah, you could kind of Yeah, I don't know, man. I it's just they really need to step it up next season. The um the the showrunner or the producer or whatever he is for this show is also the guy that created Smallville or not Smallville, Supernatural. And uh, this show's been three seasons. He left Supernatural after three seasons, and it kind of felt like when he was leaving that that show was getting a little dry. So maybe it's time for someone new. Yeah, I don't know. Just I wasn't. I wasn't impressed. Well, I mean, and they've taken a big like leap from the comic book too, because you've got the 
you know, they're really pushing that Ryan being Homelander's son type thing. But like in the comic books, it's actually revealed that it's Black Noir that that raped Be- that raped Becky and not Homelander. And it just like they're they're taking liberties here. It's not exactly matching it with the comic books, and that's kind of like, I think why Noir is different. And then like the in the comic book, Butcher kills Noir, not Homelander. So it's just like there's liberties there, but. It has to be different, though. You don't well, want yeah. shot for shot what the comics are, because look at Walking Dead. I mean, Walking Dead took a lot of liberties, too. Yeah. I mean, the way Carl dies, the way... Like, isn't it Carl that kills um, Shane? Yeah. In the comics? He killed, he killed yeah. Shane in the show, too. It wasn't, it wasn't Rick? No, so Shane becomes a zombie, and Carl puts him down. But in the comic, does does Carl not kill him before he becomes a zombie? Uh, dude, it's been so long to yeah. To it's, read the it's, first episode, of the first issue, the or the first couple of issues of Walking Dead. Yeah, it's it's been a while. I know that there was a lot of differences. Carl is supposed to become like the new leader eventually after Rick goes right. Uh, Carl make yeah. Carl survive. He he makes it all to the end of the book. Yeah, and then um abraham like they kill him off early don't they uh yeah um not glenn because glenn glenn died the way he was supposed glenn to. dies at negan yeah abraham does not die that way he does not die with negan in the book in the comics yeah but that's just that's just one of the few things i can draw to of of they have to make it different every marvel oh that's i'm sorry i got it backwards you're right so Carl shoots Carl shoots Shane in the neck saying stay away from my dad and then Rick shoots him in the head after he's a zombie in the book in the comic yeah yeah so um but in the show Rick shoots him he becomes a zombie and then Carl shoots him when he's a zombie right it's flipped um, I can't I don't remember for season of I don't Walking, remember or the second season of Walking Dead I don't know, man. It's just it it, they have to make a difference. Like every Marvel movie has been different in some fashion, some for the better, some for the worse. Like I know we've had this discussion a a few times. I'm not a fan of Civil War uh, because they changed it so much. But uh, Hartman says he watched the first episode of Walking Dead on a plane. That's terrifying. (laughs) I don't know, man. Here's hoping that next season is that much. It just kind of bums me out because we waited, what, two and a half years for this season? And all the hype leading up to it, Jensen Ackles as Soldier Boy, all these Herogasm, all this stuff. And it seems like they put all their effort into Herogasm and then just rushed the last two episodes. So if my memory serves me right with the Walking Dead TV show, yeah, the death is flipped. I believe Rick stabs Shane in the chest, and then Carl shoots him in the head when he's a zombie. Yeah, so they flip it. I don't know, man. You're asking me to go back 11-odd years and try and sift through all this Walking Dead stuff, but I think that's right. I'm pretty sure. I'm like 98% sure that's right. It's crazy how addicted I was to that show and then just how it just dropped off for me. 
I mean, it was good for me up until Negan came in because I just don't like Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Negan. I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I just not as Negan. Yeah, uh, they should have just let Henry Rollins do it. <laughs> I agree. Henry Rollins is awesome. Well, the thing is, that's who the combo characters model Carl. Carl. Yeah, Carl. Carl. What are those movies supposed to be coming out? By the way, who fucking knows? Oh, are they so theatrical? Dude, they those movies. I really do think those movies are gonna flop. I I don't know because The Walking Dead still has a pretty big fan base, man. Like, that it's uh, not what it used to be, but it's still a solid fan base. Like, you think so? Uh, absolutely. I thought they canceled it because it, they canceled it because they're out of source material because the the comic book ended. They're right at the end of the comic book. And, yeah, but Rick's gone. Like, so well, they right, and so they they took liberties with it. Uh-huh. And so now they're doing all the Commonwealth stuff, but yeah, Rick's gone. I think Daryl's about to die in the con- in the second half of the last season. I think he's going to get Rick's death. Like they're talking about this Daryl and Carol spinoff show, but they already announced that um, the chick who plays Carol left and is not doing it. And now it's supposed to be just a Daryl show. Well, I don't think that, I think that's all smoke and mirrors to throw off the trail that he's going to die. He's going to get, Rick's death. Judith is going to take Carl's place as being the final, the the last survivor of the Grimes family. At the end, like it, like they're going to do a massive time jump where she's older, just like they do in the comic books with Carl, and that'll be the end of it. Like I think Negan will maybe get his own spinoff because Negan leaves in the comic books before they go to the Commonwealth. That Maggie's going to kill him, but she lets him go. And you only see a little bit about Negan's story, and here and here comes Negan. They they released during the pandemic of of what he was doing and his wife and and all that. So it's just like Negan still has more story left to tell, but Daryl really doesn't. So I think that whole Daryl thing is either going to be a prequel or it's smoke and mirrors that it's not really coming, and they're just t- talking about it to throw it off the trail of them killing him off. But we'll Maybe. find out more at San Diego Comic Con in two weeks because that's well, they're doing their final panel there. So, yeah, it's crazy. But all I, mission- all I know is that, like I said, I think that Stranger Things season four was better than the boys. Holy shit! The last two episodes were fucking awesome. And not to say that the I, I love the boys, but. Here I I expected more debauchery and craziness during Herogasm, and this this final just felt lackluster with yep. the whole finding out that you know careful ish. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> with the whole finding out that you know Soldier Boys is Homelander are kin and you know whatever Butcher says he ain't your kid he's just you're just cloned he's cloned after you. However, you want to look at it. It it wasn't shocking to find out. Like it was kind of like you saw it coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just I don't know, man. It just wasn't my cup of tea. I thought it was good, but I wasn't like, holy shit, that's fucking great, oh, greatest thing ever. Yeah, like not. I feel like nothing really happened. They start the se- they start the season finding Soldier Boy. They 
they make this whole plan to kill Homelander. Nothing happens. It ends the same way that it started. Soldier Boy's back in a box. Homelander's still alive. Butcher is a regular person. Starlight and Huey are back together. Not enough penetration. What changes besides Homelander getting Ryan? That's the biggest thing. And Maeve. And Homelander's unchained now. So Yeah, it just it just feels like what like the the stakes weren't big enough or I don't I don't know how to describe it. It just kind of felt like I could have skipped this whole season and understood what was happening you know when next season comes out. Yeah. Because it ends the same way that it starts. Yeah, and it really it just feels like you're going in a circle and it dumps you out right where it put right where it started. So and in fact the team is back. I mean the only like the only thing that's gonna be different with the team is Black Noir and Starlight are no longer on the team. Right. The seven, yeah. Which they're essentially bringing Black Noir back. So you're gonna you're just gonna have a goofier version of Black Noir. I don't know. Ish, you can come back. We're gonna go to the next thing. And like they had the whole plot too about mother's milk trying to get like justice for his family getting killed by soldier boy and that kind of fell flat yeah but let's go let's go next thing because i had i brought ish back prematurely yeah (laughs) speaking of taron edgerton admitted that he's about to play wolverine speaking told you he met with marvel studios president kevin feige for a potential uh role in the world's most successful franchise In a New York Times interview that he hinted that the role and talks for is none other than Wolverine. The character was famously played by Hugh Jackman over several years, and Edgerton acknowledged that he has big shoes to fill uh, when his casting is to come through or to fruition. He said, I don't think it would be wrong to say that I'd be excited, but I'd be apprehensive as well, because Hugh is so associated with the role that I'd wonder if I'd be able to, it'd be very difficult for someone else to do it. But hopefully, if it does come around, they'll give me a shot, dude. Like, I think he's got to bulk up, dude. He needs <laughs> to forget about Hugh Jackman and be the comics accurate Wolverine. Yeah, because Hugh Jackman was not barrel enough. Claim that stake on the comics accurate Wolverine. Hugh Jackman is the other Wolverine. Well, yeah. the other name that's been thrown around a lot is Carl Urban, but. He came out and said, "I'm too old." Like he's like, "I'm two years, yeah, two cool. years younger than Jack." They're gonna want somebody that want that's gonna do three or four movies, and I'm not gonna play Wolverine when I'm sixty years old. So, it's, I mean, Tara, it makes sense. Him or Daniel Radcliffe makes sense. Which but I think, in, as much as I love Daniel Radcliffe, I I think Tara Edgerton fills the role much better than Radcliffe. Just, I, totally I think it's the voice. Daniel Radcliffe, so yeah, I'm all for Taron Egerton. I, I think it's the voice. That like, could you imagine Wolverine with Daniel Radcliffe's voice? It just doesn't have the gruffness to it. Yeah, I don't know. Like the first time, like Taron Egerton already has like the vernacular down. You, you know, as far as what Wolverine could sound like. I just don't see Daniel Radcliffe. I've I've heard that many times. Even Sandra Bullock was campaigning for Daniel Radcliffe to be cast as Wolverine. 
Has he? And I've never even heard Taron Egerton do like a Canadian accent. Not not Canadian, but well, I don't know. They what, they what could change his origin Canadian story. Like like they wouldn't dare. Good, like Wolverine. This Wolverine. just in: breaking news. Taron Egerton's hot. <laughs> <laughs> But like Wolverine has like his catchphrase, you know, bub or bruh. whatever. You just get Taron Egerton saying "bruh." Yeah. Oh, bruv. Bruv. Hey, bruv. I don't know. But hey, we Taron Egerton's done an English accent before. We've seen it. He did El, or no Elton John's English. Eddie the Eagle, I think he was. Taron Egerton is English. Yes, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm saying British. an American accent. Those Elton John. So Zangzi. Yeah. No, but what I'm saying is we've seen Taron Egerton do like kind of like that North America accent. In which movie? I can't I think remember Eddie the Eagle. Like an Eddie the, but Eddie the Eagle, he was playing a mentally. Eddie the Eagle is British also. Is he? Yeah. Has this dude never done anybody that's not British? <laughs> but he was retarded British. Well, yeah, I mean, Canadian is like halfway the there. Well, Canadians, the Canadian, like, you could have, like, a pretty American accent, accent and say you're from Canada and no one's, like, Ryan Reynolds. Stick says they're called actors. He can act sounding rough. <laughs> no, I think That's he'll really do a, a fine job, but I just don't know. I think it's fantastic casting. I think he's perfect for it. He's the perfect bruv. age, perfect size. He's got some chops. Come here, bro. I've seen him do action. I want, him to, get a little, I want him to get a little. I want him to get a little. I want him to get a little bit more built, though. Oh, he. I don't will. want to. I don't want to see yeah. Eggsy in the Wolverine suit. Like, like the picture is not proportionate to his actual body size. Like the fan dude. If Robert movie. Pattinson can fucking play Batman, this dude can play Wolverine. But even Robert Pattinson was pretty small as Batman. He's more Christian Bale Batman than Ben Affleck Batman. But I mean. Hugh Jackman wasn't really that jacked as Wolverine. He was shredded, but he wasn't jacked. And there's a difference between jacked but he and was shredded. more. He was he was bigger. He was bigger, like arm wise, than Taron Egerton. Taron Egerton, right now in this picture, looks like a pretty boy. And Wolverine can't be a pretty boy, right? Because then it loses its its luster. Well, I don't think this is that. That's the Rock for the Wolverine jacked. Movie. Ryan uh, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling, shredded. There's there's differences, guys. Come on. Yeah, but is Sorry. this guy even shredded? <laughs> I mean, and Hugh Jackman, Hugh Hugh Jackman's bigger than Ryan Reynolds and and Ryan Gosling. Taller, taller, but also like girth wise. Yeah, I don't know a better word to describe it. Aaron coming in saying he just has to p ninety x like Chris Pratt did. Yeah, Chris Pratt was fat, Pratt. And then he got in shape to play Star Lord. So, and they have ways. They have trainers that bulk these dudes up super quick. So did so, so did uh, so did um, Pattinson. But Pattinson couldn't put on weight. That was the whole thing about Pattinson. He's trying to bulk up, trying to bulk up. He did kind of turn out it. to be a bit of a pussy. Yes, he did. Yeah. He, well, well he by the time you people, saw the movie, that was all forgotten. I feel like there's some people that. Oh yeah, yeah, because that's not the the um draw towards it. But there's some people that just can't do that. 
unless this dude gets really fat and then turns it I'm all not to. Wor- I'm not worried about this guy getting ripped to look like Wolverine. I'm just saying that's the one requirement I have. They'll just CGI his muscles like they CGI everything else. <laughs> that That's just the one. I think he's going to do, as far as acting is concerned, I think he's going to do a great job. But I don't know if he can do the do the North American accent. Patton sucks. And I want him to get bigger. Timeout. <laughs> Did you really put her to timeout? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, dude, you got to sleep next to that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> She's like, you put me timeout. I'm gonna put you timeout to the couch. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I I love it, but um. There's a couple requirements I have, and I hope that he can hit those. He also said that he can't really grow <laughs> facial hair. So that's I all said we should just call and ask him. <laughs> <laughs> they facial hair they can prosthetically put on. That's not a Lance. Problem. Put together a training regimen for him. Get him started. You're now his virtual. Oh my! My training regimen is going to give him a, a beer gut and titties. <laughs> <laughs> you do not want a training regimen from me. <laughs> Oh man! Now, when they put him on a training regimen, then then share that with me, and I'll I'll try it. I think you get this. In, I think you get this announcement at San Diego Comic Con, though. I think they're going to announce the X Men, and I think you're going to get your casting lineup for it and Fantastic Four. Everyone? I think you're going to get. I think this will be the big tease that he's actually already been cast. That's why he's. You think you're going to get everyone, or they're just going to show you once? One of no, them. I think you'll you'll get a couple. I don't think you're gonna get everyone, but I think you'll get like you're gonna get Wolverine, of course. And I wouldn't be surprised if listen, there's a big cameo at the end of Thor Love and Thunder that was hidden that Marvel Bless Their Souls never leaked. It never it was got awesome. out. Dude, and I I tried really hard me, not to clap in movies and I clapped. I wouldn't be surprised if Storm Speaking shows up. Speaking of someone not being ripped or jacked. Yeah, right? <laughs> so but if, like, Thor, if Storm well, shows up mini. in, in, in um, Wakanda Forever, you know, you I think you're going to see him show up pieced out and not as a full team, but I could be wrong. Who knows? Who, who would you I'm put around wrong. him? Who would you put around him? So you got Storm, Jean Grey, got Cyclops. With some other heavy, hitters. I think you, you go Gambit. I think you go full animated series team, man. You go Gambit, Storm, Cyclops, Rogue. Rogue. Um, I mean, I would actually. Oh, but who? Go what in. actors? Like, just quick. Nightcrawler. Let's not spend a ton of. Let's not spend a ton of time on it, like we did with um. Whatever. Dude, that's not going to be possible. About. If you're going to do fan casting X Men, just just hour. your number your number one choice for Jean Grey. It's hard. Elliot Page. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Honestly, you know who would have probably killed it as Jean Grey, but now can't happen? Florence Pugh. Would have actually probably been pretty good. Uh, as long as Jennifer know. Lawrence, she, she needs a paycheck every once in a while. I mean, I'd say Anna, Anna Taylor Joy, but she I was just magic. read. I just yeah, she's magic. Yeah, different different universe though, guys. Sometimes these people can get recast and new as new characters. Um, how about Maya Hawk from Stranger Things? 
Maybe. What what's her name in in that show? In Stranger um, Things? What about Alexandria Daddario. Oh my gosh. I will live at the movie theater. <laughs> Jeez. Invest Evan in Rachel it. Evan Rachel Wood. Um Tabitha Soren, who's that? I don't know who that is. Okay, okay. So next one, Cyclops. Rose Leslie. She was uh, in. She's most recently in the Time Travelers' Wife TV show. She was also in Game of Thrones. She's married to, um, fucking who's the name of the guy who plays Jon Snow? Oh, um, Kit Harrington. Yes, she's married to Kit Harrington. Yeah, she's she'd a be good. I like redhead. her. Time Traveler's wife's actually pretty good. <laughs> um, okay, Cyclops. That's a tough one. Well, I tell you who I don't want it to be, Ty Sheridan. That was awful. Um, How about the kid? Oh, no, they couldn't. The kid that plays Nightwing in Titans would be fantastic. You know who I really, I I really want um, the dude who plays Wayne and Letter Kenny to be the Wolverine, but <laughs> Jansen Ackles, maybe. Dude, Scott I... or Scott Eastwood, I think, would make a really good Wolverine, or not Wolverine, but Cyclops versus Wolverine. Dude, you have been on his bandwagon since. I don't even know how long because he was your choice to play Wolverine. He was, yeah. I, I think he's a shit actor, dude. <laughs> like, I don't know why you like him so much. <laughs> or he um, is not his dad. That's for damn sure. Was it Montgomery, uh, the kid who played Billy in Stranger Things? He was also Jason in the Power Rangers movie. Oh, um, da- uh, um, Dacry Montgomery. Is that his I name? He would be. Yeah, he'd be pretty good. I like him. He's he kind of looks like a like a low rent Zac Efron. Dude, what about that uh, that one kid in that movie? And what movie? In Stranger yeah. Things. <laughs> that one movie that where that guy did that one thing. That one that kid one in that one movie. Yeah. What are you talking about? What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> All right, re- uh, a couple more, a couple more. Uh, Actually, the the kid, and I think he's kind of canceled right now. The the baby driver kid would be good as Cyclops. Tom Hanks' son, Colin Hanks, is Wait, the baby Cyclops. driver kid. Isn't yeah, Ansel. Oh, Ansel, no, Ansel Elgort. Okay. okay. Yeah, I like him a lot. Uh, Rogue. Michael Rooker. You want to know who I think they should bring? Fucking Lucas Black in to play. Uh, Gambit, the dude from fucking Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Oh, the main kid. Yeah, yeah. He, he talks he, with he that kinda, Cajun accent. He kind of vanished, didn't he? Definitely shouldn't be Shannon Tatum. That dude from that one movie. So, Rogue, ro- correct me if I'm wrong. Rogue is is. 
Well, of course, everybody's younger than Wolverine. But if you look at appearances, Rogue is younger than Wolverine, right? She has yeah, to pass she be for like fifteen or something. So, how about the girl from Jojo Rabbit? And she was just in Last Night at Soho. Thomas and McKenzie. Yeah. She's a good actress too. And I think um, I think she's posed to kind of come on the scene pretty hard. I wouldn't mind seeing Ariel Winter as Rogue. Ariel Winter. From Modern oh, Family. Oh, Modern Family? Yeah. Yeah. Lauren Cohen, who plays um Maggie in Walking Dead, wouldn't be bad either. How about the girl um from Stranger Things? Speaking of that, uh Ooh. the Natalie Natalia Dyer that plays um Finn Wolfhard's sister. Uh, no, dude, she's so ugly. I'm so tired of seeing her all over the place. Oh, I do not find her ugly at all. Her, she's got a man jaw. Who's I this? Not find her. Uh, what's her name in that? Um, that she plays that one thing. She's the one that shoots the shot. Did you watch Stranger Things ish? No. Oh, there you go. Natalia Dyer. She plays Nancy and in... Nancy. That's her name. This fan casting has yeah skinny Bojangles. <laughs> that's right, dude. So. I have Rogue here fan casting. They have Maya Hawk, a bunch of other people. Thomas and uh, McKenzie's on this. Alexander Daddario. <laughs> I do, I'm actually going to share my screen because this is just too funny to not share. Okay, so you have all these gorgeous women, you know, to to be. And then look at this guy right here. Ernie Hudson. <laughs> Ernie Hudson is Rogue. <laughs> Hell yeah, let's do it. And he got two he's votes. Very, he's very roguish. He got more votes than Selena Gomez. <laughs> Actually, she wouldn't be bad. She's even got the hair for it in this picture. There was some... Oh, God. What's her name in Apparently, 11? The rumor going around, too, is that Margot Robbie is being looked at as um, uh, the white queen. Um I'm drawing a name. Emma Frost. What did I just look up? Gambit? Um, oh, Dakery Montgomery. That's the guy you were talking about. They want him for Gambit, apparently. What's his Who first this? name? Oh, this guy died, right? This is the guy that was in Moon Knight that died. Gaspar Uliel. Yeah, the dude who played uh, in the uh, Sounds of the Land prequels. Yeah. Prequel. A uh, Ben Barnes wouldn't be bad. He was in. He was um, Daredevil. Seth Green. Punisher. Seth Green. Punisher uh, yeah, Punisher. Taylor Kish, dude. I feel like this guy just can't catch a rap, dude, or can't catch a break. Taylor Kitsch. Yeah, I agree, Hartman. <laughs> Margot Robbie's being looked to play everyone. From Harley Quinn to Barbie to now Emma Frost. <laughs> Zagat says you... Margo Big Dingles. Okay, so hear hear me out here. Cause I'm and this wouldn't be the actor because I think he's the shit actor. This is the guy that played um in Aquaman and Yeah, he was Black Manta. Yeah, Black Manta. I think he's a shit actor. So not him. But Gambit's origin is New Orleans, right? Well, he's Cajun. Yeah. Wouldn't it make more sense that he's black? Mm, 
being a little racist there, Lance. I'm not being racist. I'm looking at New Orleans. <laughs> not all black people are Cajun. No, that's not what I'm saying. And you're twisting it. What I'm saying <laughs> is that the probability that of someone being from New Orleans and being black is higher than a white guy from New Orleans. Okay, let's define uh, what saying, a Cajun is. A Cajun is a mix of, there's no joke, this is actual, of Canadians, so the Acadians from New Brunswick, and freed slaves. That is what makes up a Cajun. Yeah. So, and freed slaves would be black. Oh, yeah, so you're not being racist. That's, it's, it could be very possible. I'm yeah. just saying, I've spent, I've spent time in New Orleans. And, and no, granted, he's not being racist. I'm just yeah. giving up. Granted, right there's white people that live in Louisiana. We see it on Duck Dynasty, but that's a different, that's Baton Rouge. That's different. But they're from New Orleans, and I know people scream and shout about, you know, race bending these characters. But out of all the characters, this one makes the most sense to me. Yeah, to no, race a Cajun absolutely can be black. Now, it would not be this guy. Because he's shit. But this guy, isn't this the guy from what's that show called on Netflix that all the all the women love? Oh, Bridgerton? Yeah, that's this guy, right? I don't I don't know. I've never watched it. All I heard about is women swoon over how hot the first yeah, season of Bridgerton, Bridgerton is. Yeah, Bridgerton dude. Like it totally totally makes sense <laughs> to me that it would be a black guy. And I and I think it would be much more believable, honestly. There you go. I don't know. I just know that the freaking close-minded people go up and I love people <laughs> be Jordan as, hu as Human Torch. <laughs> people go ape shit for the shit. <laughs> but Gambit is white in Ghetto South. Hartman says, uh, "I mean, if they want to be comics accurate, white then you know and there's something about being comics marvel's accurate. never going to be comics accurate they like to gender bend roles and and well stuff Gore, and change. gore's daughter gore's uh kid in the movie in the comics is a boy yes and it's a girl in the movie yes which um we're gonna get into that that's a great great i have segue no there. i have no problem We've if there's slowly a best, working our way there yeah if um the best person for the role i don't care honestly I'm just saying that when I look at a Cajun guy from from Louisiana, a black guy fits. <laughs> and I know it's different, but whatever. Uh, X-Men 97 will be among Marvel showings. At it's 90-minute long panel on Friday, July 22nd. The first look at the show will be joined by teasers for other animated Marvel Studios projects, including a peek at the next season of What If and the exclusive look at What If spinoff series Marvel Zombies. I so wish they would stop with the What If shit. The animation yeah. sucks. The show sucked. Like, stop it. But yeah, San Diego Comic Con, you're going to get a bunch, I think, of Marvel Studios stuff. I uh, want to see a, a preview of uh, Spider-Man, the freshman year thing that they're doing. You'll pr you probably will. You probably will. But there you go for all you X-Men animated series fans. Get your first look at that at Comic-Con on July 22nd. Mark your calendars and get ready for the internet to go absolutely crazy. All right, let's do it. Thor 11 Thunder. This is, your, this is your warning right now. We're going to spoil the shit out of this movie. So if you haven't seen it yet, 
Um, give you a second here to turn off. Or um, mute and come back. Pause and mute come, and back. come back. Or wait until you see the movie, then come back. Which you won't have to wait. If you're not planning on seeing it in theaters, you won't have to wait long. Because one article I read said it's coming to Disney Plus in a few weeks. Really? Yeah. In fact, the headline for the article was a couple of weeks, but I don't think it would come that early. But if you look, Doctor Strange came to Disney Plus pretty dang quick. Yeah, it did. So there's your warning. Putting the ticker up now. Thor, Love, and Thunder spoilers. We're going to get all spoilerific into it. If you haven't seen it, have a great night. Thanks for watching. We love your faces. We'll see you in the chat next week. If you're still here at this point, we're going to assume you've either seen it or you don't care about spoilers. Ish, hit us with a synopsis of this movie. Synopsis. Woo. Um, well, should we just start? This should be a new segment. I mean, the story ish is break, so... Ish breaks the down the... <laughs> an ish synopsis. That's a new segment for the show. <laughs> I just wanted to throw Ish under the bus real you quick. Did, to you see did. Oh, we can call it... not ready for that. We can call it a sy- synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> A logo's coming your way, buddy. <laughs> a synopsis. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Let's, how about this? Let's just go right into the opening scene. All right, go for it. So we open on Gore. It's summer. <laughs> <laughs> on a deserted planet. The sun is shining. A relatively unknown man <laughs> is standing in a desert clutching his dying child. <laughs> what is that child dying of? Fuck if we know. But the child is dying. What are they doing in this desert? Crying. <laughs> Embracing each other. I think if you're dehydrated, crying's pretty difficult, isn't it? <laughs> so right off the bat, it's not comics <clears throat> accurate, right? Because isn't Gore's powers basically uh, from the symbiotes, from Null? Well, okay. So yes, the Necro Sword does come from Null, but... We didn't know that until Donnie Kate started writing um, Venom, because in the in the Thor story arc, when we see when the two gods crash down as they're fighting in front of Gore, there's a the gold one and a black one. They're not they're not named. You don't know what who they are or what they are. So when Null takes the Necro Sword from him. Later on down the line, Donnie Cates made that null. Is it kind of like a retcon? Yeah. It, well, it's not necessarily a retcon. It's just a different that story. Jason Aaron's just threw it in there as a plot device, and Donnie Cates expanded on it. Okay. And this movie just kind of skirts just barely kind of alongside away, yeah. that. If anyone is seen here in the chat, you guys probably haven't. Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. The Literally the opening scene of the movie is in this desert with the dude who looks exactly like how Christian Bale looks. And we go from there. You know, honestly... Right, right away, the opening scene is, take, is like straight up taken from another movie. Which, there's a couple, and, and we'll get deeper into it, there's a couple scenes in this movie that made me feel like really retro sci-fi that i loved i loved those things some other things that were eye-rolling but keep going ish with your synopsis 
I can't. Well, say yeah. That. So we open with the, kind of, I guess, the origin story of uh, Gorn. It's actually pretty, pretty grim, pretty dark opening. Um, but we also have no idea really what's going on. Who these? I thought it was beautifully he, shot. He feels betrayed by a god, and then in his anger, he stabs him with the necro sword. He just finds lying there. But it was the the special effects in the film are you know as they should be spectacular. The movie looks. You, you know, the colors so. and the designs. I thought, I yeah, did. I thought it was a very creative look, but that's like baseline. You know, I'm not, you don't get bonus points for this shit anymore. The CGI in this movie, like Marvel CGI has been terrible lately. And even Maybe. in this movie, there's a lot of times where it's very, very wonky and bad. Do you feel like they spent all their budget on Spider-Man? Because <laughs> I don't feel like the CGI in Spider-Man was bad. But everything around Spider-Man has not been that great. But... If you're looking at a directorial directorial standpoint, Taika Waititi did a good job as far as camera angles and stuff, especially in that desert scene. Like it was kind of yeah, the desert. The opening scene is cool when Gord's walking through the desert and it's like upside down, but not upside. Like it's yeah, it's a cool shot. Yeah, Taika Waititi did a really good job shooting uh, certain parts of this movie. And, and I found myself wondering that during the whole opening sequence is like, how the fuck did he shoot that? Like. Like that's, that's all I kept thinking. It was about. upside down and like down at an angle. Yeah, it's like angled. But essentially, it's the story of. Hold on, Gore this is to Nop Shish. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. I, I threw him under the bus, so I was just letting him go. Please finish with your synopsis. I don't want to. I don't want to steal your thunder. I guess you're a part of the show every week now because you've got your own your own little segment. So it's a synopsis. <laughs> Lance, I are. Lance, are you giving the movie thumbs up? Um, I'm giving it. Uh, That's where I'm at. Yeah, I'm giving it. I'm giving it thumbs down. I don't. I don't know if I. It literally. There was parts that literally, like, I felt like I was going to fall out of my chair, laughing so hard. Like there was some See, really funny shit, and we haven't had like really belly aching laughs. And chuckled oh. a couple times. I thought the joke. I don't know. The humor was very broad. This isn't. The, this is. This is not a movie you'd call witty or anything of that. No, sort. no, no. Very no, no, broad. No, not at all. Slapstick but, humor and the and then just beating jokes over and over. The, the tread. There was the, some eye rolling jokes that I was like, "That's dumb." But the beginning scene, uh, well, after Gore, like when Thor comes in and fights those like. Jim Henson bird Muppet things, whatever they were. The, my whole theater was cracking up throughout that whole scene. Like there was yep. a lot of funny stuff, and we haven't had like funny, funny, funny from Marvel. See, in, see a in while. our theater, the majority, the the there was like a row of girls behind us, and they laughed hysterically the entire time. But like I could tell, like a lot of the dudes were just kind of sitting there. All right, Zaggy, I, it is not Thor's last movie. This is not Thor's last movie. I hate to tell you. No, it even says at the end Thor will return. Yep. Um, I, there were parts of the movie where Aaron and I laughed out loud in the theaters, and there were parts that I, I thought were, were the pretty movie funny. But totally had a had a rom com chick flick vibe. Yeah, it did. Through, but through it's, and through, it's like a chick flick with fucking magic and action scenes. It's See? also though. Okay. It's like they tried to recapture lightning in a bottle with like lightning struck with thor ragnarok everyone loved thor ragnarok because it was funny it was different it was but i felt like it was smarter 
about it. Yeah, like, and I felt like the humor. Well, was Ragnarok smarter. is much smarter about it. Yeah, they tried it's almost like Taika was like, "Oh, Ragnarok is way too highbrow. We gotta go for the fucking lowest common denominator now." Yeah, which should be revert reserved for like Ant Man. <laughs> so <laughs> Paul okay, Rudd, Paul Rudd, that's where it should be reserved. Paul for Rudd, the audio listeners Reynolds. who haven't seen Thor yet or aren't going to see Thor, um, basically this movie re- centers around Gore, the God Butcher, who son dies at the beginning of the film and he is feels betrayed by his gods because his race spends their entire life praying to a god and thinking that their god is going to give them everything they need to to prosper and live their lives and when they don't um and his whole family is wiped out he feels betrayed and he ends up on like this little island rightfully so and the gods laugh in his face so he gets the necro sword and kills uh the gods which sends him into the, the necrosword's calling to him he gets it he kills the gods and it sends him and descends him into madness to where he now he wants to kill all the gods so he goes around killing all the gods and it's up to thor and his old love jane foster which isn't a spoiler because you've already seen the trailers um as well as um uh john valkyrie thank you ish uh, up to Thor, Jane, and Valkyrie to stop Gore the God Bitcher, who is trying to get to eternity to make a wish. Uh, so, yeah. And they no, find out what the synopsis. key to eternity is. So, Thank you, that's man. essentially that Thor, Love, and Thunder in about two minutes. Which, do the- you guys notice how in the first two Thor movies, they made a point of like, well, the gods, the Asgardians, and the North gods, they're really just aliens. But yeah. now in Ragnarok, they've dropped that, and now it's back to their gods. No mention of the alien stuff; they're just gods. But like, are and they now included really in the because pantheon of Greek gods and all that? But and they're not just like, aliens. Are they viewed they as gods the by the other gods? That's in the movie. That's all they call themselves as gods. Yeah, but like, it almost seems like Zeus and all them like look down. Like the Asgardians are kind of like in the middle. Middle, like there's humans. There's gods and Asgardians sit in the middle. Like Zeus didn't consider him like a contemporary almost. Well, Odin like. probably would have been a much different story if Odin showed up. No, it's, yeah, but uh, this is supposed to be the heir. The, Thor is supposed to be the dude now that Odin's it, gone. It comes across like there's a god for everything in the Marvel universe. So, like, there's isn't there like a god of like bombs? And at one point, brought well, out their dumplings. Yeah, there's yeah, a god of dumplings. Yeah. There's a god of bombs in the the in the comic books and the Thor story. So there's like a god for everything. So like Zeus pretty much says like Asgardian problems are Asgardian problems because it's kind of like you're the god over your own realm and that you you know that's who you are. Like you're no no one person is bigger than the other. But Zeus is just like the big well known one. So that's why Thor like idolizes. Yeah, he just him. gets to schedule orgies. Yeah. So this begs another question. Asgard and the Asgardians. Are Asgardians just normal people, just like humans, but they're ruled over by these superpowered family? That's how I or, felt. That's... Or shouldn't all Asgardians, you know, not necessarily be like Thor, but be like Sif or be like all the other kind of things, but the normal people, even the dude who picks has to pick turnips all day. Yeah. Why would he be just a normal person? But the other people are super powered. 
And this is also introduced in Ragnarok. Up until then, that concept in the first Thor movie, all Asgardians were kind of on the same level, you know, with the exception of Odin and his family. Yeah. But now, since Ragnarok, yeah, I don't know if you remember where Heimdall, you're right, he's super powered, but he has to help all the common people and they have no powers whatsoever. They're just normal mm -hmm. people running around. So I don't know what to make of that. It seems like they've totally changed the rules on a lot of stuff. Well, that and it the almost feels like there's set up. There's classes. So it feels like there's as guardians that are bred for to be warriors. And that's where you get Sif and a lot of those guys. And there's one like it feels like Heimdall had a special, like a specific purpose because he was the keeper of the Bifrost. Sure, and, sure. And he had that additional power. But he yeah, still so had it feels like, like and like his super, son has that power too. strength and stuff. Yeah. So I think well, it's what about the other like, Asgardians? Well, I think to a normal human, like an Asgardian would have would be stronger and, and things like that. But I think as far as like but the, that's totally Asgardian, not what's like depicted. yeah, it's like that's but I would totally think like, as depicted. far as the Asgardian class goes, maybe the le the lower class Asgardians aren't they're just commoners, they're not bred to be warriors, like yeah. They need common people for the work, as Zaggy said. And and my name is Kyle does, does make a good point because according to official, you know, Marvel rules or whatever you call it, it is eternity, living tribunal, one above all. I don't know if Galactus quite fits up there, but pretty close. And well, then Galactus... I think, yeah, and, and it's even Stan Lee was like, eternity, you know, is he the, the final god? You know, and Stan Lee was like, well, I don't know that. I'm just a, a mere mortal. But that was yeah. suggesting that perhaps eternity is kind of the god without it has doesn't have another creator above him, so to speak, which renders all the other Asgardians and Zeus and all those dudes. What are they really? They're just superpowered aliens. I think for me, like the biggest part, of the, the biggest issue I have with this movie that I was like, I don't like that, is gore was wasted. If you read Jason Aaron's Thor run, it's iconic. Gore is an iconic villain. He came out of the gates, it, you know, as a, if you want to call him Omega level villain, he was the first Omega level villain in a long time. And he has such a deep backstory. There's so much there. Like Jason Aaron's Thor run is kind of confusing because it takes place in three different times with three different versions of Thor. You have young Thor before he's got, before he's worthy and got Mjolnir got the current thor who's the avengers thor and then you've got thor odin's son who's old man thor who is basically taken over he's sitting on the throne so but gore's been around for for a long time and he fought thor many times before you know through his history and for a god the god butcher to be this big baddie you don't see anything he's just kind of there he kind of shows up to use his little magical sword they're super angsty yeah, and call down shadows, but he really doesn't do anything else. Like, I've read articles where they're like, he "Oh, scares well, children." Ooh. Yeah, Christian Bale deserves an Oscar for this. This Gore, people are gonna really connect with Gore. Da 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 da. No, like the only villain they've really gotten that people have connected with is Killmonger and Thanos. I know. I I felt like and Ish made a point about her earlier, point. but the one from from falcon and the winter soldier i felt like was a really good villain who the terrorist yeah i liked her no the little the fucking curly haired girl yeah i, I liked her a lot that's absolute weak sauce but they, i liked her gore the god butcher could have 
been just an amazing villain and he's he's not he's not yeah, really he's, he's pretty throwaway yeah i mean i i know comic common folk won't care zaggy but like in the comics man gore beats the shit out of thor now i think i think so you're saying two different things like the the writers wasted gore right but then there's people saying Christian Bale should get an Oscar for it. Christian Bale did a really good job with what he was given. The writers messed up Gore. It wasn't well, Christian Bale. Right, but I'm saying Gore was wasted. In- and the director. Yeah, Gore I agree. was wasted. Probably more than anything. And then you have, I, Natalie, I agree. you have Natalie Portman here saying that there's so many other fight scenes and there's characters that were in the movie that have been cut. Why cut those? Like, Why not show, show Gore like killing far some of these short. gods? Yeah, you don't see you don't see Gore really killing any gods except for the first two. Like, That's why at the I'm, end of the movie, where they're like, "The Mighty Thor saved the known universe," I kind of laughed at that. I'm like, "No, she didn't." Like Sif, it would have no been thing. badass to watch Sif fight Gore, but instead they just find her after she's already been beat down and had her arm cut off. Okay, so <laughs> and we're in spoilers. So, did any of you? So I've seen it twice. I saw the pre-screening on Wednesday, and then I saw it again with my wife today. And something I picked up on the second time I watched it. So the whole thing is that Gore needs Stormbreaker to use the Bifrost to reach Eternity, Eternity. right? So if he just needs that and he can get to Eternity and wish all the gods away, why then does he go? Because we see it when the Guardians are looking through their their distress. How does he even know that? I have no idea. Probably because the Bifrost symbol, I'm guessing, that's there. I mean, I have no idea. But he also got visions when he got the Necro Sword. He got visions, so maybe something was told to him there. Why does he go on a killing spree of all these other gods and then go to Thor? Why doesn't he just start with Thor? Well, because what they don't hint to is that Gore gets stronger the more gods he kills. Okay, and so that should have been a major thing that they yes. that they detailed. Totally not in the movie, yeah. <laughs> because I'm sitting here, I was like, dude, you wasted a ton of time. You could have just went straight for Thor. <laughs> Zaggy says because he has Google. <laughs> yeah, he's but right, like I wasn't wrong in thinking that. I don't, I don't think I no, was. No, 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 no. But like I say, Gore, Gore really had no purpose. He was just kind of there. His Which only purpose such... was move the plot like it's such a waste of a fantastic actor in christian bale because christian bale's done quite a few good things yeah and like eric says zeus even says gore has been killing many gods like all off screen all off screen yeah low level gods too that's why they're not we have to see though is extended montages of thor and jane foster giggling on couches and eating at restaurants together and okay that that's was one important. scene where i laughed that the rollerblade scene we needed all that stuff all the rom-com stuff we needed that but gore nah cut all that out the rollerblade scene was 13 year old girls aren't Mjolnir. there for gore and you needed all the stuff with the the love triangle between thor Molnir and stormbreaker <laughs> yes oh my god also laughed at that <laughs> That was they reduced Thor to the fucking pathetic little bitch even more so than than they had been working on previously. Even they even despite he went from fat Thor back to God Bod Thor, 
it still spends the whole movie whining and crying and oh my girlfriend you you really hated this didn't you <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was terrible nothing like thor the comic books absolutely this is a spoof on thor this is like a parody movie about how thor we're making fun of thor the entire time Okay, I'm not gonna the, lie. They, I laughed they, pretty hard that the goats were screaming goats, and Max. But they hated. screamed the entire movie. Like Max, yeah. they hated played that it. joke to the death. Max hated yeah. the movie. Ma Max didn't particularly care. He said it was better than the Eternals and Black Widow, but he thought Shang Chi, uh, Doctor Strange, and Spider Man were better. See, I think Spider-Man and Shang-Chi are better. I think it's better than The Eternals, better than Black Widow, and better than Doctor Strange. No. I enjoyed this movie a lot more than I did Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, Strange. wow. I, I loved Doctor Strange, so. I don't know, man. I, like, I kind of, nothing in here, like, I've already been pissed about them, what they did to Thor, right? They did it in Ragnarok, and they and they and they did it even more in Endgame, right? Turning him into Fat Bro Thor. So, I'm already over it at this point. Now I'm just get to look at Chris Hemsworth be kind of goofy and stupid and stuff. And dude, he has he's fucking making pancakes for a little girl in a frilly apron at the end of the movie. Thor is done. They they fucking cooked the goose. This is like the James Bond movie, No Time to Die, where they gave him a daughter and then they had to kill him. Yeah, I agree with Eric. Korg, um, Korg was was good. He's a Korg aside, and then quips were some of the best parts of the whole movie. I felt like Korg got annoying for me after a while. Eh, I liked that I, he was telling nah, the story. He was just like, oh, I like it. Ha ha ha. And he called her Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. Okay, I laughed at that. Jane Fonda. Then there was Jodie Foster. He did it a few times. So, uh, but I want to. I want to really quick touch on what I thought was a fantastic scene, one of the best scenes I've ever seen in any Marvel movie. When they actually go to the Shadow Zone, that black and white. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool, yeah. one of the coolest scenes I've ever seen. And did you guys notice that the mon and both of you have only seen it once, but the monsters looked like those old 1940s sci-fi things where they were kind of like puppets. Yeah. Like you could tell like they were like really small, like they filmed it like claymation style, like whatever. And the, and the way they were moving and stuff, I was like, and I immediately thought of ish. I was like, Oh, ish got, cause you ish, you're pretty into sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like that's what that that's immediate. Like, land of the lost type stuff you know what i mean like i felt i thought that was one of the coolest scenes i've ever I've ever seen the jason aaron storyline that this movie the comics suck of, anyway is oh, considered okay. one of the greatest comic storylines in marvel history but dude you're on crack well we also got to remember that quantum is like 19 i know he's he's a boy <laughs> he has not yet witnessed the world so <laughs> earlier you guys were talking about miss marvel and how i forget who was one who said that you like seeing how slowly she was getting her costume together and the look yeah the I, that was me yeah. and then in this oh, movie i didn't like Kate that. foster looks at pieces of mjolnir and then the next time you see her full armor 
fighting, fighting away, nothing in between. That was okay. Marvel has this bad habit of taking a scene that should be cool and doing it off screen. Like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield getting sucked into another reality should have been shown. Jane Foster, the hammer selecting her and her turning into Thor for the first time should have been shown. They have they a bad habit. They showed it to you. It was there. When Thor whispers to Molnir about protecting her. No, I mean when there. she when she gets it well, in her grasp. Well, that's enough yeah, flashback. It, yeah, no, I know. I, but I'm just saying it explains why Molnir why Molnir chooses. I know. Her. I know, but all all we get is her standing at that little globe, and the things start to shake, and the clouds come rolling in, and then it cuts. Yeah, like we never see it break out of the thing. She's full Thor. Yeah, yeah. I did not like that one bit. I'm. Why does Marvel take what could be cool scenes and tell them tell us that it happened off camera? Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield not being in their current world and getting thrust into Tom Holland's world. Still pisses me off that they didn't show that. I wanted to see that. We got that in Into the Spider-Verse, but we didn't get into but they've they've been having a bad habit of of doing things off camera. Like I don't understand. I don't know. That's I, probably the one big gripe I had is the, okay, what about the, the last fact- two movies feel super rushed. When they go, the plan is we're going to go get these all these other gods to join us and form a, form an army to take on Gore. When the whole time he could have just gotten kids together and zapped them all, so they're all a bunch of little Thors. Right. Apparently he can do that. That's just a power now too. <laughs> well, right. he is the new Odin, right? But he's not. He's not imbued with the the Odin powers. He is not. I don't know. I I really like the scene with the kids. <laughs> I thought it was cute. But I also don't go to a Marvel movie for cute. Definitely not a Thor cute. movie. Yeah. I, I felt like it was really cute and something that, like, my boys will be, like, really gleeful over when I take them to go see it. Little kids will, little kids will love it, for sure. Yeah. I feel like Taiki Waititi doesn't fucking give a shit. All he wanted to do was just titillate his inner little girl. Well, like, I think that there was definitely a lot of missed opportunities in this movie because... It could have been, I think it would have been a lot better if Jane blamed Thor for her cancer. If instead of like them meeting and all of a sudden they're like, like they haven't missed a beat and they're still like so madly in love with each other, it would have been better if Jane carried that, that chip of, I I blame you for me getting cancer. So I'm going to be a better Thor than you ever were. And she was more serious. Yeah. She was more serious at, at, at her approach to it, and then instead of being slapsticky, and let Chris Hemsworth do the slapsticky Thor, like, because I mean, they—it's a missed opportunity that they don't say that she got cancer from being infused with the Infinity Stone. Like, they even have Eric Selvik there. Like, it's a missed opportunity that that's not what caused her cancer. Oh yeah, that is that how it happens in the comics? No, she just gets cancer. But um, yeah, I I agree. I now that you're saying it, like I would have liked some explanation because we haven't seen her since Thor two, the Dark World, right? And now we see her, and she's sickly, and she's like 
she's had all these accomplishments like i don't feel like they did a really good job other than showing us why thor and her broke up of showing us like why she got the cancer all it did was oh her mom had cancer so she has cancer too and it i mean it it kind of it bugs me too like i i see my name is kyle being like oh i don't cry crying because it's not like the comics marvel fans have been clamoring for a long time saying marvel has an issue with the way they do villains marvel has an issue with the way they do villains marvel has an issue with the way they do villains you have someone in gore that his backstory is so good and so deep and just they could have done it right if they would have done it, it, it they wouldn't have rushed it the gore is Gore could have been that guy. He, you could have sympathized with him. You could have connected to what he was doing. You, you could have cheered for him. Like, essentially, they, he wins in the end. Gore wins because, but he doesn't win the way he should. He wins basically because Thor's like, I give up. I'm gonna go spend what time I have left with Jane. You can whatever. You know, he gives up. Yeah. The God of Thunder, who is so into war and battle and fighting to the end just gives up and walks away he essentially takes his ball and goes home it just you could have had the same emphasis but given people a reason to get behind gore to get there you know it just it wasn't there man like i asked aaron after we saw the movie i was like Please tell me what Gore did. What did he do in that movie? Because you didn't see him do shit. You saw him put his sword in the ground, rip something's head off, and scare a bunch of little children like it's fucking Halloween. <laughs> That's it. Yep. It, it just... I don't know. I was hoping... That's what like, I didn't like about the movie. It focused more on just laughs and silliness than actually caring to tell a, a good fucking Thor story. Yeah, but I think they were hoping that you were going to connect to it more as being like, like Aaron just said, praying to your God and not getting answered. And I mean, I guess the, like the, the but, movie's heart is in the right place because it is kind of about grief and loss and dealing with that kind of stuff. But the delivery, so fucking silly. It's just like light cotton candy Marvel. Like I, I laughed, I laughed at the screaming goats. I laughed when they crash into that planet, and I, I laughed at a lot of the jokes too. Like there was, there was a lot of like, I liked the the awkwardness between Star Lord and Thor at the beginning. It, like I thought that that stuff was funny, but I loved the the Thor as Jesus suddenly coming in and beating all those Muppet monsters yeah. because they had stole, it stole a move from Van Damme. It stole a move from all that. The, all I did laugh. Moves. I did laugh at that too. The, the splits. Yeah. I and I, but I was one. also rolling my eyes at the same time. Cause I was like, what the fuck is this in his head? Like I was trying to think like, is this all, is he dreaming all this? But I liked that they did the roundhouse that Chuck Norris has. They did the splits that Van Damme has all those little things were taking from these big action stars. Well, I, I kind of took it as like, 
um, Korg's over-exaggeration because he's the one that's like telling the story. Is he telling the story the whole time? Because it suddenly seems like well, it he's, abandons the he, story. Yeah, but I think I, I kind of took it. That's, like, that's straight out of a, a Mad Max movie. Literally, like even how he's sitting and how the kids are positioned. Yeah, Mad Max, Mad Max, uh, you know, the flipping over the car and stuff like that. Like, like I, it was all stuff from these 80s action flicks. Yeah. I mean, and GNR is like pretty much the soundtrack for the whole fr- freaking movie. Which I loved, much as I don't like GNR. I, I thought I November Rain was used perfectly. You could drop these awesome songs, but it doesn't make up for just the fucking terrible story and yeah i feel like jane like they're trying to catch that what james gunn did and what edgar wright does so beautifully where music kind of drives the story and they've they've tried to do it in the in both of these movies um ragnarok and this one and um i i think that that's a skill that not everybody possesses i don't know i'm not i'm also not a gnr fan so i am I, like I, I get you are. I just think Axl Rose can't sing himself out of a paper bag. I think he's a good singer. <laughs> no. He's a shitty person. I think he's a good singer. Slash is the only reason I like GNR at all. Which but is kind more of power to you, dude, if you like it. <laughs> Heimdall's son was like, oh, I changed my name to Axel. And I was like, do you really know anything about Axel? Like, do you want that right. to be your hero? I thought that was kind of an odd dichotomy. Yeah. Well, wouldn't you want to change your name if you were a small boy and your name was Astrid? <laughs> if you're fucking Asgardian, who cares? I guess, I guess. Oh, that was the one that, that they're fighting about the name. Astrid, Axel. No, it's Astrid, Axel. And Cord goes, okay, call him asshole. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed pretty hard about that. But I don't know. It's just, um, I felt let down by this movie. Like, I felt like there were some really cool shots and that just goes to show like Taika Waititi's a good director as far as like how to get the shot, right? Like some of the shots were were beautiful. Like the the whole the shadow realm thing was just gorgeous. And the the shadows coming out like he puts a sword in the ground and the shadows coming out like it it gave me there were some of those scenes that I was like, "Oh, this feels like like it's supposed to, it's going that horror way," right? But then they completely abandoned the horror thing. So I felt like there wasn't a clear a clear image to what this whole movie was supposed to be. The beginning was super funny and him doing roundhouse kick, kicks against tanks. Then it turns into a rom-com. Then it turns into an old school sci-fi movie. Then it turns into like kind of this like empowering kids, you know, kids movie. Like what was the vision for the whole thing? Like I felt like the it 80s? wasn't. It's like I felt like it perfect- wasn't cohesive. It's like the perfect '80s like but tropes it, all rolled into one. They had the the bad action, the bad '80s action movies of Van Damme. They had the the you know say anything's or the Breakfast Club rom coms that you know they had the the John Hughes rom coms, and then they had the after school special stuff, and it was all there. Like all the the bad '80s tropes. And movies were, were covered in this movie like they were all there but well, one movie it definitely felt like was 1991 dying young and thor is julia roberts and natalie and jane foster is campbell scott like it's the plot is almost yeah. identical you just replace 
throwing snowballs with throwing hammers around, and then all the scenes giggling on the couch are the same. Yeah. And then am I the only one that thought that when he turns all those kids into Thors, it was a waste of opportunity that you could have had Beta Ray Bill? Like one of those kids could have been Beta Ray Bill. Apparently he was supposed to be in this movie, and he's one of the characters that got cut out. Like I think that would have been awesome if. He, like, so do the kids Bader lose those powers, up. or are they? Not yeah, you just... don't see him say temporarily. Yeah, oh, that's right. He did say temporarily. Yeah. Which I don't know. I laughed at the scene of the little girl with the stuffed animal. I thought. It was yeah, funny. where it's gonna <laughs> Thor power. Yeah. And then they, I mean, then the then they give you a brand new character that's not in the comic books in love. Gore's daughter and how her and Thor have a relationship now. And there's going to be obviously more between her and Thor. You but notice that every wait. single one of these characters we grew up with is now it's gonna be spawning. Daddy, daddy daycare is now spawning a younger version, right? We've got Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel. We've got um, um, Hawkeye and um, whatever the fuck her name is. Kate Bishop, we've got um, um, Hulk is apparently going to have a son or something like that. Did, did I read that correctly? Well, they're probably going to have the either Hulkling or uh, Amadeus Cho coming. Then you've got apparently there's going to be a Black Panther. Um, um, I almost said Taika Waititi. The fuck is his name? T'Challa. T'Challa. Thank you. It's gonna have a son, so that's gonna have it's gonna transition from it's gonna go from uh, what's it what's her name? The sister. Oh, um and Black Panther. What's her name? Shuri. 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 It's gonna go from it's gonna go from uh uh T'Challa to Shuri to this new kid. They're all gonna have these like little miniature versions. And now there's a Loki kid too. We saw on the Loki show. They're all getting these kids. I really hope they're not focusing. Like I'm okay this with kids Disney, being Disney, there, but... model, Disney business business model. They're aiming right down at 12 and 13 year olds. I up. hope. I hope what they, they know do you is... and I. We'll just we'll give them our money anyway, whether I fucking hate yep. the movie or not. I'm still gonna go, so they don't give a shit about how we feel about it. They and they're pushing little 13 year old kids think about it they're working to build the young avengers so they're going right into the vein of that age group that is don't be don't be about. surprised a squirrel girl girl comes soon that's going to nope. be merchandise sure moon like, girl moon girl yep squirrel girl is going to be a merchandise but that's going to be like like grogu for disney as far as how much merchandise they can sell squirrel squirrel girl will be huge I like I like Eric's idea for the movie. I would have appreciated it if they had a, tried to balance the silly trope goofiness with scenes of abject terror and nightmares, make the kids cry in the theater as much as giggle. That would have made the movie awesome. Yeah, I I loved the shadow monsters. Dude. That was my one of my favorite parts. I thought it was I feel like they didn't get enough screen time. The shadow monsters. You know what? I guess I I, I underappreciated that scene because. I'd gone through. I had to watch so much rubbish to get there. Yeah, that oh, the, the shadow, the shadow realm was just 
it's one of my most favorite scenes I've ever seen in a Marvel movie. That's what makes it like this for me is that some of the cinematography and some of the some of the decisions as far as callbacks were concerned were so good. The story as a whole from start to finish, I'm like I could have used a lot more. I could have used a lot more explanation. I could have used maybe less humor. Like not everything has to be a joke. Besides the fact that a lot of the humor was shown in the trailer, like the meek on the on the dry race board and all those things that probably would have made me laugh in any other Marvel movie. The other thing Max would not shut up about is Thor's outfit. Why? He hated it. And I wasn't too keen on it either. It felt like it felt like, you know, in the military, they have their dress blues or whatever. Mm -hmm. When they go to like events, his his suit throughout the whole movie felt like dress blues. Like it was way too pro. Do you notice that his besides the one scene where his cape catches on fire, that his cape is perfectly coughed through the whole like every fight scene? Mm hmm. It, and well, it just, you know why it's it's like that, right? Hmm. He makes comment in it that Jane is is dressing like him, and he's jealous of it. So he, when he summons his suit, he makes it flashier and shinier and brighter he makes than the hers. Things come out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't catch. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. But then why does he? Why does he continue it? Because he's a jealous little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because he even says to her, he says, oh, I see you're dressing like me now. So, yeah, and then he puts his helmet. That's why he summons the helmet and then makes his wings on his helmet longer than hers. And her his outfit is flashier than hers. That's the yeah. reason for that. But... I don't know. I, I felt like this this movie left a lot to be desired. I, I mean, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my time at the theater. But um, it didn't feel like it was groundbreaking at all as far. I no. feel like everything we've gotten, it's like, how are you pushing the narrative forward? How are we getting to the next big thing? Right? How is this going to transition into phase five? Well, actually, Nothing feels that way yet. This movie, I, one of the things probably I'll, I'll give it a, a plus for it is kind of a standalone. It's like Thor four, but it doesn't have to be Marvel twenty nine. Like you said, it has no impact, no real MCU impact, nothing else. Just tells a Thor story very poorly, but it just tells a Thor story. And sometimes I feel like some of the movies need that. We need to not be worried watching two hour movie just to know what's in the next movie. Yeah, but like, I do feel like at least every other one should should push the narrative forward. Like I'm okay if that happens. They're pushing sometimes. his narrative forward. That's the goal. Thor's narrative, and it's a total downhill narrative into fucking bitchdom. But that's the goal bitch of Thor. Oh, that's the narrative that they're pushing. Is what they're doing with this character. He's on a journey. Yeah, and I mean they made, they essentially just made the God of Thunder. <laughs> that's why I say Gore won because he got it. He made his wish with eternity got his kid back and now he's making thor raise that kid that's actually hilarious to think about it. that's his punishment you know, it's, dude if i was in that situation oh, and jane basically signs him up for it if i was in that situation and my wife was like oh we'll raise it i'll be like the fuck did you talk to me like when did we talk about this i, I would have <laughs> him to just be like okay 
we've seen Thor in the last three movies. He has no business raising a child. <laughs> he's a drunk. He's uh emotionally emotional damage. Like yeah. you know, like no business raising a child. Besides the fact that 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 girl is absolutely adorable. That little girl. That's his daughter. That's his real life daughter. That's Chris Chris Hemsworth's real life daughter. Yeah. Okay, so I read somewhere that that his kids and Christian Bale's kids were in the movie. I didn't realize it was the main girl. Yeah. I didn't catch that at all. Gore's daughter is Chris Hemsworth's actual daughter. That's cute. She's a, she's adorable. Well, she both is. of her both of her parents are like freaking specimens. Well, who's the mom? Uh she's the girl from um she was in Fast and Furious. She was just in a new show on, think, on Netflix. Oh, what's her name? She's from Brazil, I want to say. I mean, your dad's Chris Hemsworth. He's a good-looking man, regardless. But well, his <laughs> the the mother the mother's nothing to balk out, dude. Like she no, is yeah. a, a fine Elsa Patak, Pataki. Uh, here, let me see. The other part that bothered me too was. Russell and I promise you, I did not hate this movie. I liked it for the most part, but it's not like the greatest thing I've ever seen. But it wasn't terrible either. What the fuck was Russell Crowe's accent? It was like Spanish. It was like a Greek like, accent. It was like, it, but it was, it, it was supposed to be like Greek, but Jersey. it came off as like it's a Spaniard. To be, it's supposed yeah. to be Greek, yeah. How like old Greek. Does Greek? And I, yeah. I laughed at that part where he's coming on the steps and he's like flipping his skirt around as he's walking down the stairs. Like, I, oh, that, I did chuckle. I did chuckle at Russell Crowe's Zeus, fat Russell Crowe. It's nice to see he's yeah. enjoying retirement. But I was, that's, look, that's I was looking. Retirement? I was <laughs> looking. Well, you know what the, I mean. Retirement as a big movie star. I was looking through all the crow, the like the gods in the crowd, and I was like, why, why isn't there any gods from Moon Knight here? You did know? you did you think the movie lacked Easter eggs completely? Like I figured, I, if there was Easter eggs, I completely missed them. Because I remember looking yeah, at the I, gods trying to scan for some sort of familiarity. I was like, no. Yeah, that's, pretty... that's what I say. I was looking for like some some gods from Moon Knight or something we've seen previously to show up there, and there was nothing that I saw. We got the fucking hot buns god. I think you the know? movie might have had no Easter eggs. Other than some, I guess, cameos, people who have been in other Taiki Waititi movies, but that's not yeah. really an Easter egg. But I mean, overall, overall, I didn't hate the movie. Like I said, I think it's not on par with Spider-Man No Way Home. It's not as good as Shang-Chi, but to me, it was definitely better than Eternals. It was definitely better than Black Widow, and I liked it more than Doctor Strange. I, I, I like Doctor Strange more than this one. Quite a I bit think more, actually. If we cut out like Strange more. If we cut you out and I are Raimi fans. The uh right ish. Yeah. If we cut out the the love montage and you add more scenes of Gore doing his thing and more backstory to Gore, and you add also I think some some hostility there between Jane and Thor. Instead of making Jane slapsticky too, if she's the more serious one and she holds a grudge because of her getting cancer and her blaming the fact that she was imbued with that infinity stone for it, I think it makes a better movie. 
I think it makes the story better. And also, it makes if they the change movie more Asgard. Solid. Yeah, I mean, I would really mind new Asgard. New Asgard, new Asgard was, didn't really bother was, me that much. It doesn't. It doesn't take such a huge, um, part of the story. Like it. Honestly, I forgot about it. But I just thought, like, why isn't everything where everything Zeus is in? He's always some kind of like old creep. You know, like that's always how he's portrayed as like an old creep. He's even portrayed that way in this movie. I guess that's but, what he always was back for the Greeks. He was the the old creep. I cheered at the after at the mid credit scene. Oh, when you Roy can't. Yeah, Hercules. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did too. I and they did kept too. I that loved it. so well under wraps, man. Like in an age where Marvel's notorious for spoiling everything and everybody finding out about see it everything. Coming. Like we all knew about. Don't you Zeus. think Hercules should be like a big rip dude? I thought he was pretty ripped, dude. I didn't know. I was gonna bring it up, but I didn't want to spoil it. I don't know what you're talking about. That dude. He looked, looked pretty big. shredded. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He, he looked. He small. wasn't like jacked, but he was shredded. He looked pretty good. Like, I don't know, man. Max hated his suit too. I think, but I liked but it. I was like, I literally was like Roy Kent in my suit. Dude, I clapped. Loud. It was the only part of the, <laughs> like I tried not to be that guy that claps in the movie. Kent. But I saw him and I was so giddy, and I yelled yeah. Roy Kent, and everybody in the theater looked at me like I was a moron. Like nobody knew what I was Roy talking Kent? about. He's a from character Ted Lasso. from Ted Lasso. He's the best character from Ted uh, Lasso. No wonder you love this Hercules then. You're you obsessed with Ted Lasso. You are obsessed. Dude, I was dude, I saw Roy Kent. I'm like, fuck yeah. Do you know he's one of the creators of Ted Lasso? Yeah, he's one of the writers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's oh dude. I was he's here, he's so there, happy. he's every fucking where. He's Roy Kent. Yeah, you should watch that show, dude. It's a great show. Hercules should be an action star. The Rock. Brock Lesnar. We've had Rock the Rock Lesnar. as we've had the Rock as Hercules. That's true. Yeah, Rock we've seen Lesnar. we've seen all these big dudes as Hercules. This needed to be different. We've seen Kellen Lutz, who's a huge nobody dude. We saw that Hercules with the Rock. Nobody saw that Hercules with the Rock. So, yeah, but we've pass. seen Hercules. They have to break the mold. It can't look like. And plus, plus, consider this too. Kevin Disney Sorbo and, was Kevin Sorbo was thirty years ago. Yeah, and he was not that huge. He was, I would say, he was similar to Roy Kent. Yeah, we haven't had a we haven't had a legit Hercules since, other than. But you know that Disney's that also Disney's also coming out. I think next year, a live action Hercules of their of their musical. Yeah. So you're gonna get another Hercules. That's right, dude. How pissed would you be if they're the live action Hercules that they've been talking about? Wait, that's they the turn, one that's gonna be a turn Hercules. Movie. Yeah, what if they turned the Hercules Roy Kent that we just saw, put him in the Disney live action, <laughs> and we've known that Hercules was coming this whole time, we just didn't know it was an MCU movie. <laughs> but they have Danny DeVito as the fat imp. Well, he, I mean, he voiced him in the, the animated movie, so why not? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, just recast him. He's perfect. <laughs> um, My sister was talking about that last night. She thinks that Michael Sierra and Joni, Jonah Hill should be, uh, what, Pain and Penance? Oh, yeah. The, the two little... Just don't put Seth Rogen in it again. I'm, I love Seth Rogen, but... 
Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys think Thor is going to have a huge weekend? Um, I thought you were about to say something else. Yeah. I thought apparently, you were about to say, does Thor have a huge wiener? <laughs> well, apparently we do, I've... because women fainted in the movie. Try explaining that yeah. to your nine-year-old. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, that's funny. Apparently it had a huge opening night, but it wasn't as big as Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I think it was because um, it's July 8th. I think, like, are people still out of town? Um, I think the fourth lowest Rotten Tomatoes rating out of all the MCU, and it's still so it's like, like a seventy some percent, man. Like, it's see, not... I, do, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I didn't hate it that much. Like, there is plenty of other bad movies, like Dark World, Iron Man Two, Black Widow, The Eternals. You know what? Uh, I'd, fr- I'd rather Captain watch Dark Marvel. World again than, than this. Oh man, that's them fighting words ish. Dark World was bad. Dude, Malekith is a little more more interesting than Gore. So right now, as we speak, Rotten Tomatoes has a 68% 68 critic score, 83% audience score. You got to be really careful, though, with, with, with Disney in general and their Rotten Tomato scores right now. You can't take that as a barometer because right now they are, right now they are being review bombed because of all the. Yeah, I know tomatoes does not allow the review bombing anymore. Um, I know that. No, they uh, still do. They were just doing it to Buzz Lightyear. Review bombed. And Miss Marvel's getting the audience score or the critic score. The audience score, isn't that what we're talking about right now? All right, so an 86% audience score is not that bad. Oh, so it's the critic score that's getting 60%. Yeah, the critics are 68%. Audience score is 83%. Well, I don't really care what the critics say anyways. I care about the audience score, but Well, you're a critic right now. Don't you want people to care what you're saying? Apparently, I, I am a critic. I like trash. that's 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 a that's too proper of a term to use for what Matt and I do. <laughs> you can pick and choose which critics you respect, and you don't dismiss the others. I mean, there's plenty. But a lot of them, a lot of them are just like I feel like they're movie snobs, man. Like that's the that's the problem I have. Well, some of them are. Yeah, definitely. A lot of critics are not Marvel fans or comic book fans, and just approach this purely as is this a good movie or not. Yeah, I think you don't here. Don't have here a, we're trying to kind of balance both. Yeah, if you don't have you know, a does it uh, satisfy the geek stuff, or is it actually a good movie? Yeah, but Sticks if you don't have rotten Thor, tomatoes, Thor people just need to go see fronts. the film for themselves. Live the olden days before the internet. Don't let someone else tell you what's good or bad. And that's not usually what I do. Usually, if the critics hate a movie, I love it, and because it, you know. But I really think with this movie. Like, listen, I've sat back the last couple superhero movies. I didn't really care for Black Widow. I like Shang-Chi. I didn't care for Eternals. You know, I, my first viewing of Spider-Man, I didn't really, really care for that. I honestly think I've hit superhero fatigue. Like, I'm at the point where I want to see something other than a superhero movie. Like, I've really hit superhero fatigue. And to the point where, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like Marvel's lost all direction. I feel like 
they don't know where they're going or what they're trying to do. Whatever they're executing just feels like it's falling flat with their TV shows and their movies. And I just like, I've, I really feel like I've hit a superhero wall. So to the point where like, it's even affecting my content is not up to par. Right. And I, I feel like that with the comics too. Like, I still buy comics, but I feel like I've hit a comic wall because even the content in the comics just isn't up to par right now. So it's just like, it's, I don't know, man. It's just such, it's just overload of superheroes. Like I, I want something else that's not like that, you know? I just want it to be good. Have hey, Ish, do me a favor. Not be just eye candy or stupid laughs. That's why I didn't hate Eternals that much because at least Eternals strive for some kind of higher idea. Some there was a little bit of intellectualism in the Eternals mixed in with all the super boring fighting. Really, movies. you think so? Yeah, that's I gave it a little props for like I, I think it's tried to think a little higher, but of course Disney wouldn't allow. I thought it, it was really dumb. <laughs> square into the Marvel movie formula. But there was like a hint there where where the director and the writer was like, well, let's think of something bigger, some big ideas, because the Eternals are pretty cosmic. I I kind of believe like I, I'm over the fan- Thanos stuff. Like Endgame happened, Thanos happened, it's done. Move on. You don't need to reference it in every movie or show now. Do you feel like we're stuck in the Skywalker saga? Now? Yeah, essentially, yes. You're yeah, you're stuck in the Thanos saga. Like they can't get past Thanos. They talk about Thanos still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, they talked about him in this movie. Yeah. So he he cut Thanos's head off. Ish, do me a favor. Go do just double thumbs up real quick and hold it. Hold on. Uh, oh no. Uh oh, I'm gonna be part of some stupid photo. No, I think he's making your. Uh, he's making the, <laughs> the synopsis. <laughs> Should be thumbs down. Synopsis. But that's our thoughts of love, Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, let us know in the comments below what you thought. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Why? Did you agree with some points we made? Did you disagree with some points we made? Let us know your thoughts in the comments section below. Um, but I think that's anybody. You guys got anything else you want to? Touch yeah, I want to show, show this thing that I just finished. Give me one sec. Well, <laughs> uh, Matt, what's coming? At, what, did... what? Oh, go ahead, Ish. Sorry, uh, Matt. Have you checked out um, Batman One Twenty Five? Chip Zdarsky. Uh, that one right there, there. Is. <laughs> dude. It's big. We had, it was big sales for us. We kicked our numbers up. That and Spider Man. I just keep going up and up. More and more people are adding them to their pull list or coming in just for Batman and Spider-Man. So I think that's good. I'm glad because that's, you know, those are pillars of the comic book world. And it's good to know, at least at our shop, those are by far the best sellers, Batman and Spider-Man. And it just keeps going up and up. So I love seeing that. I love seeing people you know excited for the comic books coming in every like form. <laughs> there we go now you got to tell your comic book store that they're that they're now sponsoring us <laughs> nice. 
I will tell you the one book that's kind of being slept on right now that I think more people need to be bring attention to, and it's done by James Tinian, who's also doing like something's killing the children, is the closet. This book has been really good. Yeah, just yeah, that was a issue number two, right? Yep. But and his like run to... on Joker just ended this week, also. So I think we'll be seeing Joker back in other DC books again. Yeah, one twenty five was good. I'm I like Zdarsky as a writer. Like I wish Zdarsky would would take over Spider Man for good. Um, his spectacular Spider Man was excellent. So was his Marvel two and one. I need to go pick up that uh, hardcover last Ronin from you. Yes. Yeah, but, you, you uh, said you're getting some in soon. Yeah, so definitely. Well, I, I, that one, I still have one set aside for you, but I'm getting, we're getting in more. Oh, so. I thought you somebody else wanted. So you don't have. To... No. Oh, okay. Uh, then he... I need to come down there and get it. I was. It's. But I just say you don't have to rush. Day. So I got, I got oh, one okay. set aside for you. It's I like, like though. Ah, you got to come and, or I'll sell it. And one twenty-five. I like that they debuted this new character. This this new like robot character but it's on the last page and it's basically taken up by all like the credits and stuff by the writer and all of the variant artists and, and things like that but yeah Zdarsky man I, I like Zdarsky's writing a lot and I, I was kind of surprised that he imbued the three jokers into it too so and he and, had the, ser the series uh, Batman the Knight which I feel like He's giving us what he his Batman Begins is. Yeah. So you read that and you get the Batman origin story as told by Chip Zdarsky. And then now you can jump into issue number 125 as, a, you know, Batman, in, you know, issued almost whatever, 1000 and Chip Zdarsky. So you get the backstory, too, as how he had has imagined it. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm going to put this see. I'm going to put this on the screen every time ish explains something because i think it's that <laughs> awesome <laughs> i no, it's not to make fun of you i think it's i i'm just in love with what i just made <laughs> all right all right i'll take it i'll take it i read somewhere too that they're gonna be they're working at having tim drake be robin like batman's robin again so it was interesting that zadarsky chose to take damian wayne out in this issue um yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm excited for it. I'm. I like Zdarsky's writing a lot. He's kind of like Donny Cates, part two. So it's it's almost at a point where they need Zdarsky to save DC Comics. Man, this is yeah. so weird that you guys are having this. Conversation I mean, DC Comics like... have fallen out of the top fifty sales, which is bonkers. I feel like just two years ago, maybe. We were talking about how Marvel was struggling and DC was like at the top of their game. Do you get like ish? I didn't know you then. I don't think, but synopsis. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> but like Matt, don't you feel like we were having this conversation just a couple years ago that Marvel was on the down and DC was, was up. Cause that was so, around the time that they were coming out with, um, cause Marvel now has the who Disney was around that time. Well, Disney security net. DC does not. DC is all about a company that's all in debt and all this other crap. Or are they still so in debt now that Discovery owns them? Well, yes. Yes. yeah, until they're not in debt. 
Um, How long is that going to take? DC was riding high when they did Rebirth and they relaunched everything. And then they kind of, when they had that business model of they were going to release like every two weeks, but they weren't going to release so many titles. They they constantly do that. They they fall right back into that trope of releasing way more books, and they don't need like thirteen Superman books or thirteen Batman books. They release so many books. That's always that been my struggle no, with new comics. Nobody's reading, and I said and I want to read Spider Man, and there's hitting the top fifty. Superman like, was like fifty five ranked. Like that's crazy. And like. But, Go ahead. But Marvel's doing that now too because they just announced Dan Slott is coming back and having a new Spider-Man book that's just called Spider-Man. It's Dan Slott and Mark Bagley, and like everyone's like, who? Nobody's asking for Dan Slott to come back to Spider-Man. Everyone <laughs> was excited when he left. That's, Nobody wants him back. That's always been my struggle. That's why Matt. Often I look to you. I'm like, hey, what should I like? I love that top five that you do sometimes because it gives me an idea of what I should go read because. I walk into a comic book store and I want to read like Spider-Man and there's like six different options of one character. It's like, oh, one of these probably sucks, you know? So you never know. Like you're like, oh, the new Spider-Man comic's so good. I'm like, okay, which one? You know, it gets confusing for somebody that's not a regular reader like myself. Yeah, I read you kind of have to be what familiar with, with the writer. So, you know, like this writer. Yeah. Like, some I know some, just like, hired, this is his and... first comic. Yeah, and then there's the famous writers. But a lot of those mm -hmm. famous writers are now, like, Slot, Bendis, like, like yeah, when their so... names are attached to a book, you're like, oh, shit, it's going to be crap now. Yeah, so, like, Bendis, it, Bendis it's, ruined it's Justice daunting. Completely. It's daunting yeah, to new people. Like, they don't realize that flooding the market with all these different stories, like, just finish one story and then start a new one. I don't understand why you need to have six different stories about the same character going on. Or, you know, do a Spider-Man story and then do a Spider-Woman story or do a, you know why they do do a that? Ghost because Spider or something. They know the stores have to order all these books. Mm. And that's the sales. For them, that's the sales. Not when you buy it. It's when the store buys it. Yeah, but if that's nobody comes in and so buys we, a book. So, yeah, we like, have to be savvy, but are we going to be like, oh, I'm not going to order a Spider-Man book? Like, what if it's like a huge thing? So, of course, we order all the fucking Spider-Man books. And we take a loss on a lot of them if they're crap and nobody reads them. Well, like, but and, we have to buy them because you, you can't not buy it and be a comic book store. So Marvel knows this. The more they put out, the more we're going to have to order. Yeah, I just it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful for them. It's hard to attract new readers with that business model. You know, it's it's you still like I understand they make their money selling to you, the comic book store owner. But you still have to make a viable market to where it's not confusing because you can't just have a business that only relies on pre-existing customers, right? Businesses grow sure, by getting new customers. So if you create an environment to where new customers are show hesitation to get into that market, then, then you, your business is going to die. And that's essentially what we're seeing with DC, right? They have way too many books. It's way too daunting. It's way too confusing. And never mind the fact of, you know, their their quality is not does not encompass every book that they come out with, right? Sometimes their quality is not very good, and more often than not, it's not very good, right? So you're building a business model where you're flooding the market with with subpar material. You're not building an environment that attracts new readers and in new, you know, in 20 years, is comic books still gonna be, like is 
is there a 10 year old like is the market being flooded with 10 to to 15 year olds that are just now discovering comic books is it being I mean, flooded I don't know by about that flooded but we i mean we do get kids all the but time they need the in. flood they need the but flood they, and they usually go for the same shit venom venom yeah. is yeah. so popular with nine ten year olds crazy but they need the flood right you have to have the flood because eventually you me matt our generation is going to die off and you need that flood to keep to consistently carry sure. that market and a forward. lot of it is it is passed on through families i see a lot of dads coming in I'm buying a comic book for my eight-year-old. Well, I can tell you right now that my kids, like I read comics. I I I have like I have hundreds here. You know, not to the extent of you you guys. Most of mine are like compendiums and stuff. That's when I usually buy them. Is when they take a really good story and put all the issues together. That's that's how I like it. But like I have hundreds here, right? And my kids have zero interest, even though I've shown them to them. I've read the essential. I'm I have the first three or four volumes of the essential Iron Man. And I tried to sit down and read those with my kids and they're just essential, the black and white one. Mm -hmm. Of course not. That's if I was a kid, I would not want the black and white one. Well, no, they're not all black and white. Like I think volumes. That's why those essential ones. I don't, I hate the essential ones because it's just fucking, well, I get, I know it's affordable. They're super affordable. The black and white. I got them at Goodwill. You lose the magic of Marvel comics. Black. I got, I got them at Goodwill for a buck each. Okay. I want to know how John but it, Jr. keeps getting work. <laughs> but like I I get those because there's certain characters like Iron Man that I didn't read as a kid. Like I stuck to like the big ones, right? X-Men, Spider-Man, Fantastic Four were pretty much my three go-tos. Those are the ones that I read religiously. Like what's the deal with like you can't really see it that well. Here, it, Peter it Parker's just, face right there. Yeah, I don't like it. The blood, it just too, too cartoony. I like when it gets real. Like the the Absolute Carnage books, I loved those books because or the like, art was really good in them. Who drew those? Like Peter's face right there. Who yeah. drew the main line for Absolute oh, man, Carnage? That's bad. That's bad. Do you guys know? Who drew Carnage? I don't know. No, the, the main line for App. You remember? I want to say it was like two years ago it came out, the Absolute Carnage line. The where, one that was running through the the null stuff, yeah, that where he was killing all the iterations that, that ever had the symbiote. Oh, when he was yeah, when he was trying to collect the um, the codex, yeah. Uh, Ryan Stegman, I loved those books, man. The art Stegman. in them was awesome. Art, in yeah, them was Stegman's awesome. an awesome writer, dude. And, and he had he started off on the relaunch of Spider Man a few years ago, and then they. They took him off of it for some reason, and now it's right. Ramita Jr. again. And like Zeb Wells, my issue with the Spider, like Zeb Wells was telling a really good story with the Spider Man Beyond stuff with Ben Riley and all that. And now with the the relaunch and reissuing and being back with Ramita Jr., it just feels like the book is lost. Like we're five issues into this run, and I couldn't tell you what a significance is happening. You know, like I like who that drew day. who drew the Dark Ages books. Oh, dude, those books are so good. I like oh, those too. More Dark Ages. I like those too. There's certain ones that I walk into a comic store. I'm like, that looks fucking awesome, and I'll buy See, it. For all for all the crappy comics we complain about, there's plenty of really good ones out there too. I yeah, and and I totally agree with you. And that's not the point I was trying to make. It's like it should be quality over quantity, 
right? You know, and Moon Knight is a good example because they came out with one Moon Knight comic. Granted, there's a second one, Moon Knight, Black, White, and Blood, but that's like a little mini series. But they came out with one. It's good. It sells big. People are jumping on board. They don't have to worry about side titles. So there is something to be said, like you said, for just focusing on one good comic. Quality. You know? Quality Spider-Man. Spider-Man is so big that they probably maxed out when it was Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, and Web of Spider-Man. You had those three classics at once. Yeah, and that was a... probably full load. Don't do any more. Just stick to that. It's yeah, and then, uh, and then even then, even then, you're gonna get some people in that are just interested. Like maybe somebody just walked out of No Way Home and you're just like, you know what? That inspired me so much. I want to go read the books, right? And then you walk into a comic store and you see amazing, spectacular, fantastic, or whatever. And then you're like, oh, which one do I get? Right? Um, the pen, the artist on Dark Ages is Aban Khalil. Khalil. That, that art was really good too. Yeah, but that's Tom Taylor, man. Tom Taylor is a good writer. But, but even like the 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 art and and Batman uh twenty five is or one twenty five is dope. Like it's got really good art. But it was the Detective story good? Comics. It's had some good art. Yeah, the, good the story's good too. I've never been much of a just DC in general reader. I was only really introduced to Marvel when I was a kid because when I was a kid, the big things were X Men the animated series, Spider Man the animated series. Like, yeah, they had Batman, but like the market was flooded with Marvel stuff, I feel like, back then. I don't know. And that's just what I went to. Well, I mean, we had the 90s was the Batman movies and the Batman, the animated series. That was huge. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this Robin is Tim Drake. I thought it was. But if, yeah, if you're like, for instance, DC, you want to get into DC, but you're not quite sure. Stick to the staples. Batman, Detective Comics, Action Comics. Dude, if I was. Comics that have been in print for 80 years. Yeah. Jump on those. See if you like those. And then if you, you know, you can always expand beyond that. But I, that's what I recommend to people. Just go to the classics because they're classics for a reason. They're still around for a reason. Amazing. If I was you, dude, I'd have like a 10, a 10 commandments to starting to read comic books or something like that. It's the tough 10- because everybody has, you know, we, I have people come in and be like, oh, they want recommendations, but all they want is horror. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of. No, niche. but you just do like generalizations. Like superheroes. You look at generalizations. You, you're starting into comics. First thing you do, stick to titles that have been around for 80 years. The second yeah. thing you do, look for characters that you like. The third thing you do is is look for genres that you like. You know what I mean? Like have a Ten Commandments, like kind of like a roadmap for somebody that's just you, – you put it right there next to your – like when you walk in. Are you new to but comics? I feel like that's kind of common sense stuff though. Well, the, I don't know. It anybody, you go, you go to a market, and you have to make decisions, right? You have your own set of criteria. And I feel like for adults and... it is, but the thing is, is you're wanting to get kids, and I don't feel. I feel like kids are easily over. No, you're not, because kids don't have money. Kids, last thing kids are going to do is listen to this fucking weird old dude telling them. Oh, <laughs> That's why you put it on a sign. Four. You don't say <laughs> the Ten Commandments according to the fat guy up uh, at the front desk. <laughs> No, we have a kitty section. I know we put out. I just point, go there, and you'll like some stuff. But, but no, but like the thing is that they're not marketing to kids because kids don't have money. Kids aren't spending that's money. That's not true. Adults kids are. have more money than any. They have their parents' money. Well, that's the kids, what, what, what age? What age group we're we talking about? Because most Marvel comics are definitely like twelve and thirteen and up. 
I would say twelve. I would say ten to thirteen. Some of the most some of the most popular comics out right now aren't even superhero comics. They're they're horror comics. Something's killing the children. You know, um, Last yeah. House on the Lake. I just think um, I walk in. I walk into Spawn, those stores yeah. and I don't even look really at the books because I just I just feel so overwhelmed. Like it's there's just so much, and like I'll go to the art or I'll go to the 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 toys or something like that and then i'll wait till we get on this show and matt tells me here's what you should be reading and then i'll go download it <laughs> and if i like it and if i like it i'll call ish and say hey do you have this book can you <laughs> i'm just very like i read all those last ronin books loved it so much I'm, i want to read them again but i want to read it in its true form dude that hardcover is nice it's it it's, is yeah, very it's nice nice to hold in your hand it i want it nice it's just one of the best cool. books i've read in a long time like the story was just so original and it kind of broke everything you thought about the ninja turtles like i loved it so much and matt i appreciate you putting me on to that i was gonna read i was gonna i buy couldn't it. put it I down have, i have all the individual issues but i was gonna buy it and then i saw the price tag i was like "Ooh, 30 bucks uh, i think i'm good well see i don't have the originals i just yeah, have it on my no, ipad yeah and now i liked it so much that i want to support the people that you know wrote it i want to support the the issue store you know what i mean i don't want to be stealing everything <laughs> yeah ish i could just go down the street and buy it from <laughs> you know barnes or something like that but no i want to get it from you uh, hey i appreciate that right yeah sticks. absolutely it did the hardcover first it wouldn't have been delayed oh but yeah, I there waited till the last issue was out because Matt kept saying it was delayed, it was delayed, and I knew I was just going to get pissed if I read all three and then had to wait for the fourth. But I couldn't put it down. I read it in one sitting. All four of them. I loved it so much. And, and I want more. We're coming close to uh, IDW printing the, the last Transformer comics for who knows mm -hmm. how long. Oh, really? Yeah. So I've been telling people the new ones that came out so, – um, there was, so they kind of did like they took the last Ronin concept and applied it to Transformers. Okay. And they did the last Transformers. Then there's the final war of Cybertron. And it really feels like they're closing everything up. So I've been telling people, grab those comics as far as speculation. You might aren't, be they losing the, aren't they losing the... Yeah, they're losing their license. And these are pretty yeah. small print runs. So you're... The you're Ninja Turtles are the losing? Last... No, no, no. No, no. Losing Transformers. The... Transformers like Hasbro. That's They're Hasbro, Transformers right? Transformers and G.I. Joe, yeah. yeah. But that's those are the big titles for IDW. Along with Ninja Turtles. Where do you think Hasbro Hasbro's gonna go somewhere else? I have no idea. Probably Marvel. You think so? Yeah. Marvel? Probably. You don't think Discovery wants to buy that big new shiny? Thing? They're not I don't think they're in the they're not really looking at comics right now, man. They're they're trying to make it profitable. They're saying they're not trying to add more debt to it. Could you imagine a world if Discovery says we just want out of the comic game and there's no more DC comics? Well, I yeah. Well, wouldn't it be even crazier if Marvel bought them and now you have Batmanism <laughs> under the Marvel? Yeah, but they're not going to sell the film rights. I mean. You would no, just have it in they'll, pages. They'll sell the the distribution rights. The well, we've had yeah, we've had now, someone will before. buy. Someone will sit there and be like, "Dude, I'm buying Batman and Superman." Elon Musk. Well, he just backed out of yeah, Twitter. He needs someone, else to a buy. company. Elon Musk. Someone. Yeah, but like, they're not. They're not profitable, and they're not putting out good material, so they're not 
they're not enticing to somebody. Oh, who's going right to be now. like, I can do Batman. Everyone's going to have the ego to be like, I'll do it right. Well, I don't and know. And I'll be the cause... person who, who does the cool Batman. That's I think that sounds very enticing. I don't think I don't think Batman and Superman is like. I think McFarland like has a big enough head. To luggage. Think he could be oh, that's baggage. I don't want to buy that. You think you think McFarlane like image buys it all or something like one no. of these smaller books? I feel like McFarlane has a big you enough ego to think that he could fix it. all of it. You don't think yeah, so? Probably. I can imagine I mean, McFarlane saying, I'll do Batman. I could, I could. Image doesn't have the money after the Walking Dead success and all that stuff. No. And all these create, other all these other things that have been. Image is creator owned, dude. Yeah, but Robert Kirkman Image makes some fact. money off of Robert that. Robert Kirkman probably has the money to buy. The, it would probably have the money to do all that, but Image is creator owned, dude. They just, yeah, and like Six says, Spawn is McFarlane's Batman. So, you know, them being Image as a company, they just probably make enough money to sell to print books and stuff because most of their royalties are creator owned, so it all goes to the creators. Image takes a very small cut. There were Image Comics is worth three point one one five billion. Yeah, but look up how much is Marvel worth? How much is DC worth? Yeah, because the film rights are attached. Well, you see, Image, the image is worth three billion. Three point one five billion. That's actually pretty huge. For image. That's a big ass company. Yeah, but is that wow. including television rights? Is that is that including all the subdivisions this is the, like this Sky is the net. so is this image publications or is this, this is what? the yeah. net worth of image comics so this would not be this would not be stuff that they don't this is their this is their um value if they were to sell if image comics was to go on the market right now they could sell for 3.15 billion dollars well idw is worth 43.9 million Um, that's just what this site's saying, so it could be completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we also got to remember it's on the internet, <laughs> so apparently they make a lot on social media. They make a lot. They have to have some. Like I understand it's creator owned, but they have to have. Otherwise, it's not a good business model. Like if you're only making money off of. The distribution rights selling comics that's not lucrative they have to maintain like robert kirkman he se he sells walking dead on image comics image comics has to take yeah, a portion is, of each one the of those CEO book sales of, this is not just of image this is just not their comic publication dude. this is taking into effect their youtube numbers their social media stuff but that's the company we were talking about all if their... they would be able to buy dc comics all their individual, like Skybound attached to them, them, all their stuff. Yeah, it's. But but what we were talking about is if they would have the capital to buy something like DC Comics. Doesn't sound like it if their assets include shit like, yeah, internet channels and stuff like that. But they make money off of those. That's this is the val. This is the valuation of them right now. So this is how much revenue they're pulling in. Maybe I've watched Sticks a lot Boy of Shark can buy a DC. He's worth sixty nine billion dollars. For his plan. Sticks, if you're worth six point nine billion dollars, so why are you not why are you not funding our show? <laughs> <laughs> so you're on here every man, week. Throw us some what cheddar. What happened man. to short testicles, Matt? <laughs> what happened to what? 
our shorn testicles. Uh, what? Manscape. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we lost that. Oh, yeah. we did. Okay. Yeah, I didn't get the memo. I guess. Um. So, uh, so Stick says if they wanted to, they would have bought them from AT and T, but AT and T ran the decision to either sell off the company as a whole or sell off the company in pieces. They opted to sell off the company as a whole because they get more evaluation that way. That's how business um, acquiring businesses work. You can sell, like for instance, um, Fox was able to just sell a portion. Like obviously the the uh, Federal Trade Commission played a part in this, right? But Fox was able to sell off just a portion to Disney. They weren't able to sell off the whole thing. AT&T decided they wanted to sell the whole thing to Discovery. Discovery had to either make an offer for the whole thing or no offer at all. Now it's up to Discovery to figure out which which assets they then would want to sell off. Like Disney is the one that sold off the Fox. Um, what do they call that? How much? How much was the um, network? How much was it estimated that Image Comics was worth? Three point one five billion. Yeah. So DC Comics is estimated net worth in twenty twenty two is ten billion dollars. Yeah, but Jeez, you can um, also get into no... you can also get into investor. And are you looking at DC Comics with the film division? No, just DC Comics. Because we're just talking about the option to public yeah. publication and so Disco- Discovery would still maintain the IP. The IP belongs to them. You're only paying for the the essentially to run it right but but discovery would still be the the parent holder because they want to own all the ip for the for the movies and all those other things so yeah the valuation of dc comics maybe what'd you say 40 billion dc comics is worth net worth is 10 billion dollars and that's not including the the film side i understand that but the ip is still there right so you're the 10 billion is buying the IP. Discovery's not going to sell the IP. Discovery would just sell the op, the the opportunity to to run the publication and to run the the writing. They the have stories. to sell the IP though. So cuz they're they're maybe not selling the movie rights, but they're selling the, but the that intellectual is the IP. property. No, they're selling the intellectual property into intellectual property of the the Batman, Superman, all that they're selling. They're Discovery selling the company. Of, they're selling that. They're just keeping the movie rights. No, just like no. Marvel holds the intellectual property for Spider Man, but the movie rights are owned by Sony. Yeah, so Discovery would then have to Discovery would then have to repurchase it. If you're selling the IP, then the new contract would have to be drawn up to buy the buy the movie rights from Image, and Discovery will not sell the IP. So I don't think that Discovery is most- would be able to open their own publication and make their own batman but comics. that's that, not we're we're speculating right. now we we we're trying to speculate if they would even want to get into that space right so like with with um with disney disney owns the ip uh sony owns the movie rights but sony had to purchase the movie rights from marvel right a big lump a big check was written to marvel to get I think those marvel movie owns the ip disney just owns marvel yeah but the but the parent company is disney yeah, but Marvel so Disney, owns Disney and owns it all. is still in charge uh, of, of Marvel. No, but he has to answer to it's not Bob Iger. What's his name? What's the He's guy's name that runs Disney? Marvel Entertainment. Is it not Bob Iger anymore? Marvel it's Entertainment. Not, no, he retired last year. Makes forty-one point nine four million dollars a year. 
Um, so much. But does that does that make sense? <clears throat> like Discovery could say, we're just going to sell you this portion of the business. We still own the characters, but we will like so essentially image would be buying movie rights from discovery but not movie rights comic rights they would be buying the rights they would be these. buying so the be, ip be again like i said they'd be buying the ip the intellectual property which is the comic because that's where it all started without the comic that intellectual property you wouldn't have the film no rights. but the intellectual property when you buy intellectual property it means you own the character right so the, they would only own the right the character to put out is comics. from a comic book Right, they're it only going to own the movie the movie rights, just like Marvel owns the Spider-Man intellectual property. Only the, Sony owns the movie rights, so but, it'd be but, the same thing. They're going to sell off the comic division and keep the the movie rights. So they're going to continue. That's to how you have Batman Sony, movies. Fox, and Disney all making Marvel yeah. movies. No, they're going to continue to. Discovery the, would still own the IP though. Sony doesn't own the IP. So the parent company would be Discovery. They would own the IP, then sell I'm using movie rights because really what I'm saying is comic rights, but just to put it in a in a in a concept that's easy to understand, the Image would only be buying the movie rights. They would be Sony in this predict in this situation. Image would. They're not buying IP. They're buying rights to use somebody studio. else. Yeah, no, you're that? using movie. I'm I'm using movie. I'm using movie as a parallel for comic. The question what was: saying, What if but... Image bought DC and started publishing the DC comics? No, but but what that I'm saying is that question. what I'm saying is they cannot. The Discovery would not sell the IP. The intellectual property would still be owned by Discovery. Image would only purchase the rights, like Sony did for movies. Image would purchase the rights to distribute. That and would be stupid. Comics. They're gonna lose money if you if you're only because the IP is where the money is because it's it's toys, it's all other kinds of it's toys, it's clothes. Well, right now, it's right now, Sony, Sony cereals, does not. It's all of that. Disney makes for if when Sony comes out with the movie, right? They only own the movie. All the merchandise right. is going through Disney for that because movie. it's in a, Disney owns the yeah, so Discovery. So where's Has, so Hasbro Sony makes the Marvel stuff? What Hasbro makes the Marvel stuff? Well, Hasbro only makes Not their their vinyl their vinyl articulate uh, figures. The action right? figures, yeah, like Legends and stuff. Funko, yeah. a different company, makes their pops. So like Correct. all those so little not, different so toys. Disney toys. No, but Disney sold the rights. Sony didn't sell the rights to Hasbro. Yes. Disney course. sold the rights to Hasbro. So Disney takes a much bigger portion of all the merchandise sales. Now, when this new contract was made up to to continue Disney to continue producing Spider-Man films, some of that was relinquished a little bit. But for the longest time, Disney was making those products in in, you know, by using Hasbro and stuff, but, but Sony wasn't. Sony wasn't able to say we want Hasbro to make our toys. Disney's the one that said we want. But Hasbro if somehow to make our toys. Image bought DC Comics, yeah, they they'd would only be buying movies, the rights. They'd be publishing DC you, Comics. Well, the, the problem is, is DC is not a publisher. That's your publishers are like you know, Ish Penguin, Random House. No, those are the distributors. no, but they'd be the no, sorry, they would yes, be the, the distributors. So they would be getting the rights to create stories. You're not going to publish. Image isn't going to buy just DC to publish the books. It's. I'm just no using. Well, I'm that, just was using that was our hypothetical. That was our hypothetical. I'm just using with. image as. I'm just using image as as a. Before we realize, image does not have enough money to buy DC. I'm using right. image. 
but they but they do if if discovery puts an evaluation of like if we get to keep batman like we get the choice to say how batman's used in the movie we get the choice to say they wouldn't care about that oh they they publish comic books yes but there would be an expiring thing on it too so it's not an indefinite contract it would be image could purchase the rights to make these comic book characters for the next 10 years like sony does right sony if sony ever sells like say sony sells their film division to apple Disney then gets the rights to Spider-Man. But we were holding. talking about Image buying DC Comics, not I know owning, not renting the license or purchasing. Yeah, they're not buying the buying license. Buying DC Comics, they, then they can right. do whatever Discovery they wouldn't want sell with it. Batman right. and Superman in comic book form. They could do whatever they wanted. But that's not how it works. The intellectual Batman property. Comic. Two two corporations can't own the same intellectual here's, property. Here's the here's the the. That's not how intellectual property works. Here's how it breaks down. They don't give a fuck about DC Comics. They care about the characters. They care about putting Batman on T-shirts, Superman on T-shirts, Wonder Woman on T-shirts, lunch boxes. But that would still be under movies. Discovery. They don't make. Sh they they could give a fuck less about their comics. They are making their movies off of merchandising and movies. You're talking about Discovery. I'm talking about DC. Period. Because Discovery owns them. Yes. Warner Brothers owns DC. No two companies discovery. No two companies can own the same intellectual property. That's why. That's why you oh, you purchase rights. Washed their hands and walked away. Because you purchase rights, you don't own the intellectual intellectual property and rights are two different things. Intellectual property is where the copyright holds. Rights mean that you are you are essentially purchasing the opportunity to use someone else's intellectual property in a medium. But you can have copyrights of a published character and copyrights of a cinematic appearing. So character. that's and those are different copyrights. That goes right Conan back the to Barbarian what I was saying. Is a very good example of that. So is Superman. Look at Schuster and Siegel. They got screwed over because they sold the rights to DC Comics yeah. for Superman. So and look at look at what happened with America Chavez. The comic okay. book rights, exactly. So Disney owns a hundred percent of America Chavez. Disney owns a hundred percent of Doctor Strange. Nobody else does. They don't have to pay the people that create the the estates that created these characters. They offered the guy that created American Chavez ten thousand dollars, and he told him to choke on it. They didn't have to, right? That's just how it was. That's how those characters were created back in the day. The the writers and the artists, like that's been a big issue, right? The writers and the artists don't own any of those things unless they were smart enough, like Todd McFarlane, to create Spawn and he owns it wholly, right? And I'm I'm here to tell you that they have come out and said they are only interested in film rights. So if they're gonna sell DC comics, they're not selling the publishing rights, just the publishing rights. They are selling the intellectual property in Warner discovery is only it, keeping the movie rights it wouldn't be because no Warner you can't no no yes then discovery would have to create a contract with whoever owns the ip exactly to continue. yes but they're not going to sell off the ip that would be part of the sale discovery's main thing they, they have purchase. to because if they're selling dc comics dc comics owns the right they could split off the rights just they're, the same way okay sony make spider-man movies but it's not under the marvel umbrella but marvel what? owns spider-man sony, yeah. sony and cannot image do would be anything this... else with spider-man nothing yeah right. sony book. and image are they the same company they're allowed video games and certain movies that's it yeah they're sony allowed. and image would be the same company 
Sony does not own Spider-Man. They own the rights to Spider-Man. They don't own the intellectual property. We talked about Image buying DC. Sony didn't buy I know, but we transitioned about halfway through, and you guys are stuck on this little thing. What I'm saying is that Discovery Discovery bought AT&T for however many billion dollars. The biggest asset in that purchase was the DC characters. They are not going to sell off the IP. Warner Brothers, not AT&T. Yes, but the biggest, if you look at what, what Warner Brothers owns, the biggest source of revenue Thank you. are right those there, B6. Who's going to buy a comic book company that doesn't own the rights to their characters? IDW. Mm. They make Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They don't own Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Why? Who else can make Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics? Only no. IDW, but they are about, but they could lose it if, if the contract expires. They're losing Transformers. Their contract or boom. is due. Transformers boom. is Hasbro. Who owns Ninja Turtles? Uh, Nickelodeon. Uh, Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Actually, you're right. Probably Nickelodeon. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon would be Discovery. Well, I think it's technically IDW Paramount. Would be Image. Because the Paramount same owns Nickelodeon. The, yeah, Paramount. Paramount would be Discovery. Uh, IDW would be Image. Image bought the rights from Paramount to come out with comic books, but all the movies and stuff, the, the IP sits at Paramount. That's how these things work. You don't have to sell the IP to sell the rights. Sony does not own a single portion of Spider-Man's IP. Disney does. That's why they're able to do it in the theme parks. That's why they make the merchandise. They own the IP. But and if and if Sony sells to someone else, a hundred percent of the rights go back to Disney. If Sony sells to Apple or Sony sells to Amazon, okay, here, okay, here's one, Nickelodeon here's one sells the publisher difference. rights to IDW as a contract for X amount of years. Right. That's Marvel, exactly what Marvel I'm makes comics and makes movies under the Marvel Studios banner. Yes, because DC, they were smart enough. DC does not make movies. Warner Brother makes the movies. Right. But it's under the DC. So there's a little umbrella. bit difference than the whole Disney but Marvel if you look, Sony dynamic is slightly no, different than the Marvel Marvel dynamic. Marvel Entertainment and Marvel Studios are two separate companies. Yes, their film and comics division are separate. Same with DC. But the but still IP under a is own. But the IP, no, they're two different companies. They're two different companies that are owned by Disney. They're two different Correct. divisions. Okay, yes. Yes. So what? So if Disney wanted to, they could sell the rights to a different publishing company to create comics for Marvel, but they would still own the intellectual property. Rights are different than intellectual property. And what you can I'm sell somebody, you... you can allow somebody to use something but you still own that piece. That's why. I feel why. like we're arguing the same thing at this point. Yeah, it's, that's you're why going in Sony circles. sells their yeah, film Yeah, division. we're not disagreeing with this, Lance. But but you are because DC, but Image does not have to, wouldn't buy the intellectual property because Discovery would not sell it. But they could sell the rights. And they could put 10 years or something like that. Well, and then no, after that's 10 why years, the rights would revert back to Discovery. Well, no, that's why there's clauses in there, too, that say they have to make a movie every X amount of years. Otherwise, the rest That's just those contracts. But, but is IDW making movies about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? <laughs> Leftover Zaggy says Lance doesn't want to listen. <laughs> Dude, so essentially... I feel like I've proven you guys wrong, like, at least six or seven occasions. You really haven't, <laughs> though. You really no, haven't, because, though. Because, because, we, because what, the argument that I'm arguing for Image is exactly what IDW here's, is here's where where your Here's where your argument's null and void, right? nobody's going to do that nobody's going to buy dc comics just to publish it without the likeness right without the rights the likeness rights without the the intellectual property they bought ninja turtles no no no. i'm telling you dc comics 
is not there. No one's going to buy DC Comics without I firmly the intellectual disagree. property. Why? Firmly. Because you're okay, not going to get any of the like. What is more? Let, what is more valuable? Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers, or DC Comics? I'm here to tell you that who is more valuable? You don't Ninja Turtles or Batman? Rights. Who's more power? Who's more? Who's more? Who's bigger? Ninja you're not Turtles listening. See, you're not listening. You're not. You're not making the point. The point is, no company is going to buy the rights. I'm just trying to prove to, that point wrong. But you're not, because no company in their right mind is going to buy DC Comics just to publish DC Comics. If not you publish. Write the characters for the comic books, that, which but is that doesn't mean what, anything because where the money money is not made in the comics, dude. The IDW money is, is doing made, it, but the money is Boom not made it. in the comics. That's why that's why your argument is is null and void because you're arguing that IDW does it. IDW is only worth millions, where DC is worth billions, and it's because they make because their money that the IP sits there but they wouldn't sell they would sell off a portion of that but what i'm saying is nobody in their right mind is going to buy a comics company they're not going to buy dc comics if they don't get those rights because they're going to lose money dc loses money on comics where they make it up is merchandising video games cereal boxes warner brothers all that is making the money there no, it, they're not. Warner Brothers. Yes, they're the parent. Warner company. Brothers well, is a movie studio. Warner yes. Brothers no. is a movie studio. Okay, let's put it. Let okay, let back up. AT and T. When AT and T owned them, now Discovery DC Comics, who they own DC under film the division, Brothers. and they own DC comic division. But the characters were owned by AT and T. No, they're not. They're owned yes, by they DC were. Comics, and DC Comics is owned by AT and T. DC Comics, the company, DC Bro, holds there is always a the royalty company. rights. Nickelodeon, right? Paramount. Bro, this owns was before Nickelodeon. So Paramount. Half these rights were bought before DC was bought by anybody. When DC was standalone, they got the rights to Batman. They got the rights to Superman. They got the rights to most of their characters. And they, it would by be fucking everybody over. That's like saying incredible. the commissioner of the NFL owns a quarterback on a no, team. No, no, no. He's employed. He's employed. He doesn't own anything. The owners own it. Okay, or whatever. The, the commissioner is employed by the owners, and the owners league. can fire the commissioner. That's like suggesting a no, league. No, what I'm saying, it no, would the be. The league is formed of teams that have owners that own their own players within them. But they all reside in a giant umbrella. But it doesn't mean they even have control over certain owners. But NFL, but no, that's different. It's because, a very because the NFL, the NFL is a, is a tax-exempt company. It works differently. Yeah, it's a non-profit. Yes. What I'm saying is that for a comic book company, a company that solely functions in the comic book space to purchase the rights, not the not to buy the the character, but to purchase the right to create stories and distribute those stories in comic form for a company that only deals in comic books is incredibly lucrative. And yes, DC may be worth $10 billion, but that small portion would not sell for $10 billion. It would sell for however much the revenue would be would be created by selling comic books, whatever the evaluation is. But I'm the evaluation of $10 billion is the IP, but Discovery does not have to sell. That's how this works. That's how it's this works. Same. That's how contract Dude, wall works. But you keep using IDW. All right. That's fine. IDW can publish IDW, Ninja Turtles, Boom comics. That's fine. Whatever. But then just the Ninja Turtles property, the Ninja Turtles license 
is makes way more in merchandising than their comics do. That's that's yes. what I'm saying. Is that that's, nobody... that's what I'm saying for so so if they if they sold so if you looked up the evaluation of the See, Ninja look, Turtles Stick right Boys now, just says it right here. Lance DC owns their characters. When that company got bought, they were a division of their own company. AT and T then sold DC. All those rights and ownerships yes. went to their new owner. So Discovery now owns it wholly. Yes, and uh, what I'm trying right. to get so uh, Discovery you, can say, "Hey, Image, we're going to give you the rights to to create comics." But Image isn't going to do that because they're not going to make money off. What of I'm it. saying is, anybody could do that. And if you are a company that is solely is solely involved in selling comic books, that's that all, is lucrative. That's 100 against what Image Comics was started for. Image Comics was started because we're, uh, we're using we're using Image as a placeholder. I'm saying any company that, I'm that, that would be in that comic space. But they're if they can't mer if they can't sell merchandise does idw comics, sell teenage mutant ninja turtle toys no they don't what what are we arguing here my not, point is sure. <laughs> what are we arguing here because that, it's very spirited, there's two though. companies that exist very there's two spirited. companies that exist right now doing exactly no, 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 what i'm arguing what i'm trying for. to get through to you is that dc comics division is losing money they're not gonna nobody's gonna buy just the right to publish stories with Batman. It's not to have their own writers to to yes, they would. No, if they if nobody they, would do that, dude. I'm telling you. Elon Musk was started. Listen, was Elon Musk these buy. artists and when, creators were sick and tired of being fucked over by Marvel, sick and tired of not getting paid for their characters. But you're I'm using image as a placeholder. Have, IDW I, I know, boom, but I'm explaining just to you into whatever one you want. I'm explaining to you the whole reason image started is it going against everything you're trying to bring up. But because you're using image to too firmly. I'm not. No, no, I'm not. But I'm using them to explain what I'm trying to tell you. They started image so they would own the rights to their own creations. That would be like, you know, someone that would be like Todd McFarlane being like, hey, I I'm going to go ahead and sell you. I know all this. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and sell you the rights to print spawn comics, but you can't make toys. You can't make movies. Sony you can't did put, it with their can't movies. spawn on anything else. All you could do is publish their comic books. That's you exactly want, what IDW and Boom do. So, so remove Image. So you made the argument. Image is the, is not that company. You made that argument. So what if IDW does it? IDW also, doesn't make toys for Ninja Turtles. Boom does not make toys for Power Rangers. Hasbro does. Boom does not make T-shirts. Hasbro does. Boom only owns the rights to produce Power Rangers comics. That's it. And they make it. Power Rangers is owned by Saban. No, it's not. It was no, bought by Hasbro Saban, last year. Saban sold it to, to Hasbro. Oh, yeah. Hasbro? Power oh, Rangers really? has okay, changed more that. hands. Power Rangers Damn. has changed more hands than any other Saban franchise. Saban sold out. What the fuck? Okay, so get this. Saban that dude had an bought, empire, a serious yeah. empire going. For. Saban bought the rights from a, or he utilized some footage from a Japanese company that was making this show in Japan, right? Yeah. Then he sold the rights to of Power Rangers to Disney. Disney said this isn't working. Sold it back to Saban. Saban then sold the rights to Nickelodeon, I think. Nickelodeon said this isn't working. Sold it back to Saban. Then Saban sold to Hasbro, and now Hasbro currently holds the rights. And that's why Bandai <coughs> is not making the the toys for Power Rangers anymore, which is a travesty because Bandai's been making those toys for decades, but now Hasbro is. Saban always buys back. But Saban has owned Power Rangers on three different occasions. But all I'm saying is that the argument that I was trying to use for Image, and you're right, Image 
develop their company in a way to where the creators own their content. But that does not stop somebody like IDW who does see the value in producing comic, just comics, no merchandise, no t-shirts, nothing for Ninja Turtles or boom for Power Rangers or uh, all these other companies. You know, I saw a comic or Transformers, right? Uh, Who's losing Transformers right now? Ish. IDW. Yeah. But Paramount makes all the toys and all the t-shirts and stuff. Paramount owns the IP sold the rights to IDW. First, for a limited amount of time, any company that currently is in that comic space and only that comic space, it is lucrative to start developing comics for Batman, Superman, and all these characters. The most Batman, Superman, and Spider Man are the three most well known superheroes in the world. As lucrative for a company that only deals in comic books, to yeah, write but comic, comic books. books are not lucrative right now. Right, because exactly. Because DC has spoiled it. But if a company thinks that they can come in and do better, well, that was would. our original premise. Was what if Discovery Warner Brothers was like, "We're tired. We love DC movies. We're tired of the comic books." That was but they our would original still hold premise. The what That's if the only could someone step in and buy just the comic books? And my argument was, nobody's going to step in and buy just the comics without owning the IP. Warner Brothers. But there's several companies own, that operate that exact Warner, way. Warner Brothers would still own the film rights, but the IP. And the distribution rights and all the comic yeah. stuff is going to go to whoever's buying them. Sticks. I'm not saying that suggest. I'm not saying that DC would do that. I was saying, what if they were to do that? I don't think they would. I, I honestly think, think if Discovery did anything, Discovery would just stop making comic books. Honestly, they would just stick to movies and television shows because Discovery's not in the comic. If they don't feel like that is a lucrative part of the business. They'll just stop doing it. But if they were wise, if it was me running the company, I would say, hey, IDW, for $10 million, or obviously be much more than $10 million. I'm just using an arbitrary number. But for $10 million, you can hire your own writers. You can make your own stories. We'll sell the merch. We'll make the movies. But you guys can have this small little nugget, right? It's essentially the same thing as as Funko. Small nugget? Well, well, comics, when you look at when you look at movies, when you look at the movies and then comics, comics for 80 years and suddenly IDW I agree. can do a better job than DC. That's well, crazy to even fathom. They're 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 not even the top 50 but right now. It's you're not just the, yeah, that's true. It's that, not that's the company the, that makes the comics. Right? It's the writers. It's it's the talent. Yeah, they would hire if their own writers. That they talent. would get complete autonomy to do well, that. A but publishing house writers... controls their talent, controls their yeah. content, you know, well. Well, DC, it's wait, not like Penguin, they're fucking spring isn't chickens. Isn't it Penguin or Diamond or something? Years. Isn't it Those Penguin or Diamond that public? They're they're distributors. distributors. Okay. Yes. The publishers are the people that are creating it. Publishers would be DC. Marvel. So if, DC, if Discovery Marvel, looks at their if, if think about it as a video game studio, right? Right? So um Square Enix made the made the Avengers game, right? Was it Square Enix? Disney okay. has Disney has their own in-house video game developers right lucasfilm they own it they own several video game studios but instead they went to square enix square enix was able to make a game off avengers but square enix does not make any merchandise they don't well, make any tv shows license. now you're they getting into not. licensing i'm talking about license. that's what i've been talking okay. about the rights licensing those are interchangeable words you're talking about but no you're talking about we were talking about intellectual property no that's i was trying to separate intellectual I was talking about rights and trying to separate the fact of intellectual property. Discovery could still hold that, much like yeah. DC but Batman still to holds, DC is not uh, a license. Right. Batman is DC. 
No, right. but Discovery could sell. DC doesn't need permission to make a Batman here, comic. And and that's what I was trying to say is DC isn't making money off of Batman comics. It's making money off of Batman lunchboxes, Batman. Yeah. You know, so toys, Discovery would Batman. still own all that. They would just sell right. the but, rights to create comics to some other company that only that creates comics. If you don't have the intellectual property, the rights to do that, no one's going to buy that. No one's no, going to buy the rights true. just to so is saying from, a, from a business standpoint, it makes no sense. Exactly. I think right? it makes so absolute logical sense. Standpoint. Hasbro, it, no, yeah, if if you are a company that only makes comic books, that's that's what you do. You don't do anything else but publish comic books. And you see some shiny thing like Batman that sells. Batman is confirmed. To be a sure sale because even though DC is not in the in the top fifty, yeah, I agree. Still you're how you're, if you're in the business of buying things that are tanking, if you're in the business of buying things that are tanking, I got a car to sell you, buddy. For top, <laughs> there dollar. are plenty. That what do you think? What do you think? Um, uh, what do you think? Um, oh, and I'll shit, retain the, the right fucking to name it? for him. Bain Capital. What do, what is that? What is the name of the, those companies? Like, would you buy a Batman There are comic entire companies. There are entire companies that exist, like Bain Capital, which was run by Mitt Romney. That you, all they you do, do realize that all they, they do already, is buy tanking companies. They already do this. Like DC has released licensing rights to IDW to do Batman Ninja Turtles. They already do this. They're they're, they're not making money there. They're ma- their money is made. I do realize that. That's what that. that's the argument I've been trying to. They IDW does not have the right to make toys. Right, because they're not a toy company, and, and DC sold the rights to Batman to IDW. All this would be is just a much for, more firm contract to say a hundred percent of all Batman comics are going to be written and published by IDW. But, but what I'm saying to you is that the lucre, the the draw of DC Comics is that you're getting those rights. You're you just getting the 420 mark, by the way. Yeah. We're getting the no, it, but that's not the, the right case to if you are Batman company. any way you want on anything you want. Yes, for ten billion dollars. But if a company like IDW wants to come in for three billion dollars just to print the comic books, that is incredibly lucrative. You're telling me that if they purchase the company a ten year contract for three billion dollars to just make comic books, that they don't think that they can make that money back? No, they're not because they're not making. Three billion dollars in comics. So how much? Ma- how much? Ma- I want to know how much DC Comics made in just comic sales last year, in one year. Everything I'm seeing here, as far as comic book sales go, is they're in the low millions. In the low millions. Yeah. So if they own it for ten years, and they're making the lo- what is low millions? Forty million? A hundred million? What is no. it? Low millions. Low millions. Low than that. Hold on, I'm looking at something right here. Or it could be something like Sony did and bought Spider-Man indefinitely. So right? here until they look, sell. Right. Spider-Man has made Marvel 1.3 billion dollars in global retail sales in 2014. Okay. The only one character the Walt Disney Company bought Mar- uh, bought Marvel in 2019 or 2009 for four billion. Today reported so- in 2018, judging from Spider-Man's 2014 sales. Numbers alone, four billion was a bargain. Yeah. So, f- licensing revenue like Marvel, DC makes a hefty sum for retail sales. Batman is the most licensed DC character and made the company four hundred ninety-four that- million 
in retail sales in 2013. Look, right That's there. That's where the $10 billion Spider-Man comes in, but you're not buying that. $1.3 billion. It, here's my point. Spider-Man is $1.3 billion. Batman is $494 million. No, read that statement again. You said that was it 2013, said, though, right? Yeah, read the statement that you just read. No, that, that does not talk about comic sales. That talks about merchandising. Right, I understand. Like leasing. That's you're talking That's about super Spider-Man. low for Batman. Second, That's movie sales. Low. DC Comics makes an average of $224 million per film release. And let's see, what is Marvel's? It doesn't say Marvel's. Wait, DC's? You said DC's movie average is two hundred twenty million. So diamond. Yes. So that's a, see, that's diamond. a loss because the movies cost around two fifty to three hundred. Right, exactly. But you're talking about just DC Comics, not DC's film division. Right. So he just said I DC movies. That. DC's movies. How much did it say it made? DC's movies two twenty four two hundred twenty four million per film release. What ca- was this? Two thousand thirteen? No. That is current estimated value. No, that's impossible because the new Batman movie was a budget of like $200 million and maybe like $800 million or something ridiculous. That's worldwide. Matt is talking yeah, about so, Well, that's what I'm saying. All that, all that is revenue, right? After you, pay, after you pay publishing and all those other things, like worldwide, it's still revenue. Well, that gets split amongst all the international distributors and stuff. If your domestic is over your budget, that's the true profit. With worldwide, it gets more complicated. So of course, once Diamond, you hit like a billion dollars, you're making money. But <laughs> Diamond still, two twenty five domestic is not not as strong, well, nowhere near as strong as probably Marvel. Well, no, like Venom. Venom, for instance, made it sold or it sold uh eight hundred and fifty million or something ridiculous, right? They worldwide, made an incredible. Yeah. They made incredible gains off that. That's why a sequel was greenlitted. Most so that, movies. So let's don't say they made eight hundred million. You take half, four hundred. If the movie costs three hundred, the problem here up. too that we're not they calculating is it. that no, but you're looking. There's at no, budget. there's no such thing as just a comics division anymore. It's entertainment. So you have Marvel Entertainment and Marvel and Marvel Cinemas. So that's Marvel true. Entertainment. Diamond even did that too. Diamond is not a comics publisher; it's an entertainment. Yeah. Marvel Entertainment has a forecast and net worth of two hundred nine point six million. Are you looking at Comicron right now? Is that no. the website you're looking at? No. Hold on. Comicron is the state the stores buying from Diamond. And the publishers from Diamond. Oh yeah, I want to know full-on sales. All I'm saying is that you're looking at ten billion dollars for DC Comics, and DC Comics right now has the ability to sell toys or you know whatever. They have the ability to make shirts and toys and posters and everything mm, else. I don't but if a company, that's... well, you gotta you gotta consider that Discovery owns the whole damn thing. So yes, no, 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 they no, do. I know. But I'm saying your <laughs> number. I think your numbers are skewed because. You're not. That's not DC Comics. That's DC's entire net worth across their film division and their entertainment division is ten billion dollars. Okay, so all we're talking about is just selling the rights to the comic division, which now, if the entire film division, everything DC Comics related, is ten billion, then you could have, you probably could consider that the comics division is probably worth one billion, right? Considering how much movies make. Right, and DC usually comes out with what three television shows and two movies a year. 
roughly. And not to, not to mention the CW crap that they come out with. So you look at the comic sales as $1 billion, right? And they and IDW wants to come in and buy an indefinite contract or a 10-year contract, whatever it could be, and says, we'll pay you a billion dollars for to, to have the rights to publish our own Batman comics indefinitely. No one else has the right to do this. Just you, us. You didn't Great. say it. You just said 10 years, not indefinitely. Well, I said 10 years or indefinitely. So whatever. you're renting. You're renting. Exactly. But Sony is not renting Spider-Man. Sony is an indefinite contract unless they sell or stop making movies. Which it's that's almost, not it's midnight. We've been at this for four Yeah, we've four been at it for two hours. hours. Basically, anyways, my I get your the, point is, but my point is that no company's gonna buy just the to distribute comics, man. There's gotta be some kickback to it. We don't know IDW's deal. IDW might get rights from other things. That's all and, I'm talking about. It's the rights. That's all I'm talking about. I think we're arguing the same thing here. And we just but to Matt's go point, round around. Here's a sobering thought. It's, you, we'd all agree Iron Man is an extremely popular character, right? He wasn't mm-hmm. before Iron the Man movie, the, though, right? Was, but now with the movie, yeah, in the last 10 yeah, years. Yeah, the movie, mega, the movie mega popular him. character. Iron Man, the comic book, sells 9,000 issues a month. 9,000. Like, you, you, you have to understand numbers? how incredible that's on Comic Cron. So what it's is one of the what lowest is selling? Sense. That's one of the lowest selling comic books out there. It's nine thousand is the lowest. That that's incredibly low. Yeah, that's down there with like the small oh, publishing fuck, companies. Dude. If I had a billion dollars right now, GI Joe comics. I mean, the some of the numbers versus what you see in pop culture versus how that comic book sells, it it it's staggering sometimes. Yeah. That's why it's nice that like at least Batman and Spider-Man are still huge and they do all the numbers. But even someone like Iron Man can Superman, barely sell comics. Superman's big though too, right? Still? I read and I read Superman a report... doesn't crack the top 50 in sales. Wow. I read uh I want to say maybe 4 or 5 years ago that the top 3 most well-known superheroes in history are Superman, Batman, and Spider-Man. They're the top three selling yeah, merchandise. Spider Man was ranked the, the most popular fictional character of all time. Over Batman? Yes. According to Comic Con. Over Robin too. Hood. Over, over Mickey Mouse? The, the number one most popular fictional character ever. Over Mickey Mouse. Correct. That is incredible. That's incredible. Over Mickey Mouse? I feel like everybody knows who fucking Mickey Mouse is. Here's the other thing. That's incredible. According to Comic Con in 2021, graphic novels sold $1.4 billion worth of inventory. Individual issues, $435 million. Well, you got to all those graphic novel sales are all like Barnes and Nobles and Amazon buying the books from Mm -hmm. them. You also got to consider the. how many of those they produce and how many uh, the the price mark on those right because a graphic novel costs three four or five times what a what a single issue costs yeah absolutely it could be from thirty dollars to a hundred dollars and you could be people like me that wait until all the issues are released into a compendium like like that and buy so i'm assuming those fall into graphic novels the trade paperbacks probably fall into that graphic novels total as well right so well that's collected trade paperback yeah this time last year, what do you think the top five comic book sales were? 
It's a number one was last Roman, last Ronan. This time last year? Well, maybe not. It's too soon, maybe. Last Ronan was the number one seller of last year. I'm pretty sure. Mm. Nope. This time last year, July last year, the number one book, X-Men. Followed by Moon Knight. Followed by Extreme Carnage Alpha. Followed by Batman. Followed by Sinister War. Followed by Berserker. Followed by Mother of Madness. Batman Far 90 Point. Skybound X. Wait, Mother Joker. of Madness sold more than the Fortnite? I bet you. Yep. I find that hard to believe. The, I find so that incredibly I, hard to believe. I want to so, touch on Stick's point real quick. Like when he was saying that he bets Discovery wouldn't do that. If Discovery feels like they can start making good movies and make the comic books lucrative again, then they wouldn't sell. So that's so here. So Amazing Spider-Man was 15th on that list. So that's crazy. Mother of Madness sold 103,790 units. I don't believe that. Bat- that's Batman be Fortnite skewed, Zero man. sold nine ninety three thousand. That's insane, dude. Madness. No way. That is some sort of X-Men. You, do you know Mother of Madness? Are you aware of that comic? Yeah, I don't know what the that one is. that's written by um, Emily Clark, Amelia yeah. Clark, and it's about yeah. the woman whose power is menstruation. Mm-hmm. There's no fucking way they sold that. We couldn't sell two issues of that. But that Dude, was issue think one. about where issue we live, bro. That's issue one. But think about where we live in Who Arizona. Would, oh, come on, still that issue probably comic sold. book about menstruation and menstrual powers yes but think about where we live that probably wasn't a big seller for you but i bet you it was a big seller in places like new york california you know these these inc- like i don't want to use a term did that... you say this outsold spider-man yeah so spider-man did no um Seventy-seven no thousand two hundred think, think about where we're at, dude. Like, I it makes sense that you wouldn't. Have These are skewed. This is like this still. is like when Disney like buys out theaters to like prop up their numbers. <laughs> Someone ordered a thousand copies of Mother of Madness. Leftover just... says he bought he bought that mother book. Oh, I did too. <laughs> I have it. I have it also. Um, so we so... have two people that have said they bought it, and and Ish couldn't sell two copies. And, and you probably <laughs> he probably hasn't bought a Spider-Man comic, so maybe maybe. <laughs> No, I do think that it. I I would be really interested to see demographics of buying those, and I bet you, in the coastal cities and kind of those left leaning states, they it probably sold much better than it did in Arizona or Texas or you know yeah, any of I these mean, right leaning. Accurate, yeah. I mean, it's very possible that that the word might have spread that this was some. I don't want to use the word of politically correct, but like politically forward, politically forward type book, you know, that it probably sold really well. We can use the word woke now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to be very respectful because I do. I do believe I'm a little woke, but I don't like that term, but whatever. The trending forecast for this month in 2022 has amazing Spider-Man number three. Star Wars num- Mandalorian number one at number two. And what's the furthest place from here? Trade paperback at number one. Really? Wow. 
two of those two of those top mom, three are Marvel books. Exploit mom had heavy flow apparently. So Batman isn't flow. even Batman isn't even projected to crack the top ten in Dude, sales. Dude, the Fortnite, our fucking phones would not stop ringing for fun. Do you have Fortnite? Do you have Fortnite? People came in all day long. Do you have Fortnite? I could have sold a million comic Fortnite book? comics. Yeah. If we had the foresight to know it would have been a big seller, we could have sold so many. It's unreal that that's not up there in the numbers. Fortnite's stupid, dude. I've never understood it. Well, most so people last buy month, were buying it for the codes inside, not for the actual last month sales. Oh, it was huge, it was huge. So, yeah, last month's sales, as far as like what the comic shops have opened, bought a lot from Diamond, Closet number one. Spawn Scorch number six, Grim number one, the second printing. <laughs> the last Grim, Ronin Grim did very well, yeah. Grim ahead Astronaut of Astronaut down. Yep, last Ronin hardcover. Astronaut down. Spider Man three. Jane Foster Mighty Thor one. Ghost Rider one. Third printing. Wait, well, wait last last Astronaut Ronin down sold more than Spider Man number three. Astronaut. So Astronaut Thor was, or no, Astronaut Thor. Astronaut Down was ordered more than Amazing Spider-Man three. Yes, I find that, that um, so, I can't. The, the I last can't Ronin though, the last Ronin wasn't allowed to go on sale until the seventh, right? That's because Hard Diamond cover. pretty much fucked everybody. Yeah, yeah, but comic book stores. But this is what I'm looking at right I, now. I, is, I never care when they tell us these things. I it's I have it. I'm selling it. Right now, I'm looking at what was the most ordered books by by shops and again batman is not even in the top 10 batman batman for us for our shop batman is like and spider-man are, are so far ahead of most other comics for our ordering yeah batman it's didn't even crazy. crack the top 25 and i feel like our demographic that's why that's why i feel like there isn't even a dc book in the top 25 yeah that's crazy that's crazy and they were high they were high on their game just a couple years ago. I feel like Batman Who Laughs came out a couple years ago, right? Yeah. And that that book sold that like many crazy. Years ago. It's was still it like three or four years ago, wasn't it? Was it three or yeah. four years ago? Something like that. Yeah. Well, then he's reappeared in like, uh, you know, yeah, Dark Knight's had... Death Metal and that stuff. Yeah. I really do think, though, that if Discovery thinks they can start putting out good content like, with the movies... Because AT and T just screwed the pooch on that, um, that they probably think that they could turn around the comic book division too. Because I think, I think, uh, 2018 Batman Who Laughs came out. Uh, I think that that um, it really like you look at Marvel and Marvel probably a big part of it is that their movies do so well. Yeah, Sticks Boy's asking me what what's our average age to regularly buy comics. So I'd say the regulars, people who have the subscriptions and come in regularly. Um, I'd say it's like 22 to 65. And I know that's a pretty big that's margin, a wide gap. But it is. 22 to 65. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm average. saying. Like, like we, why we, we have a lot like of college. We have a lot of college kids come in. We got a lot of older dudes who are just like dedicated diehards still doing it. And See, and that's between. that's my thing. Like, they need to start doing things to get these sixteen-year-olds. Like, you make money off of selling to kids. Like, that's just sure. That's just the fact of the matter. Like, because uh, we sell kids more don't have to kids than comic books. Yeah, because Funko is in, and Funko has done something to to create a market that's that 
that gravitates towards kids. The comics, they're going to die out if they don't figure out a way. There's to... some. Yeah, it, it's, it really varies on the kid. I, if, 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 I can tell if the kid's kind of like the screen-obsessed kid, he's not going to want the comic books. But most but kids are the, screen-obsessed But right then now. there are some kids, and because they, they usually talk to the parents, right? And they always overshare you know and they're like oh well you know we we're really strong on reading books and stuff and yeah so the kid's going to gravitate towards comic books parenting is a is a big part of it is from what i'm saying yeah i've tried I, and I, I and i know I, and, I, and i have parents also tell me they struggle you know i try mm, to i show them the books i buy him the toys he's just not into it all he cares about is pokemon and yeah, but leftover, I would say, yeah, tweens don't read much besides nerds. I agree with that. But and comics, manga. Uh -huh. tweens love manga. Yeah, comics like is one of those things where it's not really viewed as like a book, right? Like a novel book. Like you're not considered a dork really for reading comic books if you were like sitting in the corner of your high school <laughs> reading like a novelization, right? It, it, there's a different stigma that goes along with it. So if they figured out a way to like attract these kids you know yeah i just the business model the business model to me like if i was investing in that business model i wouldn't you know just because the forecast doesn't show me that i mean your your youngest demographic is 22 really no that's regular I, I, that's why i focus on the word regular so I yeah. don't like we don't I don't have like 14 year olds who come in every single week. They'll come in, you know, every couple months, you know, when their parents give them some money and then they come in and buy stuff. Yeah. But uh, there's our exceptions. We have a, a customer. He started when he was 13. He's now 18 years old. He actually comes in every single week. He buys new Good comics. He buys back issues. And yeah, so it's it's there. It's really up to each kid and how you know some kids are just happy they've seen the movie they don't need more other kids see the movies and they're like but i still want more okay i play the video games i still want more comic books yeah i feel like that's where my oldest son is right now he's watched spider-man no way home at least 30 times already like he goes to sleep with it every night like on summer vacation when it hit disney plus or not disney plus when it when it hit uh digital and i bought it on voodoo like every night he's watched, he's watched Doctor Strange at least fifteen times already, and he's not curious for more. Like I think that I just while you wait for it. the next movie, you can read all these comic books. But he's at an age he's love. he's eight, he's or no, he's nine. He he's at an age where he's still struggling, like reading. You know what I mean? Like, but I feel like if I sat down and read with him, that potentially when he does get into the mode where he doesn't need dad to read them with him, you know what I mean? That sure. I need it. I think he, he's that kind of kid that I think would gravitate towards more stuff about those characters. But my other son, pff, no way. My other son gets annoyed that he watched Spider-Man so much. <laughs> really? Yeah. They're yeah. just two different kids. I mean, not you everyone know? in the world loves comic books, you know? Yeah, but it's funny. Like, if you like those characters, why wouldn't you like comic books? Like, it's just, it baffles me. Yeah, why wouldn't you want to go to the source the material? Source, right? Mm -hmm. See, I wonder I if these Comicron numbers are skewed because they're taking a lot of stuff from um, from Diamond, and Diamond doesn't do Marvel stuff anymore, or DC I, stuff I, anymore. I, so. I think comic book industry data is probably amongst all the different entertainment industries probably the worst yeah because the other thing they're not considering is digital sales it doesn't sound like 
like like or actual business. sales how many comic books sit there and never get sold yeah yeah you got to look at you got to look at consumer sales not store sales cuz ish i'm sure you end up with you may buy 10 books of batman and maybe you end up at the end of the month with six of them still batman's different because through time people still can come and buy them but like mother of madness there's probably a store in portland with 5000 copies sitting on a shelf back there yeah and i think it's but that sale was recorded i wonder yeah i would be interested in seeing consumer sales yeah those are absolutely not tracked and i I can't really think of any other industry that doesn't track actual sales the way comic books completely yeah i've never heard of that almost like they're almost like they're afraid to because then you gotta think like like movie theaters spider-man does sell and this crap didn't sell yeah you got to think like movie theaters they buy they buy the movie right the rights to show the movie at their theaters and they record how many people actually buy tickets for that that's how they get Absolutely. the sales right so why does why wouldn't comics do the same thing is it because comic book stores there's so many and they're so unregulated that there's they not don't that many like... there's about 2000 in America that's it yeah it's it's the it's the it's the codependence it's the comic book store cannot operate without ordering the comics. So they're totally at the behest of the publishers. Marvel says we're releasing this comic. You know, I'm like, I, I got to order it. You know, we don't yeah. obviously order everything, but. I just think it would be, it's probably the fact that that these comic book companies don't want to put out the figures of who's actually buying the comics, right? Jesus Christ. So yeah, we got we got to call it a night, huh? <laughs> well, hold on, real quick. Batman, Batman's one of the most iconic DC comic book characters. Has so far sold 474 million issues in 2022. I still think it's lucrative. If you're a company, one piece, that's all you do is sell comic books. One Piece is the biggest selling comic book collection with approximately 490 million sales worldwide. But it's been around for decades, right? One On Piece. Scorched, number one, was the best selling comic book in January of 2022. Sales for digital comic books increased by $750 million in 2020. You know, we still have Scorched of, One left over on our rack. We, over 90% we ordered a of ton all of U.S. comic sales along so to Comic yeah, Prime I would, and Diamond Comics. I don't envy you ish in your job because <laughs> I would wow. try, I would like, it, it would be so hard to forecast that stuff. It so, is. It is. You literally got to go down to like, literally like how many, we count the issues on the rack. I ordered 10, three weeks later, five left. So now I'm only ordering six. Yeah. that just sounds com- incredible. You know, six boys saying no store would backstock 5,000 copies. You know what? I know a store in the Valley that purchased 20% of every Berserker comic published. So they 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 had like over 3,000 copies of Berserker number one. Samurai. And I, one of big names start with I'm not saying who it is, and I know he still has long boxes of them just sitting there. One, long boxes of the one pretends. How do you Does not it? just put a fucking bullet in here? Like, I just don't. Dude, that would. Oh, my gosh. Well, Marvel Comics has 31.7% of the market share. By year's end, 2021, DC Comics has 27.1% of the market share by year's end. Japan has 43% of the global market share. The print comic market is valued at over $7.14 billion worldwide. 
Comic and that's book all, and that's manga in Japan. Comic book it's sales reached 1.28 yeah, billion opinion, US dollars. Yeah, in my opinion, should be separated. They're they're made differently. Like they're like manga is closer to a graphic novel than it is a comic book. And even oddly say. enough, it's a different culture too. Yeah, not not Japanese, just as manga and comic books. The the, the readers barely overlap. It's yeah, like I wouldn't even. Three percent of the comic purchasing community is men. Ages 13 to 29 years old by 57% of the comics. White customers make up 71% of comic book purchases. Who's counting that? It's all on the statistics website I'm looking at. Ugh. How do they how do they collect data for the skin color Census? who's buying comic books? Census? Census based on what? Comic book stores are providing this wow. data? Maybe they're maybe they're standing outside comic book stores and I have no idea. <laughs> like I think that's really weird. Nobody's yeah, ever I do too. Those, like how maybe it's like political. Out? Like oh, you just went and voted. Who'd you vote for today? And it's what, gonna be what the... would you uh, consider yourself? White, black, Hispanic? Yeah. <laughs> now, see now when you go when you open the shop tomorrow, you got to make sure and watch and see if you have just that one random person that comes in and hangs around for a while but doesn't actually buy anything. Well, that's they're every day. taking. Oh, that's they're taking me. the sense. They're taking the sense of the the census data. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's hilarious. Not there's not just secret shoppers, there's secret data surveyors. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's what we're gonna call it. I hope you guys enjoyed the the arguments, the insights, the fucking almost five hours worth of content. Dude, props to Sticks Boy and Zaggy for sticking around. Yeah. Marco and his clipboard. That's, that's right. That's, that's exactly who's doing it. It's Marco and his fucking clipboard. <laughs> appreciate everyone in the chat tonight, Sticks zaggy um jesus who else it's been so long um we had a couple new listeners yeah eric my name is kyle eric aaron as always uh patrick um fucking max hanging out on the beach patrick Uh, hartman yeah hartman zaggy i've already said zaggy your mom everybody who's hanging out in the chat it's great as always thank you guys so much so 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 much for hanging with us um check us out check me out wednesday night over at renovision as we continue to do the goddamn action hero tier list you're on you're on renovision no i'm only on renovision because somehow i got sucked into doing this action hero tier list that's been going for two weeks now and it's going on (laughs) the third week so yeah but um are we charging them a fee for renting you out Right. Always check out Pete and Marco and the pimp boys in this over situation. Is it Aaron? Yeah. <laughs> check out the guys over on Renovision. It's uh yeah, next time we'll keep it to two hour sticks, I promise. Sorry, buddy. Uh yeah, and then uh Max and Tyler having a new episode of Quickies drop on Monday. The audio for this will drop on Monday. And next week I think we're gonna talk about Miss Marvel. Yes. Probably. Matt? Yes, probably. I think that's the only thing really coming out. Probably, do you think it's time we can get into the last two episodes of Stranger Things next week, too? I think we can get into the whole season of Stranger Things if you want. All right, let's do it. Next week, Stranger Things and Miss Marvel, Geek News, and they said, what? Yeah. You got to get like that or else it doesn't work. Oh, and and a synopsis. (laughs) Check out Fantastic World's Comics. We've got a YouTube page. We feature new release comics every week on our videos. Check out our website. Yeah. And, and Ish is going to talk to his uh, his boss about sponsoring our podcast, huh? 
for synopsis. <laughs> so good. All right, guys. Uh, well, I want to thank everyone for hanging out. Uh, hope you guys had a good time. Let us know in the comment below what you want to see on this channel. What other content you like to see? Let us know your thoughts on Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, just generally, let us know your thoughts. We like the comment increase we're seeing. Uh, but yeah, make sure to check out Ish Fantastic World. Go in there and buy some books. He got your hookup. Yeah, live long and prosper. Stick Boys is talking about wanting to do a, a Doctor Who segment, so we're gonna try and get him on there. Dude, if we're doing uh, Doctor Who, then we're doing Star Trek. I'll let you do a Star Trek. Do you segment. want to do a Star Trek show? And then now, yeah, it sounds like Max can. Uh, I'm I'm not on an island anymore. There you go, Max. No, I'm sorry, Lance. You, you <laughs> hey man, and if Max I've Bender is listening. Max Bender was in the Facebook chat, and I thought it was the other Max, so I kind of made a little sarcastic comment to him, but that was definitely not intended for Max Bender. If he's listening, hey, <laughs> you know, you want to talk Star Trek? Do it. Yeah, you can yeah, do it. Man. Here. Strange New Worlds was great. I I was seriously addicted to that show. That's my favorite show of this year. I think they've already wrapped season two. They've already wrapped it's the, it. It's in oh, the can. Dude, I'm excited. I love that show. It's so good. All right, you're gonna close it there, Matt. Yeah, we're we're out of here again. Check out Ish over on his at Fantastic Worlds and his stuff. Check out the quickies. Um, get ready for sounds like Star Trek and hopefully Doctor Who stuff coming. So until and wrestling, then, Matt, we got to do a wrestling episode. We do have to do wrestling. Yes, actually, we'll have to talk about that after this is done. Um, but until next time. Guys, thanks for hanging out. If you're listening to this in the playback, make sure to hit that like button and subscribe. Smash that bell notification so you know when we go live every Friday night and we have any live content with all the new influx and content we're about to have. Um, make sure to like us on all of our social media pl platforms. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, everywhere you find podcasts. And until next time. Hey, go Leafs go. That's Bye. That's All you freaks and geeks Come all you freaks and geeks Let's listen to Absolute Geek Absolute Geek We'll go ahead and spread our cheeks Spread the cheeks And drink some Cosby wine We'll drink some Cosby wine It makes me feel real fine <laughs> See you next time on the Absolute Geek.